from Lovelock, Nevada, a part of the Poker Fraud Alert Network. Poker Fraud Alert Radio, also known as the Fraud Show. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'm just going to end it there. I had this whole other intro, and it just it's too much. Uh, good evening, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for, uh, especially those live, obviously. Sorry about the delay. This is the Poker Fraud Radio Show. Also known as uh, the Fraud Podcast, Fraud Alert Show. I am uh, your embarrassed host. Let's play more music. It's cheering for me. I mean, really? This is an embarrassment. You're cheering for me. Okay. Well, thank you. 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 Wait, what, what is that? I hear? Wait, Delaware? Delaware? Seriously? What are you doing up this late? Delaware, you're not on radio. I mean, I'm gonna have to connect you. They can't even hear you. What is this? Oh my gosh. Okay. It's time. Delaware. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. I am the Godfather of Delaware, and I am honored to be here today to say, here he is. Special guest host Brandon Drexel Gerson. Let's show some noise. Right, real, real cute. <laughs> Anyhow, good evening. This is actually the beginning of the show now. I am Brandon Drexel Gerson. I had prepared a whole elaborate ordeal in production, and uh, those have been here now almost an hour, which is ridiculous to wait. I've realized it doesn't work that way. Um, but thank you all. We do have a good show for you. Before I go any further in this embarrassment, I'm going to see if I can connect uh, my friend and fellow uh, co-host for this evening, China Maniac. And I'm just going to hope that uh, Skype holds. If not, you know what, China, if you're listening, go ahead and call me. Maybe that will be easier and I can just connect you. Uh, I'm not flustered. I just want to say that, but I just am, I'm, I'm really, truly embarrassed. I mean, this is just ridiculous. So I'm going to put out what I said earlier in the show that isn't going to be uh, aired. Druff, don't air that. If anyone can help me, I don't, you know, I, I'm very self-sufficient. I don't need a lot. I can take care of myself, but I... There's, there's China. Let's bring him on. I mean, come on. I can hear you. Why is it still ringing? <laughs> Did you call me? No. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Do you hear it ringing? A little bit, yeah. Good God. All right. Hey, buddy, go. I hear you good. This is how you run a radio station, huh? All right, good stuff. For those that don't know, that aren't listening live, that maybe aren't a part of the forums, this is Mark China Maniac. Uh, he's been with me on other shows and a friend for a number of years. Um, Mark, I, I, I apologize. I couldn't. I was in this cycle where the laptop was just freeze, uh, frozen and rebooting and frozen again. I saw the Skypes coming through, and I had to just turn it off because it, all it was doing was making everything worse. Yeah, so I, I got a laptop just like that. It's not quite as old as yours. I think you said yours was about 15 years yeah, old, is. but somehow I, I wiped this thing clean and installed Windows 10 on it, and it actually runs pretty decent now. So, wow. 
Well, I was putting out a cry for help. If anyone can just either help me with the laptop, I have a MacBook Pro, I have a Sony Vio, or show me how to just, you know, I just need uh, the sound card, the, the mixer, the whole thing, just so I can turn on a computer that's fast, do my radio the way I want to do it, and not have this technical fail, because it's fucking embarrassing. So, yeah. anyone that can help I'll, me, please. I'll, just... I'll download all the software, too, in case, in case we run into a problem, well, this, something yeah. like this, another time, and then I can just run it from uh, my end. Yes. Well, I was going to announce, this is a one, two, three, four, fifth thing on this agenda of ten sheets of paper I have. We have a free roll tonight, a $300 free roll that's already started about 20 minutes ago. Um want to give a thanks to C-Money, uh, legendary poster friend of mine, putting $100, handicapped me 50 Uh I threw in 100 I should probably even throw in more for next week because of this fail. And uh, the user prize pool, that's users that have donated in the past, added 50. So that is going on now. I think you have one minute. So, I mean, don't really waste any time. Registration closes in about one minute. Um, $300. And then also, I don't, did you see this? There's even some added prizes tonight, China? I did see there were some po- some boxes or something. What was the, that, squares or something? Uh, there was... Two Super Bowl, I think it was from Handicap Me as well. For first place, they got three Super Bowl squares. Second in the free roll, we'll be getting two Super Bowl squares. And Daly, who hopefully will be joining us later if uh, this computer doesn't fry, uh, is offering a $25 valued prop bet. I guess his best prop bet for the Super Bowl, up to $25 that he'll bet. And, you know, as a prop bet, you hit something that's 20 to 1 or, you know, 10 to 1, $25 turn into a couple hundred. And that's going to go to first place as well. Um, also, I don't know. Maybe I'm out of line here. Probably, probably not. Uh, I'm not going to give any personal information, of course. But China, congratulations on your recent engagement. I wrote this down on the piece of paper because I wanted to specifically okay. thank you know, just give you props. And you're my friend, and you know, I, I've known you, <coughs> God, what almost ten years? I think it's been. When, when yep. did you uh, join this, the forums and the sites? I don't know, like 2005 or something, 2006. Yeah. But uh, thanks a lot. Now we'll we'll say this for anybody out there is ever shopping for any jewelry or any engagement ring or something. Uh, C-Money actually told me this. He said he was shopping for uh, some jewelry for himself, and he told me he bought something from Blue Nile online. So uh, you just go on there and customize whatever you want. And I customized the the design of the ring that I wanted, and I got the thing appraised at like triple the value or something like that. And the guy that appraised it said, like, any type of, like, mall store or anything like that, it would probably sell for, like, two and a half times what I paid for it. So, Blue Nile, if anyone is ever looking to do some jewelry shopping. And have you uh, set a specific date or year or month? Not yet. I don't know, about a year or so, year and a half. Hmm. Maybe this summer. I have no idea. We'll see how things go. And what about location? That's... To be determined. Okay, nice, nice. Maybe, possibly Caribbean or something like that, or maybe up north from me, Vermont, New Hampshire, or something like awesome. that. But it's, I don't want to have like some huge wedding. I think it's a waste of money. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for joining me tonight for the uh, Poker Front Alert show. Our regular, uh, I guess, the main host who runs the the computer and the station and whatnot, uh, Todd Vandruff with Telus, bracelet winner. He's actually, this is kind of going to be the reverse of what we normally do. Normally, at least in the last couple of weeks, what we've done is Todd and Daredevil have covered the poker aspect of the show, and then I've come on for casino, gambling, other topics. 
Uh, but tonight we're actually going to do the other topics first, and then we're going to kind of hold the poker-related stuff, although it's been a uh, slow news week. For Todd, he's going to come on. He said around 10, 10.30, and then he'll cover those or he'll discuss it with us. So tonight, uh, did you see the agenda we have? Uh, I, I took a quick peek at it earlier. Okay, it's fine. I, I, if I wasn't a part of it, I wouldn't have read it myself. No no apologies necessary. You didn't no, see I it. took a good peek. The, oh, good, that was a one good I'm peek? Forward, <laughs> the one I'm looking forward to is the Kerry uh, Packer stories. I've read them all. Yeah, that, that's but. a very, very interesting guy. All right, so tonight, uh, and this is how we kind of do it. Uh, I'm not even going to, we're not even going to discuss any of our topics. I'm just going to kind of give you a list of what we're doing. Um, we're going to start off the show, and this is China and myself, and we're going to talk about what's going on with DirecTV in Las Vegas. Or, I'm sorry, what's going on with Cox Cable in Las Vegas uh, with the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to talk about Sheldon Adelson tonight. Uh, he actually hosted, along with UNLV, the owner, Mark Davis, of the uh, Oakland Raiders and is proposing to build a billion-dollar-plus football stadium here in Las Vegas. Uh, besides being my friend and also a very good co-host and actually even a business partner, China Maniac excels. I mean, he actually really literally excels at talking sports, betting sports, all things sports. He used to uh, host a sports show back in the day on the old uh, Vegas Poker Network. Uh, I mean, I don't even care. I would never even bring up that, that name, the Vegas Poker Network. But after the, the fail I experienced, I really have nothing to lose. I mean, what, what was the name of the show you used to host? The Zone Blitz. Yes, right. The Zone Blitz. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. And you know what? You got burnt out. You did it for a while. But anyhow, uh, I don't know if we're going to maybe bring back the Zone Blitz for like a radio show within a radio show. But China's going to be talking some football. He's going to give you his pick. And uh, he covers, what do you cover? Like 80% of all the Super Bowls that... Like don't involve Tom Brady somewhere on that like that number. Yeah, but that's like a low number because he's involved in like eighty percent right, of the Super Bowls. Uh, just for <laughs> yeah, just for shits and giggles, you know what we've been talking about this on the show since last summer. Uh, the primaries they had a, or the caucus they had in Iowa on Monday. Do you follow any of this? Are you a political junkie? I get into a little bit. I yeah. didn't know anything about it until all I've been hearing about. Well, for the last we're gonna three do weeks. the. We're just doing the intro. We're not actually going to talk about it. Oh right? yeah, I've heard a little <laughs> bit about it. Oh, but I mean, do you want to talk about it with me? Well, you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't know that much either. So we're just, I just know, I heard there was a coin flip, and I, I yeah, Hillary won like six coin flips or something. So we'll cover that. Right. Former listener, and for all I know, I, I say former. He may very well listen, but I know he actually told me once that he loved listening to this show. He never missed it, and he, he once actually, I, you know, I'll say it. He told me his favorite character on radio in general was Judok. You know what I'm talking about? This is a poker pro. Doesn't post on the sites, but he was a poker pro and he won a tournament recently. Who may this be? Yeah, I know. Probably Ari Engel. Very good. He was a huge Judok fan. First time I ever, ever met him. He sees, I don't remember what he said. It was, wasn't bashing. It was something somewhat complimentary, either like he's my favorite guy or have you ever met him? I don't know, but he won, won uh, a tournament. So we'll talk about that. Actually, uh, really quick. Yeah. Uh, Mar- he messaged me a little while ago, and he said that uh, he he wants to call in if he can at some point later in the show. Sure. Um, and he said that um, he said he's all cool with you, and he just wants to clear a couple things or something that was said on the forum about him. So well, I the, like, the thing right. that I told him later in the show, and I'm sure he's listening, uh, or I would assume he may be listening. And what I do say to him and, and to others, this isn't just a bash on him. I'm running the show. Right. I'm running this show just the same way Todd would because I've realized, I've come to realize, and that's why part of this fail really upset me, 
is that they really are a great number of people that listen to this podcast each and every week that want to hear the poker stuff and the gambling news and they like the way, <coughs> excuse me, the format is. So what, my point being, I'm not going to turn this show that I'm running into a free-for-all. It's not going to be a bash, dandruff type show. Anyone right. and everyone can is free to call in. It's fine. Right. I'll, I'll talk to anybody. But it's going to be within the realm of what we're talking about. It's, I mean, I'll cut anybody off. I'm not yep. calling him out. I'm just saying this in general, that that's not what this show is going to be about. I know I do some kooky shows, and but I'm, this is going to be as close to it can be, you know, a regular uh, poker fraud podcast show. So, But, yes, we will be taking uh, phone calls. Anyhow, there's some uh, stuff going on in Vegas. Uh, the Wynn is building a shopping center and some other interesting stuff. There were some recent developments in regards to MGM parking. Uh, a newly hired casino CEO is just fired, and they're building a new hotel in Vegas. You know, just a lot of people like the Vegas stuff, so we'll cover that. Uh, Thai gambling ring gets busted. Very interesting story. Just was actually didn't know about this. My friend, Jeannie sent me uh, this interesting article. We'll talk about that, about this Thai gambling ring. Uh, and then, I guess we can do this probably after the Super Bowl. Poker Front Alert user, and he's been around a while. I know you know him better than me. Daily, he's going to apparently come on tonight, as long as it's not too late now. I know we're running kind of long. But Daly's going to come on tonight and uh, talk Super Bowl props. Do you know about this? Yeah, he's uh, he's a good friend of mine. <clears throat> like, and he, he actually grew up like a couple of oh, times wow. from me. He um he told me he wanted to call in discuss some props, so I'll try and get in touch with him and um, see if he'll be up later. If not, maybe we can have him call in a little bit early or whatever. However, you want to do that. Okay. Well, whatever. Uh, I, I see him in the chat. If he needs to come on soon because of time constraints, like I said, I know we're we're running late, and I apologize again. So uh, daily, whenever you want to come on, if there is a constraint, just message Mark, let him know, and he'll give you my Skype information. Or actually, I, I you know what, I did not even say this. We do have a call-in number, and I think it's probably going to be easier for me to receive calls and make them, but either way, um, and it's going to be the normal radio number. Uh, it's going to be 775-FRAUD55, and uh, you can call in, and there will be several uh, points during the show in which China will be taking calls. So, again, that number is 775-FRAUD55. And as I mentioned earlier, and this is the last part of the intro, we're going to get going. Druff is going to be on in about two hours, and uh, we're going to cover these topics that are... It's been a slow poker week. Um, Amaya Gaming. They, uh, you know, the owner of PokerStars, the parent company. The company that my friend, and I'm allowed to say this because she told me, Jeannie, I just witnessed her run up uh, a good amount of money in a couple of days uh, on the, on their stock. She bought it, I want to say around 8 or $9, somewhere in there, and sold it like right around 12 or $13, and... Made a nice little profit. Uh, they're going private. This, they're the CEO, the owner, I don't know, whatever you want to call him. He's taking the stock private. Druff's going to talk all about that. In Delaware, I guess this is kind of, you know, somewhat close to you. I don't know. Isn't Delaware, Delaware's near you kind of? That's where that, yeah, that JSIP yeah. is running around, isn't it? It's close, but not that close. Okay. It's a good, good bit of a hike from here. Well, there, are, uh, there is a bill now to legalize sports parlays. Do you know anything about this? I've heard some something about it, but I haven't really gotten too deep into it. Okay, I, I don't know too much about it either, but we're going to talk about that. And the figures came out for Nevada casinos last year in terms of what their take was in both table games, such as you know blackjack, craps, 
uh, for the whole state in 2015 as well as a poker room. So those are some interesting numbers. We'll talk about that, see what that means, compare it to past years. And I guess the biggest poker, uh, well, these are, I guess, the two really only poker stories this week. First one being Annette 15 is now the new ambassador to the Venetian uh, slash Palazzo. Well, it's really the Venetian poker room, but Sands, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Sheldon Adelson's little place on the strip there. She's the new ambassador. What do you think about that? Uh, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. yeah. From a bunch of different angles. I mean, is, like, she, is she that busto? Like that she's going to like move for more? Is she like an Oslo or uh, I think she was living in Vegas, Norway? to tell you the truth. Oh, okay. Why would I know that? But... Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, okay, well, we'll talk about that. And then this gentleman, which I've never heard of up until three hours ago, David Touchman. Apparently, he's a WSOP uh, commentator. <laughs> and I asked, I, I asked somebody, maybe it was Druff, I was talking to Jeannie. I said, what else does he do? And they're like, that's basically what he does. I didn't know, is that really all you can just do if you want to grow up and like become a, just a World Series commentator? You can do that? No, I think he does that. He does a lot of other stuff. I think he does some broadcast stuff, and he does the that. Yeah, you've you've he heard of this talk. guy before today? What's that? You you know I mean you've heard of him? He's like a, is he yeah, a big he, name? He does stuff on Twitch and uh I yeah. think he's a, he plays he play I think he's he might play a lot of like no limit poker like Let uh, me ask you how many Twitches do you think I've ever seen in my life? If someone just said bet me how many Twitches do you think Brian has ever seen, what would you guess? I would guess one. I've never seen one before in my life. You've never I mean, clicked on one. No, I know what it is and I'm not against it or anything. I've never ever Right. I, I just, and you know, and what's the other one where, where uh, like, you're on your phone and you could, like, broadcast live from your phone? I remember that was a craze for a while. What is that called? It still kind of is. It's, um, I'm trying to remember. The I mean, I can't even boot up a laptop and, and turn on a show and play a song. I mean, how am I going to broadcast from my phone? Well, anyhow, this David Touchman that everyone knows but me, because I'm just out of, I guess, realm, we're going to be talking about him. He made some comments about, uh, well, I'll just say it now. Mason Malmuth of right. 2 Plus 2 and 2 Plus 2 Publishing fame. Yeah, and I, it, I think it's uh, Tuckman, not Touchman. Okay. So this is going well, you know. to be the new archive? <laughs> David, it's Tuckman, you're saying? Okay, I'm going to get yeah, this sheet of paper. Tuckman. All the other fucking fail from tonight and write Tuckman. It's not even spelled correctly. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Caesars Entertainment, I mean, they're about as fail is you know if i was going to be a, a if my brand of podcasting was going to be uh, a hotel or a casino corporation i would be caesar's because that's just filled with fail so they did something this week in bankruptcy and we'll we'll talk about that they did pleaded for something i don't know but uh, yeah i think that would be my my you know correlation of a casino group i mean i, I would have to be right you'd be something stable like i don't know you'd probably be like a win or i can see you maybe even being something standalone like a hard rock hard rock because you like to you know you're a big rock guy alt rock so am i but i see you as a stable company me i'm just a fucking bunch of fail can't play a song i mean i think i'd be like the golden nugget or something been there a long time and i just you know i'm just like a rock i do decent business you know yeah that's me i'm the golden nugget you're the golden and you're down you like kind of like downtown that kind of image kind of fits you huh yeah yeah and then uh you know i just wrote this down because I just found this out less than a week ago, but somebody famous in the poker world, not the real world, the poker world, got divorced. And uh, they've kept it a big secret from the public, and I'll tell you why. Uh, and if you have a guess who this might be, don't... Uh, well, you know, go ahead. I don't We haven't talked. I don't well, care are what the you saying is. someone from the poker world? Someone famous. You know, there's a couple. 
Okay, you know, right, poker. Can I per- take a guess now? Go ahead. You can let me know Go later. Ahead. Sure. I will guess the Lingrens. Oh yeah, that's who it is. I mean, unfucking real. Are you kidding me? You like I mean, that? it's not like there's a lot of people in the poker world, but I have some inside source tell me something, and you just shoot out the first one. I, I swear said, to God, I wish I had that I mean, Kirk Cousins. You like that right now? I've played Jesus about fifty Christ. times. Yeah. Well, anyhow, apparently, I've been told by. Uh, I guess we'll just cover this one now. I'll cross this off the list. I've been told by reasonable people here in Vegas, you know, good sources, that they got divorced uh, well over a year ago. I'm Big talking, shocker. of course, about Eric Lindgren and uh, Eric Lindgren and Erica Schoenberg Lindgren. And what's more, what I guess what's surprising to me, and again, I don't even think that I'm like the TMZ of news or poker or anything like that, but uh, it, no one's mentioned it, no one's found it, and I was actually told they kind of, in a way, I guess, wanted it to be that way. That they didn't tell friends, they just wanted to keep it under wraps. Um, and I don't know other details. I don't know, you know, what, well, what caused it, but, you know, you know what I mean. I don't know anything else behind the scenes other than it's been a while. Could even be two years. I'll have to check into that, but, uh, it's funny. It never showed up on the forums. No one's ever talked about it. Um, and I guess this just in from the wire, folks. Uh, a semi good looking girl finished high in a poker tournament, China? Do you know about this? Yes. Wait, hold on. Wait, is this real? And this just in from our on-the-scenes uh, reporter. Her kids may apparently eat dog food? What? What yeah, is I this? I, I looked. I saw I that. I don't know. The picture the looks the same. Well, you know what? Let's just have this lead us off, China. Let, what, what do you know about this? A girl finished third. About, yeah, at the Aussie Millions. Okay. What Do you know what tournament this was? Yeah, it was the Aussie Millions main, main event. Okay. And she wound up. And her name third. is Sam Abernathy. Yeah, that doesn't Sam even sound like that. Sounds like an Australian girl. The big thing about that tournament that happened with her was there was some guy that slow rolled her when there was like ten or fifteen left or something. Sons the guy had pockets. The guy had the guy had pocket kings, and she wound up shoving on him or something with pocket sixes. And it came back to this guy, and he sat there and he put his hands over his head and did all that, but there was no action after him. All he had to do was call. Uh, he might have been confused, but he called and she spiked the six on the river, and then uh, she went on to finish third. Okay, and again, you know, uh, we as a entity, whatever we are, we can you know talk about things, and we again we just give our opinions. But there is a thread on the poker uh, fraud site here, and a picture was posted by our uh, one percenter listener uh, user Pooh, and then there's an article. That someone posted that, and I, I mean, I don't know if this is real. I didn't Google it myself, but it looks like a, a real news article. That seems a person with the same name who was 20 years old at the time, and maybe she's still 20 now, just so people do know. In uh, the Bahamas, it's one of few places still left where you have to only be 18. So I know in years past, and, and back in the day, that used to be a big gathering for you know poker players or tournament players in particular that weren't 21 because you can go down to the Bahamas. It's a great vacation, and... You're 18, you're 19, you're 20, you can play. So someone with the same name apparently uh, was arrested as this person that won uh, or finished third in the poker tournament. But you know what? Before I do that, because I, I like to know what I'm talking about, and this kind of came through the wire late, I'm going to Google her, and I want to see if uh, where that even came from. Through I, the I don't think it's the same person. Okay. But I mean, it how many... Be- I mean, the age probably looks decent, and like, how many can they be though? I mean, how many? That is that a common name? It's probably more common than like my last name. I would say there's more. Oh, yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm, someone just posted it, or I mean, someone 
just Googled it. And I'm looking at it now. This was from 2009. So I can say right now that, that there's no way that's possible. Right. Or I should say it's most likely not. So anyhow, forget all that. Um, that's a strange. Because you can look at the photos. I'm sure you saw. They kind of look alike. I mean, you can see yeah. her like with her hair straightened, maybe. You kind of yeah. When I when I first saw it, I was like, who knows? Maybe I'm like, maybe this chick was beat up on meth or something like that, and she, yeah, you know, it could easily be, but it's yeah. I guess it's, it's not. not. No, you know? it's not. Well, anyhow, the, the shout out to the real, uh, the one that doesn't feed her kids dog food, Sam Sam Abernathy. She got third in the uh, Aussie Millions. Uh, she is actually pretty. She kind of looks like a young um, Denise Richards a little bit. I don't know if you you're a Denise Richards. I fan? agree. Can you see a little Denise Richards in her lips? Yep, I can see it. Like, yeah, she looks a little like De- Denise Richards. Uh, yeah. I actually watched a podcast with her last night, a live cast, and uh, a what uh, cast this morning? It's like basically like um, it's like a on YouTube where you can see each person when they talk. You know, so it's like a pod, like Mike and Mike. Yeah, like that. But the guests are at their house. You know, the hosts at his house. It's uh, Chicago Joey's podcast. So basically, huh. if you ran this podcast on Google with a webcam. You could the when you connect to the other person when they talk they come they show on the screen you know what I mean and when you talk it'll show you wow so it's like live video so if they're doing that now we'll probably be doing it during our what, in 30, 20, 30 years we'll have that technology here at the fraud channel <laughs> not with that laptop <laughs> real cute wow okay well anyhow she she's hot she did good in the tournament and apparently she's not a stripper. And uh, that story was actually 2009. That was seven years ago. So yeah. let's not give it a I got a funny that. story from that tournament, sure. too. Um, Please. Uh, what's his name? The guy that finished second there, uh, Tony Dunst, who's the, you know, he's a longtime poker player. He's one of the, uh, he does some of the breakdowns on the WPT. But he was going to play, and he was, I think he said that um, Mike McDonald had like 50% of him. And he said he pulled his phone out to send an email or something like that, and he dropped a 5K chip, and then he went to register, and he realized the 5K chip was missing. So he was so pissed off that he wasn't going to play. And, he, you know, he I think he had 50% of himself, and then I guess Mike McDonald said to him, uh, just, you know, play the tournament, I'll give you a 15, uh, 17% free roll or something. And Tony Dunst said no, and then he left the casino, and then... I guess Mike McDonald called him later and asked him, you know, do you want to play late registration? I'll give you a 15% free roll. And he said yes. And then he wound up finishing second in the event. Wow. So, And you know what? I'm just looking right now uh, in the PokerFriendAlert.com uh, free roll. There's 81 people. That's kind of high, right? I mean, I know, I know that it was a $300 free roll, which is a good number. What, what, what does uh, the document normally get, Mark? Do you even know? I have no idea. but okay. 81 that, seems that, high. That is pretty high. Um, Good. I think it's for the the because uh, we reunited tonight from you know the old Vegas poker radio crew. So it was a lot of incentive for people to come and yes, come out for that free roll. Tonight. Edward teaches out there, and I see a lot of the old uh, old guys from the old network in, nice. in the chat. Yeah, very very good. Well, um, I guess lastly, I, and you know, I, I I do also apologize. This is a fail for missing radio last night, but I'm glad, I guess, in a way, because, it, you know, I, China was free tonight, so he's going to be here with me. Um, but anyhow, so I guess let's just start off off the top. Do you know about this Cox Cable CBS thing out here in Vegas? I mean, I didn't know about it till 
this afternoon. Apparently, it's yeah. been going on for a while. But in all fairness, I also have Direct TV, so it wasn't going to impact me at all. Right. But do you, you know the story? And I guess apparently it was even resolved. But this is unbelievable to me, China. Um. Yeah, I did. Oh, I'm getting a little echo. Hold on a second here. Um, I did hear about it. I heard about it earlier today, and it actually reminded me a couple of years ago. For people around here that had, I think, Dish TV or something like that, they took away the local Comcast sports station, so you couldn't get the Celtics games on there. And it was the same thing with Verizon around here. They took away like Fox, right. so you couldn't watch like some days, some Sundays when the Patriots pl- were playing, you could not watch them because. They didn't carry Fox because of their contract. What a so bullshit was, country that we live in that people like average American, they fucking lumber to work. They come home. All they want to do is watch a game a couple times a week, have a beer. And you, these cocksuckers just make it impossible for us to, to just even enjoy our lives. These greedy fucks. So here in Vegas, uh, CBS, it's, it's channel eight is, is what it's called. I don't know the, the K whatever number it is, but, uh, anyhow, Cox cable saying that. For six months, they've been entered in this negotiation that the CBS affiliate in Vegas wants more money from Cox. That's what Cox is saying. And, of course, CBS is saying, no, that's not true, what Cox is saying. And they've been back and forth. So apparently some point in the last uh, week or two weeks, they just took the station off the air. Okay, There's, there hasn't been CBS in Vegas now, apparently, on Cox Cable. It's what they call a dead channel. So uh, a couple days ago, it was announced, because this was assuming, I guess, they weren't going to compromise and, and you know just solve whatever issues they had or the, the, I guess the gap between how much CBS wanted and what Cox was willing to pay was that high the Cox really thought they weren't going to be the heir of the Super Bowl which also appears on CBS so what they did was they announced a couple days ago that the Super Bowl this year in Vegas will be if you're a Cox customer you can watch it since you can't watch it on CBS on ESPN Deportes Okay, they're just basically giving you a free... I don't even know if, if that comes with regular Cox cable, but I uh, assume it doesn't. So anyhow, anyone that has Cox is able to watch the Super Bowl on the ESPN Desportes. De but what's the th- one thing about that? Do you, what do you know about ESPN Desportes? Well, you got to be able to speak Spanish <laughs> yes, to you understand do. it. Right? Mark, you have to be able to speak Spanish. Absolutely. Yes. So, and then this is the LOL part. When uh, Cox cable was doing their little... Uh, promotional thing and explaining it. They advised people that didn't speak Spanish. What do you think they told them to do, Mark? Put the subtitles up, right? No, there would be no subtitles offered in this game for some reason. You'd think okay. that's maybe what they would do, but they advise you to pull put up an old AM radio right next to your TV and put on 1100 AM in Vegas, which is the uh, actual AM radio station that's the affiliate channel of to broadcast the Super Bowl. That's what they yep. really advise you to do. Yeah, but there's one problem. that It's usually on like a two-second or three-second delay. Yeah, that, yes, that is a problem. But thankfully, and I have not confirmed this, but since it was KevMath that tweeted this to me maybe 30 minutes before showtime, I, I will take it like it's God. Uh, I was told tonight by KevMath that this has been resolved. I don't know any terms of monetary settlements or what it means, but I just know that they're saying that the Super Bowl now is going to air in the English channel in the United States in 2016, and people can actually watch the, you know, the biggest, highest-rated show of the year. Now, I, you know, I went on a little tangent before, and shit like this really makes me mad. I mean, it really does. It's not, this isn't for radio, this isn't a bit. Like I said, leading off this story, I mean, the average American, like, you know what? You get a few hours 
At most, a week of actual enjoyment. You know, whether it's going to a movie, watching your favorite show a couple of times, watching a... Sp- you know, for me, my favorite time of year is the NFL season. And I like to wake up. You know, sometimes I'll watch the games with friends or go out. Go out. But what I like to do a lot, and I did this maybe half of the, the year this year, is I'll wake up early on a Sunday. And I'll just spend the whole morning by myself. I'm not on my phone. I'm not on my phone. I'm not texting, talking to people. I'm looking at my fantasy football. I'm watching the games on... My nice TV with, you know, I have all the games on the direct TV package and I'm by myself and I'm just watching the games. No one's bothering me. And it, to me, that's, it's very peaceful. It's serene and I enjoy it, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I am an independent person. I, you know, can go out and gamble by myself and I don't, don't even mind. Sometimes I'll go have a meal and, and just eat out by myself. I like being by myself. I know there are a lot of people that aren't like that, that just would think it's weird to sit in a restaurant and eat a meal alone or, you know, spend a whole day just by themselves to just relax. But I actually enjoy it. And uh, that's one of my the most serene things that I can do is just watching football by myself and just enjoying it, not being hassled or anyone talking to me, bothering me, asking me for anything. But you think it's 2016, you know, the spirits of this country aren't exactly great. I mean, most people are miserable. I mean, I'm just telling you what, what I've read, you know, and what I hear. And these companies are so greedy and arrogant that there's a possibility that Americans can't even watch <laughs> the Super Bowl, and you're telling me there's stories out there where people can't watch the Patriots. I remember Druff telling me stories where people can't watch uh, the Dodgers play. I mean, do you realize how greedy these cocksuckers are in general? I mean, it's just it's 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 awful. Like shit like this makes me want to, I don't know, go to Canada. Just another. It just it's bullshit, and it's very very aggravating how greedy. And you just sit there. And today I'm thinking, you know what? These cocksuckers. Because at first I thought it was Cox Cable's fault. You know, and I thought they're being greedy, but you know, maybe they are. I'm thinking, how could I just tell them to go fuck themselves? And I realize I don't even have cocks. You know, I, there's nothing I could even do to protest it. So I don't know. What, what do you think about this, China? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's um, total bullshit, but that's just the way it goes. You know, they have to negotiate a contract, and they should have come to a resolution a long time ago. But there is one solution. I think. It, I mean, everybody can watch this on CBSSports.com. They're live streaming it. So, you know, if, if that ever was like a big problem for somebody, you just, if you have an Apple TV device or something like that, you can just put it on your phone and it'll broadcast right on your TV. 69 bucks for the Apple hmm. TV device and you're all set. No, I, you know what? I, I don't even know about this. I mean, I've seen it like at Best Buy. What, what is an Apple TV? <laughs> All right, I'm so not. And I'm not lying to you. I'm not being a smartass. Yeah, I, I don't know what it does. It basically, you just plug it in, and there's a bunch of apps on it. That's all it is. It's just apps. So you can watch Netflix. You can watch like ESPN highlights, like uh, all different kind of movie networks, stuff like that. You can broadcast whatever is on your iPhone. As long as you you just pair it up to the the device, you can anything that's on your phone will just go onto your TV. Oh, okay. Very, very. Yeah, cool. they're like sixty nine bucks, and the new ones actually come with a remote where you can play like Wii style games off your. You know, basically, you can use your phone, download a game, it'll go up onto the screen, and then you can use the remote to play like Wii style games. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I didn't know what it was. I mean, I, for a long time, all I heard was Apple TV, and I thought it was an actual TV, but it's just a device. You know, hmm. that's, well, then that's kind of where I'm at now. Like I knew what it was, and I, I mean, I've heard of it, and I, I know what it looks like. It's a little white thing, I think, but I, I really didn't know what it did. And I already have a smart TV, and I have, 
you know, all that stuff in my TV, but you know, maybe I'll get that. Very, very interesting. See, basically, like I have the smart TV too, but th- it, this runs so much faster. I don't know if your smart TV is like mine, but I have a Vizio and it's just so slow. It freezes up, but with the Apple TV, I got an Apple TV device and actually plugged it into the TV and it just, it works better and faster than the smart TV. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So. Well, while we're on the subject of sports, I guess we should just kind of keep this theme going. Uh, Sheldon Adelson, who just kind of seems to be involved in all the news in Vegas lately. I mean, he is a billionaire. He's, he's a, one of... He's a legend. Yeah, he is a legend, for better or for worse. And, uh, you know, I guess before we even talk about this, I, I want to make my stance clear, because I've actually, believe it or not, I've, a couple people have called me a hypocrite. Uh, I play at the Venetian in Palazzo. I've been doing that this year, and as well as probably the second half of last year. And, you know, the reason why I play there is really for two reasons. They offer me things that other casinos can't offer me. And the style of gaming, plus EV games, things that, that I feel like I can beat, they offer. And that's why I'm there. And again, because they take care of me. Now, I don't play any poker there. Um, it's not because of the ban, you know, that people aren't playing poker because of Sheldon Adelson's view on, you know, stance on online gaming. Uh, just because the games that they have there, the cash games really aren't big enough to interest me. And, uh, the only tournaments I usually play there is every, usually once a year, maybe sometimes twice. I'll play like a deep stack, like horse tournament or something, because I like those games. But I think I had a couple of people calling me out, and these are actually friends of mine. They're, you know, I don't announce on the forums where I'm gambling or, you know, but I had a couple of friends that, like, you play there and you're a poker player. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I get it. But in the in the long run, you know, I've re- this is how I look. I don't think it's going to make a difference whether I play there or I don't, whether I boycott or I don't. I mean, people in general. Every time I walk by that poker room, it's it's just filled with people. Yeah. Um, if and, you can make money there, then you should play there, right? And I that's mean, I think that's a, the the mindset any gambler has to have. You have to be selfish. I mean, you know, I've talked about this in other shows. I mean, they they want my money, I want their money. So anywhere you can go and gamble, where you feel like you have an edge. As well as you feel like you're taken care of, and when I say taken care of, I mean food, comps, replay, whatever casino offers you. That's where you go. Um, right. So anyhow, you don't think I'm an asshole that I'm a hypocrite because no. I gamble somewhere where the rich. Not at all. It's like it's the same thing with like um, poker stars. How everybody's striking over there. Like I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't have joined that strike. I would have been the first guy sitting at thirty, sixty, and fifty hundred waiting to start a game. I, I would have you. I would have been the biggest scab, and because I don't believe that stri- that strike didn't do anything. I mean, if you're a professional gambler, you have to go where the money is. That probably would have been the best time to go there. Yeah, uh, caller from the six three one. You're on the air with uh, Drexel in uh, China. Go ahead. Hey guys, it's handicapped me. Hey, hey, what's good up? evening? How are you, sir? Um, a little bit drunk. Just want okay. to say I appreciate you guys in the show and uh, right on. Yeah, thank you for your uh, generous donations. We all appreciate it very much. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's all good. You awesome. Know, it's, it's technically free entertainment, so you know. Well, I and so, again, I apologize. I apologize for the fail earlier. That was just a, a wait, I, wait, dude. Tilted. I just legitimately, I got home. 20 minutes ago, just got out of the shower. I'm in bed right now. I'm about to go to sleep. Hoping you guys are still on when I wake up, uh, sadly, five and a half hours from now. But, like, 
all that said, I didn't hear anything yet. I'm just saying thanks for running it. I appreciate kind of uh, co-hosting because uh, Trump and did everyone around. So it's always good to have two people on. And, uh, yeah, you know. I don't awesome. know if you guys need anything else in terms of, uh, like, I know C money usually takes care of it, but, you know, I'll throw a dollar or two in. No, well. we have, uh, we have three. <laughs> we have, we're good. I threw in a hundred. C money, of course, threw in a hundred. You threw in fifty. You threw in the Super Bowl squares. We had a great free roll tonight. Uh, looks like there's still over an hour in. There's still how many people left? There's almost fifty people still left. An hour in. Forty four people. We got eighty. We got eighty one. We got eighty one. Eighty one uh, participants tonight. Yes. That's normally more than uh, Druff would get. I mean, he's well. Normally, we don't know, have a three hundred dollar free roll. It's because they they brought me in tonight, the big name, you know. <laughs> exactly, it was all China, China coming in, going, listen, I'm the co-host, you know, everyone gonna throw money. No, 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 it's good, it's good. Um, but yeah, so I appreciate you doing it, Rex. I am, uh, I'm actually gonna pass out because I had a bit of the. So I didn't have any of the eighteen McAllen. I had the twelve. Uh, some of the no, no, no. Wait. It's either 18 or the... Have you ever had the 21 Glenn Fittich? Yes. I'm, I'm not a big uh, Glenn Fittich fan, but I've, I've had had it before. Okay. Okay. I, wait, I'm more... Wait, so in my price range, it's usually the 18... Uh, 18 McAllen or the 21 Glenn Fittich. I had maybe... Tonight, uh, I probably had maybe seven of the Glenn Fittich 21s. That mm, I'm wow, good stuff. So... In that case, I appreciate it, boys. Thank you so much for the show. Um, I'm going on the money line for Denver when you guys talk about it later. It's, I'm probably flushing an exorbitant amount of money down the drain, but I, I, I like that. Well, I like okay. that. Well, we're going to talk about that. that. When, when you're at work or off some free time, uh, listen to the show and we're going to have a segment in which China's going to give his expertise and give his China Maniac Super Bowl pick for 2016. So don't that's, miss that. That's what I like to hear. But awesome. All just side, if you guys are up and uh, well, if you guys are still going, well, probably you, Drex. Kind of, you know, that's I love like, you, buddy, but I don't know if you you'll be able to last the next like eight hours. But if you guys are up around 6 a.m. Eastern time, I'll give you guys another uh, ring and uh, yeah. Awesome. Have a good time, boys. All right, thanks for calling, handicap me. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Anytime. Bye. Nice. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, of course, market disconnected. China, call me back. Sorry about that. Really? Oh. <laughs> it's calling handicap. China, just call me right back. I apologize. It Skype disconnected you when uh, handicap me left. So anyhow, uh, Sheldon Adelson was in. Las Vegas, and I guess he lives here probably full-time when he's not on business. I'm sure he has other houses. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, you there? What's up? I'm okay. here. So I'm sorry, Skype dropped you. Uh, That's all right. So anyhow, Sheldon Adelson met with Mark Davis last week. Mark Davis is the son of Al Davis, now the CEO and majority owner of the Oakland Raiders, who don't have a home uh, to play, and they just, I guess, apparently renewed 
or reached an agreement with the Coliseum in Oakland for just the 2016-17 NFL season, but that's not going to be a long-term uh, solution. So anyhow, they met as well with uh, as well as UNLV officials that had just purchased a plot of land right off, I think it was Tropicana and Harmon or somewhere right in that area, but it's kind of near where Tupac got killed and kind of near the airport. And UNLV bought a big, big chunk of landers, a couple million dollars, uh, if not more, and it's a proposed site where they want to build a football stadium. Now, of course, the city's hopes, as well as Sheldon Adelson, is to bring the Raiders or an NFL team here. And if not, you know, it's definitely going to be used as a new home site for UNLV football. Um, now, my stance, <clears throat> excuse me, is, has always been, you know, and the NFL had released some memo last week that basically was just to say, we never said you can't have football in Vegas. But I really do believe, I mean, I'm going to be an old, gray, old, old man before there's ever an NFL team in Las Vegas. I mean, I just have accepted it. You know, I'm either going to go to Arizona, I'm going to just root for my hometown Dolphins, you know, or I'm not going to go to games a lot, whatever it's going to be. But I don't think it's realistic that there's ever going to be, because of the uncomfortableness and the hypocritical, like, gambling football relationship. And that's really a crock of shit by itself. Okay, and that's why I have you on here, because you're not just going to say, blah, 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 blah. You're going to sit there and you're going to tell me you're wrong, you're wrong, or I think you're wrong. Okay, why am I wrong? Why Why can I sit here and think in the next decade, before I'm 50 years old, half a century old, there's going to be an NFL team here in Vegas? Tell me. Well, I don't think the gambling thing is as big of a deal. It's come out, it's come out in the open a lot. You see, like, uh, the NBA commissioner wanting to legalize it, um, the, the baseball commissioner is talking about doing the same thing. Right. Good out. And all these friends, like the Patriots own a huge stake in draft, uh, like DraftKings and all that stuff. So, so is Jerry Jones. What's that? So is Jerry Jones. Yeah. So like, I just don't think the gambling aspect's going to be that big of a deal. They'll just, um, they just won't offer the games in Vegas. That's all. Then when that team Wait. plays, they just won't offer them. So, so you're, I, just, you're, I don't think the gambling aspect will be that big of a deal. You're saying that they're they're not like they're not going to offer the team whatever. Like, say we get the it becomes the Vegas Raiders. You're saying you can never wager on the Vegas Ra- Ra- Raiders, not in Las Vegas. And you think and who's going to do that? I mean, who's going to order issue that? The NFL is going to say you can't do that. The Gaming Commission who will give that edict? Um, well, they, they can't bet on UNLV games, right? Yeah, we can. Yeah. We've been for over almost a full decade now. Well, maybe it will be. I mean, I, I the was, only thing I, that I know of, and this is really, really strange, is in Vegas. If you have any connection, I mean, it's not really strange, but some of it is. If you have any connection on an ownership level to any pro sports, you can't gamble in that casino. Meaning, like, uh, oh gosh, my dad was telling me this the other day. The Silverton, which is not, it's a locals casino, but okay, they yeah, the Silverton. They own part of the Staples Center, a very small percentage, but because of that. They're not allowed to accept bets on the Lakers or the Clippers. When the Maloofs own the Palms, and, and you know this makes more sense, they were the majority owner of the uh, Sacramento Kings, and so hence at the Palms you weren't allowed to bet on the Kings. Uh, same thing at the Golden Nugget downtown. They owned, or their parent company owned part of the Houston Texans, so you weren't allowed to do that. So that's normally you know when you hear about it, but. Uh, college basketball and football, I think those are probably the only two sports, you know, that, you know, V, that we have that actually play on like a scale like that. Like, you know, women's hoops you don't really bet on and 
other, you know, college sports. But there's been lines at every casino for football and for, uh, for, uh, basketball for about a decade now. I remember when I, I don't know, moved here and then like around 2003, 2004, there was that one year where, where, uh, UNLV had, uh, I'm sorry. Wisconsin. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Well, and we talked about that where, where they kind of, the Wisconsin fans definitely got fucked. Um, and you know, so I know that, and I remember when I think it was like maybe, you know, I'll look and see what the date was. I know when I first moved here, you couldn't bet on it, but I want to say like, it's been probably about 12 years now, maybe 13 years since they've changed that. But I don't know, you know, to me, it just seems like the opposite of what you're saying that the NFL's always had an awkward relationship with its, its base, which, you know, or gamblers. I mean, you have to think, and, and they know that, you know, that's why, you know, it's really the perfect thing. I mean, there's a Monday night game and it's a blowout or it's a, you know, two, two, two digit, you know, lead for a certain team or whatever it may be. In most cases, you know, if you're not betting, you're turning it off. But the majority of people that are watching, you know, Monday Night Football have some sort of financial interest in it. And it keeps people watching, which in hence makes them keep watching commercials, which brings more money for the NFL. And, but they never really acknowledge that. And it's very, very strange because I want to say the NFL gambling business, I mean, it's, would you say yearly it's in the billions? I mean, worldwide? Yeah, of course. Okay. Billions probably bet on the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, that makes sense. I mean, so, but they don't really, they don't acknowledge it and they even will go as far like, and this is my favorite, you know, and I know they're just kind of mocking it, but when they're on, when, whether it's ESPN or a network show and they're talking about like point spreads and they're just, they always say for entertainment purposes only, like really, come on. You know, it's just, it's yeah, just, it, it just seems like it's more wide open. They're talking about it more like I on mean, like talk radio, uh, on TV, on sport, like Scott Van Pelt has a whole, uh, segment on it. You know what I mean? Like, just seems like it's becoming more in the open, but the NBA commissioner made the best point about <laughs> legalizing it so you can monitor it because you can't really monitor it when it's offshore. You know what I'm saying? If it's yeah. in the casinos, you can monitor it. And if something funky's going on, they'll be able to tell. Well, I, I, you know, I don't want to get too far off subject here, but this is amazing to me. That I was reading this article on ESPN. I'm not a real big tennis fan or person, but I know, I know a little bit. But apparently, these uh, tennis pros and there's there's been this scandal in men's and women's tennis about players throwing matches and large amounts of money have been placed on them. Have you do you know about this? I've heard about some of this stuff. Like Roger Federer talked about the guy, people came up to him and they you know made him an offer and he said you know no way and other players have talked about it and I guess these obscure matches, you know, it's not really as much with big players, but these obscure matches, these, I guess, legalized and and unlegalized sports books have reported like, for instance, there was a doubles match and like neither team was even ranked or neither, you know, none of the players were ranked. And there was like an absurd amount of money on some meaningless doubles match in, I think it was a major, but maybe it wasn't. But anyhow, apparently that's a big scandal in tennis. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really watch it, but I kind of think that's what the NFL wants to avoid. Even if what you say is true, and you know it's going to be heavily monitored, which I have no reason to believe, and regulated, and and you know everything is par for the course. I think it's just the fact that the association is still taboo. You know, with a lot of people, I mean, you really wouldn't think it would be in 2016 that gambling has a negative connotation anymore. Um, you know, but if you look back as recently as the 90s, and so like a lot of people wouldn't even tell. 
family or relatives that they'd go to Vegas that you'd get like frowned upon. I mean, I don't know if you remember that time where Vegas was like really like you you literally like came off looking like a degenerate or sounding like a degenerate. In, you know, if you told people that you were going to Vegas, it didn't have any sort of connotation the way it has now. I mean, do you remember that era? Yes. Yeah, for sure. So you know what? I it's interesting. I don't think you know our fan base, our market share. Uh, you know, even if you don't look at the fact that everyone in Vegas, for the most part, isn't from Vegas, that, you know, we're just a bunch of people that have lived or came from other places. It's very rare to meet someone that will tell you, look, you know, I've lived in Vegas my whole life. Um, I, I don't think Vegas is going to get a team. I mean, I think it could support it. I think the casinos could make sure it could just by comping tickets and yep. by people coming here. And, you know, listen, there's only eight games a year. You know, as long as there's a decent... You know, I'm not counting preseason and, and postseason, but there's eight home games a year. You know, as long as the team is decent and they're not just like tanking, you know, I think they're gonna. How, how can you not sell out eight games? I never understood that. How like well, of some? Course they would, of course, they would. They would sell out no problem. Yeah. And think about like all the fan bases that they're playing against. Like Patriots fans are gonna travel there. Cowboys fans are gonna travel there. Certain fan bases are gonna travel there. And I think you hit on a good point with the comping because. They'll be able to just comp tickets for all the casinos, for all their whales. All the whales and, you know, all the people that have money out there are going to get season tickets. And, you know, it's in Vegas is a big city. It's not like it's a small city, you know. I, I wrote this in a post. I believe that there's four markets in the NFL that are smaller than Vegas. I know one was Green Bay. The other was Jacksonville. The third was New Orleans. and um, That's right. And the fourth was Buffalo. Um, so, you know, it's not like it, it's, you know, there's no people. I mean, there's over easily over a million people in Vegas, Henderson, you know, Clark County. I mean, easy, if not more. Um, I'd love to see it. I, I was talking to my dad about this the other day. I said that I would 100% I'd get season tickets and I would oh, fully yeah. support the team. Um, so, anyhow, it's interesting. Like I said, you know, and that's why I'm glad you're here. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think Roger Goodell will let it happen. You think it, there's a possibility. Of course. I, I also think that Mark Davis was 100% only using that meeting with uh, Adelson and UNLV officials as leverage with Oakland. I don't think he ever had any serious intention. Um, you know, he knew it was just a plot of land. Uh, he's been to Vegas before. He did the same thing last year, apparently, with San Antonio and a uh, very wealthy businessman, Red McCombs. He was a what, – what did Red McCombs own? He was a former owner of uh, – was it – the Astros or, hey, or the Spurs? So. No, I think it was a, he's the owner of the Spurs, I think. And Well, anyhow, so he did the same thing last year, and he did it again this year where he just came here and you know wants to negotiate and get a permanent home for Oakland. But I don't think we're going to see them anytime soon here. But speaking yeah. of which, and mark my words here, I want this to be documented. Uh, yesterday was National Recruiting Day, or National Signing Day, I should say, in uh, college sports. And uh, normally... Uh, I follow because I, you know, I'm a big Florida State guy. We had the, actually the number one recruiting class according to ESPN. Uh, but out here, people really don't talk recruiting a lot because you know it's UNLV, and they've been just a doormat for decades and decades. You know, you take away a couple six and five, seven and five seasons, you're filled with a lot of one and twelves. You know, two and elevens. I mean, it, it's really, really embarrassing. So yesterday. National Signing Day out here in Vegas. UNLV signed their best class in the history of the program. Uh, 
Second in the Mountain West, according to ESPN, the first being Boise State. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time getting, you know, because no one gives a shit about UNLV football. But we have a coach who actually uh, can recruit. He's got support from uh, the owners of Station Casinos. I don't know if you know anything about this. This coach, he uh, was a high school coach at Bishop Gorman. And uh, do you know anything? Because this made national news because he actually went from straight from being a head coach at high school to being a head coach at a uh, FCBS or F, what is it? FC, FCS. FCS. Tony, yeah. Tony Sanchez, right? Very good. Yes, Tony Sanchez. So I think if not this year, then definitely next year. Now, listen, I'm not sitting here trying to trying to say that you know this UNLV is going to win championships and, and and you know make it to a BCS bowl game. No, not going to happen. But I think that you're going to start seeing a different UNLV program than you, people have ever seen before. That they're going to be on the rise. And uh, I think we've been the one bowl game in the last 15 years, right. uh, maybe two. It's something ridiculous like that. But uh, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be good. They, they signed, I think, six. It was either six or seven three-star pro, or three-star prospects, which is like more than they've had in the last 10 years combined. Um, anyhow, it's you know, listen out here in Vegas. And this is what I miss the most about living out here, other than I guess the ocean and the beach, which is only a couple hours away in LA. Although it's not really the same as Florida. There's there's no sports here. I mean, right. all I have is UNLV. That's it. And I've been here. It's not, you know, I, I get it. I'm from Florida, and I'm never going to, like, turn my back on Florida State or the Dolphins or, you know, my college teams, my pro teams. But I've been out here now 16, 17 years, so this is my home. You know, right. at some point it's going to be I've been out here more than I've been, you know, in, yeah. lived in Florida. Yeah. And I got, no, I got no one to root for, buddy. I, I just I can't go to a game. You know, you know, these football is terrible. Their basketball is even more pathetic. Uh, I, I don't know. It'll be unbelievable. I mean, I think an NFL team would thrive there. I, I don't know. It would just give more juice to the city. Just imagine like all the fans that would travel there. It would be an annual trip for every fan yeah. base that plays in Vegas. You know, I agree. Like, it would be unbelievable. Well, I think you know it's 2016. Uh, I I don't know how many states have casinos in them. It's an interesting question. I know, with the exception of Hawaii and Utah, the other forty eight states all have some form of form of gambling, whether it's casinos, bingo, lotteries. So I think it's really really time that just in general gambling is is not just shunned. And you know, I would hope that the NFL in today's day and age can just accept it, even promote it in a healthy way, regulate it. And uh, I'd love to have it. I mean, I would. I would be so happy. I. I would use my funds. I would get very good season tickets. I. I. I would easily drop. I don't know. What do you have season tickets? Have you ever had season tickets to the Pats or no? Is there a I waiting list? I don't. But there is a waiting list. I'll actually tell you a funny story. I had season tickets the year before they won the Super Bowl in two thousand one. I had season tickets, and I actually gave them up. And then they went on that run, won the Super Bowl, and now oh the dynasty, whatever. But my my brother has season tickets, so I can pretty much go whenever I want. But I don't like going. I went once this past. Really? Week. Why? It's too long of a day. I mean, you got to get up early. <laughs> get in. I mean, if you enjoy the tailgating, then you. Well, go that's in there. part of it, though. Yeah, I mean, you want to barbecue and eat good, and and yeah, throw a football around. Yeah, give me give me my HD TV <laughs> all day over that. You know and. And then if you're like, you know, if your seats aren't great, you're sitting like my brother's seats are up in the nosebleed. So 
We usually just sit stand yeah. up down on the concourse and just watch like from the back of the end zone, which is pretty cool. But um, I'll tell you one thing that will be they're going to have to put like strict because they already have rules on players gambling. I think I don't know if it's just sports betting or gambling period, like in season or whatever. But like all the problems these NFL players have getting arrested. Imagine them in Vegas. Yeah. Like imagine that's one to like. Road team, like, just some of the stories that we'd be reading about would be pretty insane, I think. Yeah. Well, if uh, I could tell you, like, if someone like Pac-Man Jones was drafted by Vegas, yeah. he never would have, he wouldn't be alive today. He would right. have been, you know, either dead in some strip club shooting or security would have tased him numerous times. That I mean, it just, yeah. It, it. Well, and someone in the chat made a point about uh, they thought that Las Vegas was getting an NHL hockey team. And of all people, Daniel Negreanu had some petition that, that he was passing around to get votes and to sell season tickets or, I guess, put deposits down for season tickets. And uh, they got the necessary amount of deposits that the NHL wanted, but I haven't heard much about it since then. Um, the arena that's being built behind uh, New York, New York, off of Tropicana Las Vegas Boulevard, will house this NHL team if we're granted one. But, uh, you know, unless someone in the chat can tell me otherwise, I, I don't think a decision's been made. Definitely, I believe I would have heard about it. Um, but, you know what, I, and this is not against like guys like Bobby Orr or any of you Northeastern guys. I'm not, I don't like hockey. Uh, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. Like I, don't, like I do soccer, for instance. And, you know, don't tarn feather me. But I, I, I'm not a big hockey guy. You know, I don't, uh, where I grew up, we had a hockey team. I think I got like in high school, the Florida Panthers. And I think I went to one or two games, and you know I liked it. But in terms of watching it on TV, I don't think I've ever watched a hockey game on TV. Uh, NHL playoffs. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen any of it. I mean, I I don't know. It just it's one of those sports I never got into. Um, Bobby Orr sent me a couple of messages. I'll read them here. He said uh, the first thing was the the NFL injury report. The only reason they have the injury report is the only reason yeah. it has to be gambling. That's right? true. I've heard that before too. Absolutely. And then his second point was the NHL's having second thoughts on expansion. Hmm. Which I could care less about. I wouldn't go watch the Bruins if they were playing right outside my house on an ice rink. Yeah. Just not a hockey fan. It's not for me. Oh, you're saying yourself you're not a hockey fan either? No. I If, the, if they put an ice rink where I could walk outside my house and walk right up and watch it <laughs> right on the ice, right out the window right here, I would <laughs> you, not you go stay on the radio with me? Yeah, I'd, I'd stay on radio. <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather grind one cent, two cent for like 48 <laughs> yeah, hours straight. That's how I feel. And I, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, but I guess <laughs> it, it's my right. Everyone's different about what they like and dislike. And I never, maybe it was growing up in South Florida, not having that around me until I was 15, 16, or 17. Um, I never was into hockey and I never was into soccer. Now, interesting question. If you had to watch a full day, okay, of either, okay, let's do it like this. A full day of either the NHL playoffs, I'm talking like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., 12 hours. Okay, so what is that? I guess an average with commercials, like three hours. So you had to watch four full NHL games or four full World Cup soccer games or like Premier League or just some high-end soccer, not like some mutts kicking around the field. What would you watch? World Cup. Me too. I like the World Cup. I can't get into it like the, you know any other time of the year. Like I'm not every day watching, uh, you know, the Premier League or Manchester or Liverpool or any, you know, maybe it's because I, I just it's a patriotic thing of just rooting for the U.S. But I actually like the World Cup. I, I 
Yeah. All right. Well, you hockey, know what? Huh? Ho- ho- hockey has a lot. I think the fan like if you grow like I'm from this area is huge for hockey. There's all major hockey uh, colleges and like hockey is huge in Massachusetts. But like if you don't grow up playing it or like someone in your family didn't play it, you didn't grow up watching it from a young age. I don't know. I just never got into it. I was basketball. Like it's I don't like watching baseball either. I'll watch some playoff games, but it's I'm the like, same way. Basketball I think, and football, I, they just have the most action to me. I don't think it's going to change because of the money and the revenue, but I think, and I've said this for a long time, I think the baseball season's too long. Mm-hmm. 162 games, and, you know, I guess it's been better lately, uh, you know, with small market teams being competitive, but the majority of teams still, you go in the season, and within a month, a month and a half, if you're not already mathematically eliminated from winning your division, you know, you maybe you're not, but you just know it's you're 20, 15 games under 500, and it's not. Yeah, you know, I guess it is kind of like most sports where you don't really you can fire the manager, you can make some trades, but when you're that bad, you don't turn things around. I just think a lot of teams are already just kind of screwed from the start. And like, how do you? I don't know. I mean, how do you go to uh, see a team that's 15 or 20 or 30 games below 500 when they still have another 100 games to play? Like, it just. Right. I don't know. I, I, I think yeah. it's too long of a season, and. So, but I'm I'm in the same boat with you. I love football. That's my number one sport, and uh, you know I, I'm spring training's too long. That's the problem. Yeah, that's too long too. They're already starting right now, and the season doesn't start for like what another <laughs> two months or something like that. Like cut that by a month. Yeah. It's the same thing with like the um, the NFL preseason. It should be like two yeah. games, or they should um, or they should just extend the regular season. One or the other. Yeah, like. Those four preseason games, it's like, it's just stupid. Yeah. It's just a money grab for the owners. Of course. They charge. That's one thing about the season tickets. If you buy season tickets, which is eight games, you have to buy the four preseason games, which are the same price as the regular season tickets. Yeah. No, I agree. You know? J-Sub Stoll. What was that? <laughs> Delaware. Is that Delaware? That was him again. Oh, my. What was that, Delaware? We're talking about sports here. I mean, do you have something to say? Don't interrupt us. That's just rude. J-Sub still. <laughs> Jesus. He's been fixated on a while. Well, you know what? Since uh, we have draft coming on in about an hour, uh, and we're going to talk about the poker stuff. I guess we'll just get right to it because it is the biggest thing going on. Uh, the Super Bowl is Sunday. Uh, what is the current line at, China? I think it's 6 and like 45. I'll check right right now for confirmation. Let's see here. NFL. Five and a half, and the total is 44. China is God. Thanks, Delaware. Yeah, five at Pinnacle. It's uh, five and a half plus 100, and 44 minus 105, and a money line is minus like 210 or plus like 190. Okay. So well, before you give your pick, uh, let's talk, you know, and you know they do this every Super Bowl, and I think, by the way, Daly's going to call in now. Uh, it's funny. The Super Bowl starts, and it's not even as much about the game. Like, And I get it because of the media. They have to do this. But what do you think about all these little feel-good stories and all these little, you know, just subplots they try to create every Super Bowl? Yeah. Um Yeah. No, it's just stupid, you know? It's like, I hate the media. I don't. Watch so do it. I. It's so obnoxious. 
Like I, I don't, re- I don't really watch ESPN anymore, and I like watching sports talk radio, and a lot of that's on TV now. Like they'll simulcast if it's on TV, whatever. And um, I like watching that stuff. I like watching some of the interviews with the players, but like the storylines and stuff is, is just stupid. Like the Cam Newton stuff, yep, and I uh, agree. But it's dancing and whatever. It's like who cares? Like whatever, you know. Yeah. I love women with bush. <laughs> Delaware, please. I think he's drinking. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I was reading about the Cam Newton. They make it, of course, a black quarterback. So, I mean, come on. They did that with Doug Williams. They, they've done that before. And then, uh, you know, then they have all these stories now for the Denver people about uh, the owner of the of the Broncos, uh, Pat was it Bowden, I think. And, Pat Bowling. Or Bowling, excuse me. Thank you. And, you know, he has uh, or he's had Alzheimer's disease, so he's not doing well. And it's a whole win one for him. Um Anyhow, uh, you know, I don't want to blow our load too quickly and you tell everyone who you're picking. Uh, but before you even get to that, I mean, what, how do you see this game? I mean, do you see it as, I, without giving your pick, I mean, just what, what can you say without telling us who's going to win or cover? How do you see this game going? Do you think it's going to be a great Super Bowl? Do you think it's going to be a blowout? Don't tell sides or anything like that, but just. I think it's going to be a low scoring slobber knocker. Hmm. That's what I see. And I don't think Denver's offense will have too much, too much of problems moving the ball. Not like again versus Seattle a couple of years ago when they couldn't do anything. I mean, Carolina's defense I think is pretty good, but I think they have a lot of holes in their secondary. That and I think, I think Peyton Manning's playing. He's been he's played okay the last couple of weeks, and he's had two weeks to recover. So I don't know. Denver, a good chance to win the game. Do you think uh, whether win or lose, or maybe it even makes a difference? Do you think we've seen the last of Peyton Manning? Well, there's rumors now that he might come, the Rams might want him or something like that. I certainly think win or lose, I don't think he'll be going back to Denver. But Yeah, I think that's it, already kind of been said that just because of his price tag and the fact that at some point you got to, uh, what's that backup, well, they, Brock Os- they, Osweiler? Am I saying it right? Yeah, they, they, they saw, I think they saw enough out of Brock Osweiler to know that he's probably going to be their future starting quarterback. So there's no point in... Bringing back a forty-year-old guy, even if even if he plays lights out in the Super Bowl, just like the health problems, you know, at some point every quarterback, except for Tom Brady, um, deteriorates. So, <laughs> you know, that's just the way it goes. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I don't know. I mean, if he can go somewhere and he thinks he can win, then he probably will come back. I think. But if it's like some scrub team that was like three and fifth, three and um. The 13 or something last year. I don't think he'd come back and play for someone like that. But if he thinks he has a chance to win, I think he'll be back. Yeah. All right. I'm, uh, Skype is frozen, but as soon as it's unfrozen, we're going to call daily. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom Brady is the exception of the rule. The guy is, he's, he, I'm 39. He's the same age as me. And, um, it's just unbelievable. Like, he, he's gotten better. Like, his mobility is better. Everything's gotten better. I mean, at some point, yeah, he's probably going to break down, but it's not like he's using his pop. He, he doesn't, except for that game a couple of weeks ago, he doesn't get hit that much. He gets rid of the ball, so he gets rid of the ball faster than any quarterback, so. And he trains harder than any quarterback. One thing about him that a lot of people don't know is he's still training right now. He goes to the field, he's the only guy there, and he trains up until the day of the Super Bowl, so he's, his body's ready for it every year in case they make like a, a Super Bowl run, so. Guy's just—he's superhuman. Unbelievable. How old is he now? 
Is he 38? Is it going to be 39? 39. I think he was born in 77, just like me. It's just crazy. I mean, <laughs> how many? What, I mean, I remember, I remember I read this, but I don't know how accurate it was. If he was just saying it in jest, remember reading that he wants to play until he's forty-five. Is that? Is yeah, that really? Yeah, that's what he said on that Wells report or something. Like some of the text messages he was sending to one of his buddy about, or his buddy, or an email. His buddy asked him like, uh, now like, uh, you know, they can't say Peyton's better than you or something. I think this was before the Super Bowl or something last year. He goes, well, wait seven years when I'm still playing and he's not. There'll be no argument. So we'll see. <laughs> the guy's just nuts. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, this, I wanted Bledsoe to start in that first Super Bowl too. I was a huge Bledsoe fan, but now who was now, the guy that injured it? It was wasn't it a, was it a Bill or a Jet? I know it was like a conference it was against game. The, it was against the Jets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. It was I think it was Mo Lewis. He hit him That's on right. like a rollout. Mo Lewis. Yeah, he almost killed him. They said that the way he hit him when he got hurt, that it was like he like got a cut or something. And it was like an inch away from severing an artery that probably. Potentially could have killed him. Like that's how hard he got hit. Yeah. But um, I'm just I'm just smashing this computer. This is I can't get Skype to unfreeze yet somehow you're connected. God, this is awful. I can't take calls. Like it just won't unfreeze. It's just like, what did you say you did? That you just deleted everything, rewiped it? Like I mean, can I don't even know if I can install like an up to date version of Windows on this. Because it's so old, it probably doesn't have the RAM or just the memory to hold it. Yeah, you gotta just factory reset it or something like that. I don't know what 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 version of Windows is it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Mine was a Windows Seven, and I just upgraded it to Windows Ten. But believe me, this thing was so fried; it was a pain in the ass just to do that. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to maybe reboot this. Which I hate to do, but this is just so embarrassing because I can't. I'm not gonna be able to add Druff. I can't take but, calls. Or, um, you know, if I get disconnected, I, I, I will message you right back because I think I'm going I'm to have to do the old Control-Alt-Delete thing on Skype here and just reboot it. Yeah, but do you think that if you reboot it, is there a chance it won't restart? Or do you think... Who knows? Is it is it that bad? Yeah, it's that bad. It's embarrassing. Because I might be able to... I might be able to get daily. Daily, I could call him and put him on speaker or something. No, I don't want to do that. That's so ghetto. Um, sometimes, hey, sometimes you gotta you gotta go down to the ghetto level. <laughs> Yikes! You know what? It's amazing you're still on it. Yeah, it's totally frozen. What do you think? Should I just do the old Control Alt Delete and we'll we'll restart this in a minute? Yeah. If um. So if you restart, like what was the problem before? Why it wasn't starting? Was it because you were using the other laptop? Or no, I've just been using the same laptop. It's just the other one I, does not have a stereo mixer, so I can't use it. Can't no, be I know, but radio. was it not working because of that laptop? No, I, I it just there was some out of, for some reason it just needed to be reset. Everything the way I connected it the second time was the same as the first. It just would not connect. All right, so, I don't know. Well, okay, yeah, I have to. I'm gonna have to because I don't. I can't run a show like this where I can't even call people. This is fucking just brutal. So you know, what, you. listeners, everyone, go get a, a glass of. Uh, I don't know. Get a yeah, beer. Hang, get a soda. Get a wine. We'll try and get this thing. Fixed. We'll be back and uh, 
If you're listening in the archives, again, I, I hope Druff is editing some of this out. I apologize. This is going to be the last show I ever do like this. I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to, uh, retire the old HP pavilion. This is the last show it's ever going to do. And until I find this, uh, laptop with a mixer, I'm going to have to take a hiatus from radio. Um, all right. We'll be back. All right. All right, I think we're back. It's embarrassing. Can someone tell me if you can hear me? You guys, refresh this. This is a fucking joke. Okay, back. I assure you guys, I'm going to give this laptop a proper goodbye, and I'll videotape it, and then this is going to be the end of it, because this is just... So I'm hoping Skype will reconnect. Uh, let's see. In fact, I'm very close to making an executive decision. I don't want to overstep my boundaries, but I'm pretty close to just telling Druff to trash this show and not even air this and just keep it. I mean, I don't even want people to listen to it. I'm mortified. I'm embarrassed. I'm absolutely fucking embarrassed. I'm disgraced. I'm fucking pissed off. I'm aggravated. Like, all I want to do is do radio. I spent three fucking hours preparing this shit, and I, everything's frozen. I can't connect Skype. I can't take callers. I mean, it's fucking 2016. I've been doing this for 10 years. And this is a goddamn absolute fucking travesty. All right, China, if you're listening, I know you're going to get some coffee. Oh, yeah. Play the Skype sound. <laughs> okay. Um, I have every window closed except for Oddcast, and I have Skype open. So hopefully... This will still work, but it's just so slow. Like, it's just like I'm booting up Skype now, and it's it's like half showing the window, half not. Do I want to upgrade Skype? No. I don't want to fucking upgrade Skype. Are you kidding me? All right. China, if you're listening, I don't even see you on... Oh, there you are. Okay. I'm going to call Mark, and then... uh Daily, I apologize. We're going to call you now. I'm going to walk off the fucking set. I'm just, I'm furious. Like, this isn't an act. This isn't a show. Mark, are you there? I'm here. Okay, good. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Okay. So everything all set? Yep. We're back on Skype. And uh, you know what? Daily, if you're listening, you try calling me. And let's see if that's easier for me to connect you on here. Instead of me calling you and fucking with this Skype. If you're listening still. What kind of coffee did you make, Mark? It's actually Wegman's brand. Ooh. Bold. The price, I couldn't, I just couldn't turn it down. Okay. The drop, the drop in me, I had to buy it. Daily. Yes, sir. You know what? First off, again, I'm so sorry. It's, where are you at? What part of the country are you? I'm in West Palm Beach, Florida. Jesus Christ. It's 1245. All right, I'm going to shut the fuck up. I'm going to let you guys talk. I need to just go calm down. I'm going to make some coffee. Thank you for coming on the show. I don't think we've ever spoke before, have we? No, I don't think so. I think this is the first time. First time I've been on radio. Oh, wow, I'm honored. And you've been a part of the forums for for how long now? I know it's been a while. I remember reading you on the other sites. Yeah, Mark brought me aboard. Mark (laughs) and I go back uh, a whole bunch of years. We've been doing a fantasy college football site for... 
oh god what 12 years now and he hosted a message board there for the guys so we could talk about college football and then i got acclimated to the rest of the community and then ported over to uh poker fraud alert when uh when uh venom uh ceased to, to, to have the message board so here i am are you a big john daly fan i mean you're Screen name and your picture is John Daly. I, that's your last name. On, I mean, is it you're a fan or is there more to it than that? Is it just a, a, a little bit tell, more to it? Tell them about Drunken yeah, State. Yeah, that's right. Drunken State College is the name of uh, my college football team, and we uh, I elected John Daly to be our head coach. Uh, Mark also has a, uh, a university uh, that uh, Tom Petty. Uh, coaches so no, surprise he goes by the china maniac moniker richard petty daytona tech oh excuse me i always thought it was tom <laughs> petty oh yeah well no chef the musician <laughs> all right so um what what do you got here you say you got you got a lot of good prop stuff so let's uh let's hear what you got for your best bets my best bets well I mean, there's always a lot of best bets. It's the Super Bowl. It's the best week to bet. Um, I mean, I think you got to start before the game even kicks off. Um, one of the best lines I've seen on the national anthem, I think, is this year. And I think the betting market's kind of caught up with it a little bit. Um, little history on the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Um, it's only been sung um, longer than two minutes twice. Uh, Alicia Keys did it um, a few years back, over two and a half minutes. And um, there's no reason why anybody should know this unless they have a daughter. But the, the girl who did the um, Let It Go Frozen song last year uh, cracked, just barely cracked two minutes at 204. The other 15 times it's been done, no one's broken two minutes. And this year, Lady Gaga is doing the um, national anthem. And they lined it at 2 minutes and 20 seconds. And <laughs> that is way too high. Way too high. It's not going to go anywhere near that. She um, she did a rendition of it in 2013 at an LGBT event. She sung an a cappella, which they're absolutely Wait, time out. Are you handicapping? Are you handicapping national anthems? I got I have all every single prop that they have. Uh, me and a few that other people sick. get together. We we cap them all. Oh There's God. more money to be made this week than any other week in the uh, calendar year, as far as betting on sports for prop betting. Yeah. Wow. So, so what were you saying? She sang an acapella. Oh yeah, she sang an acapella, and she sang it as though she was uh, serenading the rainbow. Uh, flag, the gay pride flag. And she did that in two minutes and 14 seconds. And if she handed up that bad in that rendition, there's no way she's getting the 220 this year. So this is a max bet. Whatever you can get on it, I, I don't see any way that it comes anywhere near it. Okay. Sounds like a good play. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Now, what are the. So what are where are you at for? on. What are they giving for max bets on, like, online sports books on these? Yeah, what's the most you can Depends. bet on a national anthem? Depends. I mean, Bovada, if max bet on any prop is $250 for something that's this exotic. Sports book, it's 100 But a lot of local books, you know, depending on 
how much you can bet on a regular side in total. I've seen five hundreds and thousands. Okay. So, right, so you're you can get a lot of action down. I've got I've got a thousand on it. So you're saying the hand, the, the national anthem? You're saying it, it it will go over or under? I'm sorry. Under, say, oh, I'm it, saying it'll go under. And you're pretty confident about Ooh. that. I'm very confident about it. So is that more even a lock in your opinion? I mean, nothing's actually, you know, obviously an absolute lock. But in your opinion, your humble opinion, is that are you more confident with that than the actual outcome of the game? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to so bet many things can happen during the course. So if you're only going to bet a hundred or two hundred anyhow, and that's your Super Bowl, would you advise people to bet it on the under of the national anthem and then just go out and drink and don't even worry about fucking betting on the game? Uh, I'd split it. This would be Sorry. one bet, and uh, the that's other awesome. bet would be at the it. end of the game. I love your confidence. I mean, I love it. That's that's awesome. Well, the, the numbers Jeff, back it up. I, I think he said that yeah. only two in history have gone over, what, two two minutes and 30 seconds or something? Yeah, but you don't think Lady no. Gaga is going to do something and fuck it up like the National Anthem? I mean, why, how do they handicap the National Anthem? I'm sure these guys are smart, and they know, you know more than we know. I mean, why would they make it? where you think it's short. Like, what is their logic on the other end? Yeah, absolutely no idea. I think if I had to guess, it's the rendition that she's got one rendition on YouTube right now, and it's the one that went two minutes and 14 seconds. And I'm thinking that they probably took that as a baseline and said she would ham it up a little more uh, just because it's the Super Bowl. And these things always tend to go over. Every year it's gone over that they've offered this profit sportsbook in Bovada. I think they're just trying to pad themselves from the natural tendency for the public to bet the over. Hmm. Makes sense. So there you have it. Yep. She'd, she'd only be the third person to go over two minutes, so I feel pretty good about it. All right. What, um, on to prop number two, what do you, what's your next best one? My next best one. Well, who do you guys like for the MVP of the game? I think, I mean, you know, if you're looking for something that's not like, you know, like a defensive player or something that doesn't really hit very often, in fact, when was the last defensive player that was an MVP? I mean, I think you have to go back years, don't you? Oh, the Seahawks, Malcolm Brown. Mm. Okay. Yep. I guess I'm wrong. Um I know the most bet out here, and I talked about this last week, this is the first year you can actually bet on MVPs in Vegas. Um, I know that Cam Newton is taking the majority of the action. Uh, other than that, I saw, like, and I know this is not going to happen, but other than that, I was thinking maybe like Teddy Gwynn. Like I saw, I mean, I, you're right. I know you're going to tell me there's no value in that. You're, you're right. I mean, I think it was like 20 to 25 to 1, but you know what? He can pop off a kick return for a TD or a, t, or a punt return, you know, in any given you know, situation. Um, so I was thinking him. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Greg Olson. I think if it, if Carolina wins and, you know, there's more than one touchdown passed and rushed, then it's going to easily go to Cam Newton. Um, I, you know what? I'll just say I don't fucking know. You tell us. You're the expert. I, 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 let me give, give two. I would just off the top of my head, Peyton Manning has to have decent odds, right? Yep. I'd yep. Say well, him. I mean – it's kind of a loaded question. The reason why I ask is, and you said it, Cam Newton is the odds-on favorite. You have to lay 180 to win 100 Yikes. on Cam Newton. There's no what value if I in was that, able to offer you, What if I was to offer you that bet at plus 200? 
dudes. Right I would now, say, I would say props, sign me up. Uh, right now, they are offering props at Sportsbook, Bovada, and a few other sites. That the MVP winner, who will he thank first? Right now, God is at two hundred plus two hundred. Mm. Cam Newton, and I quote: First of all, I need to give all the glory and honor to God, for He is the um, He is the light of my life, so on and so forth. That's when he won the Heisman Trophy Award in two thousand and ten. When he won the national championship, unprompted, they stuck a microphone in his face after the game. The first person he thanked was God. When he won the Maxwell Award in 2010, same thing. He's a very, very religious guy for what he is. There is no way I see him thanking anybody else but God. So if you, can, if you, you think he's a decent bet to actually win the game and win the MVP award, he's going to thank God first. God so he gets the lock. same bet at plus 200, plus you get anybody else who may or may not thank God. But the problem is, is you won't get Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning will thank his teammates first. He always thanks his teammates first. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good one. I mean, if you're going to bet Newton, then I would say that that seems like a pretty good bet. And then if anybody, any other random guy wins the MVP, you still got a shot if he thanks God. Yeah, right? the way I'm looking at it is, is so long as Peyton Manning doesn't win, you get a pretty good chance. So basically, I'm, God is God. What 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 is Peyton Manning's odds to win the MVP? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I think it's plus two fifty. Well, that ain't too bad. Um, and the only other guy I think they could be a long shot. Maybe again, maybe Keekley. You never know if it's a hard fought game. He has three defensive touchdowns this year. He's probably a lock to have ten plus tackles in the game. So what about that Von Miller? Say he goes off like four four and a half sacks. A forced fumble, interception. For sure. But Yeah, that's certainly a possibility. It's a possibility, but... I mean, if he brutalizes about, him like he did the Brady, no offense, China. I mean, you know, and it's an ugly game, like a 13-10 to 10 game or 13-7 to 7 or 14-7, to 7, something like that. It, it's possible. I mean... I just... You would have to have an... Yeah, like, I know. It would have to be three-plus sacks. I, I don't... I, I don't think any defensive I, end has ever won the MVP. I think if... Denver wins, as long as Manning doesn't have some statistically horrid line, I think they're just going to give him the MVP anyhow as a going-away gift. It's I mean, possible. You know what I mean? Just uh, seen it happen many times before where the quarterback just gets it because he's the quarterback. Right. And somebody happens else. way more often than you'd think, actually. There's very, very few instances when it's not the quarterback. Right. And I think he has the the tools to – I think he just looks like he's getting better. And who knows, he could throw the ball all over them potentially. What other what other defensive players – or, you know, I won't even say that. What other non-quarterbacks in the last decade, two decades, big names, you know, any names, come to mind as players that have won the MVP in the Super Bowl? What, players that have won? Yeah, uh, the non-quarterbacks. From Tampa Bay. What was his name? I don't remember what his name is. The safety from Tampa Bay had the two picks. Right, okay. And I know, go back even further, the guy from the Cowboys won. Larry. Larry uh, Brown. What was his name? Larry. Larry something. Yeah. And then he signed got, Yeah, Ray Lewis. Yeah, I got the list oh, right yes, here. Right. So Baltimore. Malcolm Smith won it in 2014. And then the, before that, Santonio Holmes won it for the Steelers, wide receiver. 
Hines Ward also won it for the Steelers. Dion Branch won it for the Patriots the year before that. Then you go back, Dexter Jackson, Tampa Bay. He won it. And then Ray Lewis won it. And then before that, you're looking at Desmond Howard, who was just a kick-punt returner for the most part. That was, uh, was that Green Bay? Green Bay versus the Patriots, Patriots yes. Yikes. Yeah. He had like three You know the story behind the Dion Branch MVP, right? No, please, I don't. Tell us anyhow. Tom Brady had won the MVP in two of the previous three Super Bowls, and he was in court with Cadillac, who supported the award, who advertised the award, and they were literally suing and countersuing each other. They were mortal enemies. And Cadillac told the NFL, under no circumstances, can Tom Brady win the NFL award. So they gave it to Deion Branch. That's interesting. I mean, is he that... Was, is that he, was worthy, he was worthy, though, in that game, for sure. I mean, is that factual, like that was actually said by... I mean, is that just something that was speculated, or is that, you know, did someone from Cadillac... Well, it wasn't a press release, but it was very widely speculated. Wow. I never heard that. Huh. Yep. Well, now I yeah, guess... The lawsuits are... You can Google the lawsuits. That happened. Amazing. I had no idea. Well, I guess the big moment, uh, who do you guys like in the Super Bowl? If you're, you guys are both... I know Daly's obviously betting. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. For sure. The, the law, well, that's awesome what he said. Half your money, folks. Now, before he even tells you, remember, half your money goes on the national anthem under. Right? The under? Yep. The under. under. And then put your other half on the game itself. And then you're basically free rolling. The other half goes on God. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then your side money, your kids' college tuition, you're going to put on uh, that Cam Newton thanks God when he wins the MVP. Who are we taking for this game? Prediction time, fellas. Uh, go ahead. All right, so China, you know, actually, uh, Daly, you go first. You want me to go first? Yes. Well, Please. without looking, how many times has the Denver Broncos given up more than 27 points this year? Without looking, uh... I'm going to say, I'm not looking, I'm going to say twice. I know the one game for sure when they got blown out by Kansas City and they benched Manning when he, you know, when he was hurt, and that was, I think, the first time that Brock played this year. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know that's one time there. I think, I'll just say two, but I don't know. Nope, you nailed it. The Kansas City game was the only once. game? Once. Wow, I didn't know that. Once, they had five interceptions. Yeah, um, Khalid, who is their uh, all-pro cornerback, didn't play in the game, and the Kansas City kicker went five for five with kicks, with three of them for fifty yards plus. Any other team that happens to, they would have given up forty. Denver held them to twenty-nine. I think Denver defense is being drastically um, underrated, and I think the six points is a gift. And there yeah, you go. I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I like Denver with the points. Wow. And it's just See, that's why I'm a fish because I like I I I think Carolina. But everybody I'm a fish. I've seen you guys this picked this game has picked Carolina everywhere forums, um, and you know all the you know you see all these people on all these sports talk shows they're all picking Carolina, which is pretty obvious because they're a five six point favorite whatever. But I agree with Daly that the Denver defense is being sold short. And the first prop I actually looked at. That I just wanted to see what the team total was for like Carolina. I think it was like twenty four and a half or something like that when I first saw it. I, I like the under on that, and or whatever it is, probably went down a little bit because 
I think the total opened at like 45 and a half and it's down to 44 and I like the under on that too. So do I'm in complete agreement. Not only obviously because of stated your stance that Denver's going to cover in fact you said it was a gift but do they win straight up? Yeah, I think the money line might be a good play too. Um I don't know. I I just think So neither one of you going to be surprised seeing Manning with an MVP which which like I said unless he has a, just such an ugly statistical line, yet still manages a way to win. He's going to get the MVP. He's going to ride off like Elway did, retire. I mean, why would if he wins the Super Bowl? Why would he go to the Rams or elsewhere when when you know that's the pinnacle of sports? He's thirty nine. He's had three surgeries. Um, you know, his health sucks as it is. So that's how you guys basically see it happening. You think you know Manning's going to win? He's going to retire. Denver gets the Super Bowl, and that's that's going to be the end of it. An end of an era. Yeah, one one other reason why he could potentially be um, not forced into retirement, but is this HGH allegation? If he retires, then it probably all just could they just make it go away. If he wants to come back, who knows how far they did? But you guys actually even think? I mean, I didn't even know Al Jazeera did you know reporting like that or undercover reporting. Do either one of you think there's any merit to that? Maybe I'm the only sucker that still believes an athlete. You know, when he comes out publicly and says, "I never did this." Yeah, I guess it's kind of fishy about his wife. Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I've only well, read they, what you guys have read, you know, just in public reports and quotes. But is there any substance or possibility of substance to this? Yes. Uh, one thing that I did hear that maybe she did take it is the HGH could can help fertility. And not only did he come back and throw the 55 touchdowns after the next surgery, but I think they had, like, twin boys, like, right around then or something like that. Or twin boing. So wait, you're saying that? Wait, time out. So you're saying that maybe they looked at each other and they said, "We can kill two birds birds with one stone." You can throw fifty TDs and we could have twins. I mean, it could go either way. I saw a report the other day about that that it helps fertility and maybe it really was for her. But then again, like, let's put everything together. The guy had three neck surgeries. He came back and threw fifty five touchdowns. And then when they started testing for HGH last year, all of a sudden he went downhill. But it does coincide with. You know, you hit that age, usually, you know, you're not playing. Only Tom Brady can play like that at that age. You know, you hit that age, and, you know, you're pretty much screwed. But, I mean, why would Manning's never been in trouble, even when he was young. I think the, the, the biggest amount of bad press he got for off-the-field stuff was in college. I don't even know if either one of you remember. It just goes to show how old I am. When he's in Tennessee, he ended up mooning uh, – a female staffer that worked for Tennessee, and then like she quit, and Tennessee had to pay them some money. You know, she, they had to pay her twice. Um, oh, you know about this? Oh, fuck. Yeah, I read, about, I read about this last week. She oh, was actually okay. The, um, it's amazing that you know that. This was actually one of my late night reads a couple weeks ago. Nice. I do these, I do these Wikipedia searches about like stupid shit. And I don't know how, but I came across this, and she was actually like, uh, like one of the team trainers or something like that. And he claims that he was mooning. The people out, like his teammates, out the window. She says otherwise, and they actually had to pay her off like once, and then I think they had to pay her off again for another reason. So she she made a ton of money off of that. But then again, um, he never denied the HGH report. He just said, you know, like my it was supposedly delivered to his wife, but he just keeps saying that her health, whatever, is private. So it's not like he denied the HGH was delivered. So, and if he was going to get it, he wouldn't get HGH delivered in his own name. It would probably come in his wife's name. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, you're Peyton Manning. You're not ordering HGH, and you're 
own named your house. Like that's crazy talk. Well, wouldn't you think that about yes. what about all the other athletes that have been busted for HGH? I mean, they're not the brightest bulbs in the book. So I mean, I mean the brightest bulbs in the room. Yeah. So I mean, all these other guys are getting caught. So it's very possible that that happened to him too. Daly, what what's your thought I on think, this? Yeah, I was about to say I think this whole thing is a sideshow anyway. He's done. Um, he's played at such a high level for so many years. Like Mark said, um, it's at the it's at, he's at that age. I think this is his last game, win or lose. But do you think that there's any anything to this Al Jazeera story? Could yeah, there be? Sure. I mean, I don't have any proof. It's speculation, but I think the whole league's on it. Wow. It's just like baseball was, you know, with steroids in the nineties. It's they're all getting an edge. There's too much money involved. Yep. Just look at these guys. I mean, well, I mean, a lot of them, obviously, you know, specifically in baseball, did it, you know, because they wanted to stay in the league and they wanted to just. But with Manning, I mean, he's he's got enough money. He has one Super Bowl. I mean, if he is doing it, which again, call me naive, but I don't think he is. Maybe I don't know. But I mean, it, for him, it has to be just about winning. He's not doing this to play another two years and pocket another thirty, forty million dollars. Just got to be about the ring he's chasing, right? Yeah, play, just playing, getting yeah. back to be healthy. You know, I mean, wow. Well, that's interesting. It, it really is. But I think either way, I don't think uh, the NFL investigates this. I think most likely, like you said, either way, he's going to just retire and just get swept under the rug. But you know, I guess the last thing we can talk about uh, in, in regards to this subject, and I, mean, I guess a lot of people aren't like well i don't know maybe we're going on too long but in general you know everyone's legacy is defined by somebody you know in every sport we all know this when you think of brady you're right whether you like him or not you're going to think of all the super bowls and then the converse side when someone says dan marino what is the first thing you think about you know he never won a super bowl always usually it's within the same sentence for the most part now he has won one super bowl but he's lost two but i really really think more than any athlete I've thought about in, in a long time. This game is really, truly, in a great way, going to define his legacy. I mean, it, yeah. there's a big difference between two and two and one and three. There's a big difference between losing, you know, making the Super Bowl two out of the last three years or whatever they did, and, and losing both and winning one with Denver and losing one. I mean, you know, people are going to think of him differently. If I mean, regardless of what happens on Sunday, that's how he's going to be remembered for the rest of time. I mean, do we both agree? Yeah, but at least he has the one. But I see what you're saying because he's lost the two. And, when you know, people think that maybe he should have four by now because he's been on some good teams. But it's almost the same situation John Elway was going into his last two years. What did he lose, four before that? Imagine he lost a fifth. Uh, I think I know he lost three. I don't I don't know. It was either He's either two and three or two and four. But then after he won that one against uh, – was it Green Bay or Atlanta? What was the last one? I Green Bay was the first one, yeah. then Atlanta. Then he was free-rolling that last one, in my opinion, because he already won, and they were such a good team that you know he, he did it the right way. But I'm just saying, if he wins this, he's going to be – he won't be a Brady, of course, but he'll go down. You know, His legacy will still be just – he won two Super Bowls, he lost two. I mean, Brady's lost two. How many Super Bowls has Brady lost? Three now. So, point I'm making is two, – Two, two. No, he lost yeah, three. No, no, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. He should have lost three. Seattle, sorry. Still, that's still the worst play call ever. What do you mean, in, in... Sh- you mean should have lost three? I mean, you know what? You have Marshall. He listen, carved them up in the fourth. Listen, I know, but listen. I mean, that pass call 
by Pete Carroll. I mean, I don't even think there's a questionable second in terms of worst play calling in the history of the Super Bowl. How do you not? I mean, you'd give it to Marshall Lynch there. I give it to Lynch there. Daly gives it to Lynch there. I don't know how he passes that. And that was a gift, China. I mean, a win is a win. I agree. But I'm just saying you couldn't have been too happy if you actually, actually honestly remember how you felt in that moment watching that. Like, you did not... I mean, it, it's. I couldn't even. Yeah, I couldn't <coughs> believe it. But yeah, exactly. The, the best part about that is the guy knew the, what play was coming. Yeah, he they studied that play during the week, and that guy was a backup cornerback. Co- they threw him in the game. He knew the exact route. He cut it off, and he made the play. Yeah, it wasn't just free club. So you kind of think either way, his legacy is intact. That this isn't going to greatly affect it. A little bit. Daily. Yep, a little bit. Yeah. Just because Tom Brady's been so dominant. So, I mean, they look back, it's, you, Tom Brady's name's always going to come up first. If you win two, then, yeah, you go out, it'll be a little more positive. But he'll be known as the guy that has, like, a, whatever. I think he has a losing record in the playoffs, doesn't he? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of first round. Well, you know, it's it's kind of misleading in the NFL about what your playoff record is. I mean, in the sense that, like, yeah, I don't think it's – you know, let me go and look at it. Because of the buys, right? Yeah. That's that's part of it too, because there was a number of years they lost in the first round, and they lost to Baltimore when they were a number one seed a couple of years ago in Denver. I think it was his first year. Yeah, they should almost count those buys as wins because you earned it. Okay, let's see. If I can see his playoff record. Yeah, he's uh assuming this is accurate. This is Wikipedia. It says he's eleven and twelve. He's played in twenty three playoff games. He's one and two in the Super Bowl, which is pretty crazy because just about any eleven wins. I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of quarterbacks would take eleven playoff wins. I mean, Andy Dalton can't get one, and he's he's been to what five, six playoff games now with Cincinnati. Tim, I mean, yeah, it's hard. It's Tim not Tebow easy. got one. Yeah, Tim Tebow did get one against what was it Pittsburgh? I think Tom Brady has more playoff wins than all but eight or nine NFL franchises. <laughs> Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Well, anyhow, it's going to be on Sunday, as everyone knows. You don't have to watch it in Spanish. We live in Vegas. And, Daly, uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, it looks like the free roll is down to two players. So it's either <laughs> going to be Sam Sneed, assuming that they uh, are part of the site and will get paid. Sam Sneed and V12CL. Don't know, Do you know either of these who these guys are? Their heads Sam, up. What'd you say? Sam Sneed and V12CL. Oh, I thought you were talking about Sam Sneed in real life. I no, was no. Say, yeah, he's a golfer. No, I'm, I'm talking about their heads up in the free roll. Yep, I know both names. Okay, Sam Sneed has uh, the V112CL guy covered 4-1 to in chips. Anyhow, Sam Sneed, if you win, or V12CL, get a hold of Daily. I guess PM him. And uh, you're going to get some money on a uh, national championship under. And, and that was a great offer. Thank you for shouting that out and, and your generous donation. And, again, for the weight of coming on here uh, tonight, Daily. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. And is there anything you want to promote? I mean, your fantasy college, any just anything. You were so kind to come on. Do you want, is there something you want to say? Anything? anything. There is yours. No, no. Yeah, yours. Just thanks any... for having the show. I know it's pretty frustrating with the technology, but. I mean, you you already pointed it out, man. You got eighty people banging away and just listening to you guys, and you know, no. uh, obviously Todd does a great job, but um, we definitely want to see this continue. So, thanks, right. hey, keep up no, the good work. That's all no, I say. Awesome. 
no Lawrence Phillips speech, or are we going to leave that for yeah, Eric? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we might as well leave that for Eric. Poor Lawrence Phillips. Do you think Lawrence. it's well? You know, since you did bring it up, his family is insisting that Lawrence would never kill himself. That he was set up. That he was killed. That he was murdered. What? What? What even happened there? Because he, you're right. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's like. Why do you go to prison for a decade or eight years or however long he's been? Then one day just kill yourself. Like, what is it? What? What happened there? No idea. I don't know, man. I mean, what, what is it about NFL players? Yeah. So many of them have so much money, so much opportunity, and their lives just <laughs> turn out like hell. You know, between the suicide and everything going on, getting in, getting hit in the head. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, kind of hard to explain. Anything's possible for sure, especially with the CTE. And who knows how many hits that guy took carrying the ball, whatever, three, four hundred times a year at Nebraska and the NFL. You never know, but yeah. he definitely wasn't. Um, he definitely wasn't Mr. Rogers, too. No, yeah, you're right. Well, Daly, thank you again for coming on. And uh, I know you post a lot for those that maybe want to hear some more of his insight. He posted a thread yep. in uh, on Poker Fraud Alert on the forums called Flying Stupidity. I'll definitely post, I'll definitely yep. post some more ga- uh, player props as far as under this. I'll put a list out on the uh, the flying stupidity wagering thread so stop on by good man and you know what i'd love to have you on again uh maybe when i have my show when we do other segments where we talk about sports because uh i guess it shouldn't surprise me if you're a friend of mark's but you're very very knowledgeable and uh just love listening to you so thanks for coming on all right thanks guys have a good night all right good night hey that that, that's a smart dude that was some amazing breakdown on those two props huh very smart dude wow (laughs) I, I had no idea that he was a friend of yours. I didn't know what the connection or relationship was. Yeah, he's um, he's a friend. He was a, well. I met him through a fr- one of my other friends, who's from the next town over, and we just we've been doing fa- like fantasy football since like the mid '90s together. So it's we've just been doing it ever since, and we've had the college league going since like 2001. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And actually, the name of our um, the MVP of our um, college league, we we give the Lawrence Phillips Award to whoever's the MVP, the player in the league. It's called the Lawrence Phillips Award. So, R-I-P-L-P. Nice. Well, Druff is going to be coming on soon. Let me actually, sorry, Skype has been uh, working fine, so that's good. Um, if anyone wants to call in, it's the normal phone number for radio. It's, uh, what is it, eight. 855 fraud I believe. Uh, 775 fraud 55 Yeah, 775 fraud 55 I mangled that. Druff's going to be coming on. And speaking of which, uh, he's not doing radio tonight. And a lot of people wondered why. I don't think he really gave an obvious answer to some Bubba Ben. But what a lot of people don't know, he's actually in Santa Clara for the Super Bowl. Um, and he, funny enough, got a media pass from the Super Bowl to cover media. Do you know why he, he did this? Um, why he got the pass? Yeah, why? I mean, he doesn't cover sports. Free buffet? They're giving out free food coupons if you're a media member of the Super Bowl. See, this is where if I had a working laptop, there'd be a, a, a sound you know, effect. People that's laughing, t- clapping. But no, I'm that's, only- t- that's two oh. for two for me tonight. The food and, and the, the, the divorce. I got nailed that one, too. Yeah, he did. So, anyhow, he's going to be coming on in a minute, and we'll, we'll get to the poker stuff. So, people are just tuning in that love that. Or if you're listening in the 
archives. Uh, we're going to get to the poker stuff and the news and the gambling stuff. Um, interesting story. I mentioned in the opening about this, uh, I mean, this Thai gambling bust. Uh, I, I thought I thought you said tied gambling bust. No, Thai, 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 Thai. Okay. Uh, I mean, this is just, I'm going to read this article. Like, and this isn't, this isn't real. This is not a joke. A group of elderly bridge players in the Thai resort town of Patea were surprised by a visit from the police on Wednesday. 32 foreigners, including British, Swedish, Norwegian, and Australian citizens, were arrested during the anti-gambling raid. They said they were not playing for money, but were held for possession of playing with too many unregistered playing cards. Thailand's military rulers, their military rulers, have vowed to crack down on corruption and crime, and apparently it started with these senior citizens who were playing bridge. A 84-year-old Dutch woman was among those held. Okay, they they raided the bridge club after its anti-corruption team received a tip-off. The members of the bridge club have broken a 1935 law. Okay, it's called the Playing Card Act, which prohibits individuals from possessing more than 2.3 decks of playing cards or 120 playing cards. Okay, uh, I mean, hello, China? Did I lose you? All right. We still on radio? Are we still on? Okay. Thank you, Dark Star. Well, I lost China. I think uh, it may be a Skype fail. If this is the case, I don't know if I have it in me to do this again. I may just have Druff do this. Let's hope it was on China's end. Let me call China back. All right, I'm here. Was that on my, my end? That that was my end. Oh, okay, good. I mean, not good, but you know what I mean. Anyhow, so they're they're, they're rounding up seniors in in Thailand for playing bridge because you're only allowed to have in possession of yourself two point three decks of playing cards. <laughs> like you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, that that sounds about right. I That's mean, awesome. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, well, listen. Let's try to call Druff. Uh, I, I <laughs> but yeah, you can only have two point three, and that's a nineteen a, a law that was made in Thailand in nineteen thirty one. So I guess if you guys are traveling there, just be safe. Only carry a deck of cards on you. I mean, yeah, it, like in in America, you only carry up to you know below an ounce where they don't arrest you. But over there, it's the um, it's the playing cards. Never more than two decks. We're gonna add uh, the owner here. Seriously, Mark, thank you for your patience tonight and standing by my side. No problem. And, this has just been horrific. I've been, I've been playing poker the whole time too. Oh, have you? Actually, so what do you? I was actually I was stuck like fourteen hundred earlier. Oh, now wow. I'm now I'm up. Of course he's. Hold on, Todd's calling. Todd, call back because I was I was calling you while you're calling me. Like who does that? So call me back, uh, Druff. Oh yeah, and the other thing, Marty mm-hmm. wanted me to. Let him know when he should call in or whatever. So you just let okay. me know whenever I should tell okay. him to call in. Okay. I assume he's listening. If he's not, I'd love to have him on as long as he follows the rules. I don't want to, you know, turn this into a spectacle. For those that might like that, I get it, but that's not what this show is. Yep. So not tonight, anyhow. So anyhow, Druff, call me back so we can get on with this. This is 
Just, you know, try calling you on Skype, and then I, okay, no, I'm just going to call you. So, any, I didn't, I really, you think Denver, huh? Like, that's how you see it? That's where your money's, are you betting I mean, the game? Uh, the, the first sharp guy I talked to on this, he just said, the line moved so fast on Carolina that that's probably the correct play, but, I mean, it's moved up pretty high. I just like, like, Daly's breakdown, I agree, I, their defense, I just think it just gives them a good chance. And I think Peyton Manning's playing better. So, We'll see what happens. Do you think Cam Newton's going to implode? Or do you, um, do you think they're... Jeff, are you on the air, by the way? Of course not. It lo- looks like it's trying... trying, 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 trying. That sounds good. <laughs> Did that sound on your end the way it sounded on my end? Yeah, it was that Jeff Jeff Pollock part two. Yes. Unknown caller, you're on the air? I mean... Come on. Druff, yeah, are you there? I, okay. I don't think he's here. It looks like it... Well, it looks like it... Nope, now it says no answer. Okay, I'm done. I'm just... Uh, China, so you think Cam Newton's going to have a bad game? You think Denver's defense is just going to limit them? Or limit uh, him? I don't really... Contain I can't him? really tell you what's going to happen, but I just... Well, your prediction. I like Denver's defense a lot, and I think that usually comes up big in these big games. So, I mean... I don't know. They could throw a number of different game plans out there to just to try and slow Carolina down. Yeah. Yikes. Well, I don't know if Druff's going to be able to call in. So I guess what I'm going to do, I'm going to wait two more minutes, guys, and if he doesn't call in, I'm just going to go through this with China, the poker you, stuff in the news. I'm not rebooting this again. Have you been in contact with him at all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, like the last few minutes? Uh, about 10 minutes ago. He said, I, will, I am free. I'll be free. Or he Maybe. said, I'll be free in 10 minutes. Well, if worse comes to worse, I mean, he 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 could start the show, couldn't he? I don't know. Unless, unless he's know. not around a computer. I, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, where he is. He could be on a cruise now. I don't ask those questions. He could be at home. He could be on a cruise. He could be in a tournament. He could really be at the media getting free vouchers for the sewer. I don't know. You're right. I In a perfect world. Something obviously happened, in which case he couldn't do radio tonight. So I don't know if he's, I just don't. I'm just at a loss of words. Buddy, um, all these papers. Okay, listen. So, tell me something. I, I don't, I'm not ever, ever sitting here saying I'm so smart. I'm smart because I don't know a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit I do know. What the fuck is the difference between a primary and a caucus? So, the primaries in New Hampshire this week, there was a caucus in Iowa. I'll be the first one to say, I don't know what the difference is. So, there's a caucus in Iowa that uh, Cruz wins and then uh, Trump barely wins or Trump uh, Clinton barely wins over Bernie Sanders what is a caucus they're saying caucus me caucus me caucus me what is a caucus um, do you not know either ca- it's fine no, if you don't know okay no the Tom. caucus is where isn't that where they I don't know I read about it they okay. I don't know it just do looked a like a reading. bunch of nut jobs showed up in a gym <laughs> in friggin <laughs> no but they, I'm saying what is the difference between what they call a caucus in Iowa and then this weekend I know it decides delegates you know there's I think Trump got seven, Cruz got eight, whatever. It, it is something like that. And then the delegates, they go to the convention. But what is a caucus versus... Yeah, a caucus is, is like a system of local gatherings where voters decide <laughs> no, which you're candidate reading. to support. It's like delegates for nominating conventions. 915, you're on the air. China's talking about caucusing. Hold one second, please. Go ahead, China. <laughs> 
A, a primary is a statewide voting process in which voters cast secret ballots for their preferred candidates. So basically, one of them is just voting, the other one's a bunch of nut jobs going into a gym and basically fighting over like who should get the votes. All right. Well, we talked about primaries. Cross it off the list. Nine one five. Go ahead. Hey, this is Mumbles Badly. Okay. And uh, thanks for calling in. Um. Anyhow, so there was uh, a primary that was recent. Oh, who is that? That was Mumbles Badly. Did I hang up on him? That wasn't very nice. I'm sorry. I'm gonna call him back and apologize. So, did you really just read that though? Because you weren't even trying to hide it. No, no, I did. I I knew what it was, but I just read it for the so okay. you could get the official. You know, gotcha. All right, because I, I I didn't know what a caucus was. Come on, Mumbles, pick up the phone. And you probably wouldn't if Trump wasn't in this friggin' race yeah. right now. Our call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Nine. Well, on, let's try it one more time. I don't think he's ever been on the air before. Are you, are you familiar with this, Mumbles? Did you bring him to the site too with Daily or no? Do you no. take credit for him? No. Mumbles. Mumbles. Yeah, this is Mumbles. Can I'm ha- you hear me? Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hang up on you. I'm, I'm having some uh, Skype issues, but it seems stable now. How are you? Thank you for calling in. You're on uh, the Poker Fraud Alert radio network uh, with myself in China. How are you this evening? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, again, I, to... I can't hear he him. Sounds, he sounds like shit. Mumbles, talking to the talking. phone. You're mumbling. <laughs> no, I, I'll call you back. I couldn't hear nothing. He literally, I don't know if he was mumbling. How Sounds like he's driving in a car or something. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. No, I'll, I'll call you back. The drift's here. Nothing. He literally, I don't know if he was mumbling. Wah, 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 Sounds wah, like wah. he's driving in a car or something. Wah, 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 wah. What is that? I'll call you back. How did... Oh, Druff just popped in. Now he's gone. <laughs> all right, hold it's, on. All, it's awesome watching this Skype screen uh, right now. Let me call Mumbles. Druff, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Did you turn, was that the, your radio that was playing? Yeah, it was my fault. Okay. Always turn down the radio, Todd. Mumbles. <laughs> yes, can you hear me now? You sound great. Now you're on the air with uh, with Telus, myself, and China. Good evening. Go ahead. Floor is yours. Hey, good evening. You just, uh, again, I want to apologize for being a jerk earlier in the forum after a certain mm-hmm. betting incident, and I was right. insensitive, man. I, I had the great respect for you putting yourself out there and taking a big shot and I was a dummy to make those kind of comments. Thank you. And yeah. just and, uh, for the record, you're okay with me. I'll even have, throw out a little bit I, of endorsement. I have that, no idea what he's talking about. What is he talking um, about? He made, he made a kind of a, like a scolding post about uh, you know bankroll management to Brandon after he took that huge loss. Uh, okay. That that match. Eighty k. Yeah. It, it's it's all good, and you've proven yourself. You've taken a little bit of the beating on on the forum, but I'll go ahead and say it right now. I endorse you. You're good with me. You're a good guy. Glad you're part of uh, Forum. I know you've sent me some PMs. I haven't responded because I'm having laptop issues, but uh, you're a good guy, and it's all good with us. And uh, I guess while we have you on here, what tell us just a little bit about yourself? Not too much because they'll they'll find you wherever you are. But uh, and you know they (laughs) will find you. uh, They will. (laughs) It's true. Uh, The rumors are true. I am a truck driver for a living. But I used to uh, be in finance before then, in various capacities. And, uh, are you an over? Are you an over the over the road truck driver or local? Over the road, yeah. Oh, wow, forty-eight states. Yikes! 
48. He probably so, comes to Vegas. Well, that's 40, one of the 48. He probably comes I, to I California. About, uh, I was in Vegas at the uh, end of November. Wow. For, uh, but I, I didn't have any time to stay. And how did you find out about the, the fraud site? That's a good question. Well, uh, thank you. I like poker, but uh, I also like the, you know, say, catching the bad guys, making, you know, being crooks, so to speak, you know. So I was just hunting around on the internet last June, found the, found the website, found the podcasts, listened to them uh, nonstop for like four weeks, you know, just one after the other, all the way from the beginning, from that initial, you know, totally ranting show that, uh, that uh, Druff did when we first started out, the test show. And, uh, and then I jump on the forum. I have to say, when I first started on the forum, I, I was, I was definitely playing the asshole, you know, trolling people and being kind of a jerk. And then I decided to settle down and, uh, you know, be my, I would say, you know, I'm kind of argumentative. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Um, so I, I have to say, I enjoy sports, but I don't, I don't know enough about to follow it, and I, you know, it's 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 craziness. You know, I, now, I've you, seen some are, people. Are, are you over fifty? Yeah, I'm over fifty. Yeah. Okay. So, but I got interested in poker actually as a hobby. Um, initially, I was a losing player, big, a big losing player, and uh, when I say big, it was just like I lost for probably like about a year and a half. And then eventually I was able to hold my own, but uh, I never got into the bigger game. Uh, and I never took the jump, and uh, I found the lifestyle to be just completely. Uh, let's put it this way: for a while, I had some buddies, and Lenox City died for the most part. I mean, except for Borgata. And then when I went to play next, I, I spent a lot of time with people I really didn't care about. You know. So eventually I said, this is, I'm you know, wasting my life today playing. I played like, let's put it this way. I was really able to get seven star in eight months playing only poker. So, but, uh, well, the no, chat, the chat, too, the I'm chat, not a life too poor pro. Okay. Yeah. The <laughs> chat's reading. Yeah. Okay. They wanted to know if yeah. you're a lot. Well, you know, you've, you've paid your dues. Uh, you're okay with me. Uh, where, where are you at now? I mean, you working? Are you in a truck listening to this? You home? I'm in, I'm working. I'm in my truck. I'm just uh, waiting to get my truck repaired. Uh-huh. Got some minor things to deal with, but uh, maybe a couple of days we're back on the road. Now, Jeff, do you have any questions? Being that this is your forum and these are your members, I'm just I'm an independent contractor. Well, I, I just want to say that uh, say, when there was some say uh, something, uh, there's some recent complaints about certain users on the site that uh, certain people should be removed because they're making the forum bad, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, when I evaluate that, I, I try to figure out who, you know, number one, is like mentally ill and I want to, you know, get those people off. <laughs> and number two, who's just there to, to ruin things? Who's there just to constantly be negative and ruin things and be really nasty? <clears throat> and I want to get rid of them too. Uh, but, but somebody who actually you know, tries to contribute content and even if they get a lot of people angry or people don't like their posting style or whatever, uh, as long as they don't think they mean badly, then I, I want to let them stay here. And uh, so, what if they you know, mumble? That? That's, that's where I that's where I put him in this. And I said I don't see. Well, some people didn't even think he was real. 
Yeah, I, there's I always that fraction that thinks. Well, I, I have, have more visibility more, because right. you know, I see a number he texts from, and he's called into the radio, and uh, I just get a feel for who's real and who's not. I mean, people think people thought Michael was fake back in 2007, so and they were convinced he was fake. And Did I was you think he was things. fake at first? No, I never thought it. I thought he was real. I, I have a pretty good feeling for these things. I, I think it's just from being online so many years. Now, what about this this bottom set, Seth and Tony and whatever name he's using now? Is that guy real? Well, I mean, he's a real person. He's not a someone's dupe. Uh, I don't know anything about him. I don't know if any of his stories are true. He might be completely fabricating everything. But, I think uh, he's hilarious. I used to. He's actually. He's come a, a long way. I used to be think he was obnoxious, but now he says the same thing every time. He either gives you like a warning about gambling, <laughs> drinking. He's a, he's a funny. He's a funny guy. I he's actually, the best poster on the board. I think he yeah, is. And I actually enjoy his post. That's, in I, fact, I give him an allowance that I really don't give anybody else. He, he has this gimmick where he constantly changes accounts, where he'll just ditch one account, claim he's leaving the forum, and then a few weeks later or a month later, whatever, come back under a new account. And, and it's, it's pretty clear quickly who it is. Teagle now. That's it, Teagle. Yeah, but yeah, he never uses the – once he leaves an account, he never comes back to, to the ones he had before. So it's not like he's operating 15 different accounts at the same time. He leaves one completely and then makes a new one. So I wouldn't want everybody in the forum doing it, but this has been like his longtime gimmick, so I don't want to get in the way of it. It's not, he, he told, not hurting he told me. He told me last New Year's, like after – like uh, it was like the 1st of January, like 2015, he told me to get prepared because I was going to have a rough time in like June or July or something like that. And I wound up losing like forty k. Like that. Wow. I should ask him when I'm going to lose. I should then I'll know when to quit. Yeah. I mean, he predicts the hurricanes perfectly. <laughs> yeah, he did. So he did say for a long time though that Romney was going to win 2012, and uh, that didn't happen. So yeah. not always right. Yeah. Well, mumbles badly. Uh, listen, again, you and I are cool, and the chat, as well as me, are giving you props for calling in because it does take. Uh, I don't know if courage is the right word, but, you know, there a lot of people that have been apart a lot longer than you have never called in. Yeah, some just won't call no matter what. Even, like, like some really, really outspoken people yeah. will just not call. So I will give you props for that, and uh, I don't know if I'll be meeting you anytime soon because I'm kind of on a, I don't know, hiatus against meeting new people. I don't know. Yeah, he's, Brandon. Oh, I would definitely, uh, in your case, be on a hiatus, you know? Yeah. yeah. He runs but, really uh, bad. Yeah. Drexel, you strike me as somebody who, you have a good heart. You help people out. Thank you. You don't want to be the tough guy. You don't want to be the, the, no. the heavy. And, uh, you know, people take advantage of that. You know, they think they can, mm-hmm. they can, uh, you know, they can mentally push you around. You well, what, what, what I saw happen for the last two bad experiences were just people just kind of went crazy. It wasn't even like they, they were uh, pushing him around. They just kind of flipped out and just you know, hallucinated that Brandon was doing things to them that he wasn't. And uh, it was crazy. But in both cases, it was just completely way out in left field and I even tried to put aside that Brandon's my friend and say okay I'm going to put this aside and pretend I don't know Brandon and try to analyze this from a neutral standpoint and even doing that I couldn't come up with one good point that the other side had like everything they were saying was just nonsense so I mean well, you know, it's I, I interesting about he, got, uh, he took a lot of heat when he tried to do nice things for two different people when he met him yeah. here's the thing when you run across somebody who has like a serious mental health problem Things are backwards for them. You know, they, they, some people, they abuse those that they like the most and, and, and want, uh, respect and love from. You know, and, uh, you know, my guess is, uh, you know, a certain person actually liked Drexel and, uh, 
And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he's not getting exactly what he wants, so he unloads all of his anger and frustration on a person who, you know, he wants respect from. It's the strangest thing, but it's it's a strange psychology. Yeah. And there's no logic, you know. There's no normal logic, you know. It's like you can't rat, you can't reason with those kind of people. I have to say, I, I've yeah. so far with all the people I've met from these forums, uh, I haven't had any bad experiences. I've been uh, fortunate so far not to, not to have any of that stuff happen. So that's uh, every, if anybody who's listening to this that I've met in person, especially like in a one-on-one sort of situation, uh, I'm fine with you. I, I haven't had anybody I've met from here that I said, "Oh, I wish." I John Samos, he can attest that you're capable of eating a meal. Yeah, he said I was capable of eating a meal, and I, I also met uh, that uh, Shibun Pickens, uh, Brittany Cranish Cliff guy. I'm like the only one who's met him, and uh, even that went fine. Like he was uh, in person, he was totally normal. So. Yeah, the other thing that amazes me is um, I have no clue. I mean, sea money must be just like, eh, what the heck is a thousand dollars? I give it to some complete stranger and give him the chat, you know. Yeah, he's but, on a different level than than all of us. I mean, he's you yeah, know it's, on private jets with Joe I mean, Francis from Girls Gone yeah. Wild, and I know uh, I'm not going to say who, but I because I you know everyone likes to keep, but I know for a fact that for a while he actually dated, not just uh, hooked up with. He actually dated, and it's kind of amazing today's day and age. It, it's never been in the media. He actually dated one of the Hilton sisters. I'm not going to say which one for I a did, brief I brief. It was a very brief time. You know, I, 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 I thought he was be Justin Smith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Mumbles, before you came on, China was explained to me, and I, I still don't really understand. So I may have Druff give me the cliff notes of what China said about what the difference is between a primary, like what's going on in New Hampshire, and what they had in Iowa. This, this, this caucus. caucus yeah, Mumbles yeah, uh, badly. Do you know what a caucus is? Because I don't. And if you do, please, can you explain it to me? I think this is. Think about this. A caucus is where you have a, a meeting of people that's a, that it's sufficient to vote on something, right? So in the Iowa caucus, is it's not necessarily secret. There are people that are meeting in the room, and these people will sort of publicly vote by, say, standing in different parts of the room, and they'll discuss, and they'll debate, and it's all like a town hall, at least the Iowa format is, and within all of these little precincts. So... You've got all these precincts where you have these people meeting together and, and arguing or, you know, and they're doing... So it's kind of like the forums a little... Show. So it's kind of like the forums a little bit. And one, one thing that's been uh, getting a lot of heat for these these caucuses that, uh, that's been criticized is that if you're not there, if you're not physically there, you can't vote absentee. You're just, your vote doesn't count, whereas every other election that you can always vote absentee. And so how many states do a caucus? Nevada, actually. I think, I think it's about a third of them. Oh wow, I didn't know this. Okay. Somewhere between a quarter and a third of caucus. Yeah, I read something. I, you know what? I'm not. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even a registered voter in this state. <laughs> I need well, to do you know, that. I, I, I need went, to write that down. Registered I'll to say, vote. I went to something. Uh, registered to vote. Okay. When was this? Uh, eight years. Was it eight years ago? Uh, I don't remember if it was eight years ago or four years ago. Uh, hmm. No, it was eight years ago. It was in two, for the 2008 election. I went to. Uh, a caucus in, in Nevada, and I also went to. Uh, I was interested in becoming a, a delegate for the state. I thought that seems like it might be cool. Ken Scaler had tried to run for a delegate in did. California. Why he wouldn't didn't, he have? Didn't make it, but but I was like, you know, I, let me see what I have to do. So I thought, and I you know I checked 
with the Republican Party, and I, uh, they told me that, you know, you prepare a speech, you show up, uh, and you, uh, you know, people vote on, on who will go on to the, uh, to the next phase, and pretty much there were like three phases you had to go through and win each one to become the, uh, the delegate. There weren't that many of them. I thought it was a long shot, but, uh, I thought it'd be cool if I could be a delegate and get to be the delegate in, uh, representing Nevada in 2008. So I go to the first stage and, and I got past it, but it was like, they didn't give you that much time to speak. Like they, they misrepresented it. It sounded like you have like a time for a whole speech. In reality, you just like say very, very little and they cut you off. And they're like, okay, I guess I understand because it'll take forever otherwise. But then we get to the second phase and there was something really, really unclear about it. Like it wasn't clear in the second phase where everybody like meets in one place, like a gigantic gathering of people in the Las Vegas area. I'm like, how is anyone going to separate me from like the hundreds and hundreds of people here? I'm not even going to speak. How is anyone going to vote for me to be the delegate? So I couldn't understand this. So I, I had a very hard time getting a hold of someone to ask this question. I couldn't find any info online about this. Finally, I was made to understand that this whole process was a sham, that in reality, this whole thing is just for show, and that really what they do in the second phase is they choose who they knew from the Republican Party that had been, quote, paying their dues Locally, you know, like someone who's been helping at the party, volunteering, blah, blah, blah. They're the ones who get to be considered for the delegates, and just someone who just shows up like me uh, has absolutely zero chance. So I said, well, why do, why do you even put me through the first phase then? Why not – like if that – if you want that to be the way you choose your delegates, fine. I understand if you've put time into the party volunteering, then fine, get, you get priority. But why not tell everyone this at the beginning instead of this – sham thing where you speak in the first phase and move on to the second like why mm. even do that if you have no shot when you get to the second like i literally got there drawing dead it would be like it would be like winning a shootout and then getting moved to the second table and you start with zero chips <laughs> so that's exactly what happened to me there I, I thought this is bs i was really annoyed by it no. caucuses seem like they're a scam to me yeah seriously like you should just be able to vote like what is the, it's just it's stupid yeah, the whole the whole thing's weird. Uh, I, I agree, and I I think it's antiquated. I hope that they eventually do away with it, and it's just primaries. That's the fairest way to go go about electing a a candidate to represent. There the should party. never be uh, any sort of coin flip involved at all. That's also crazy. Like, I didn't even know about the coin flips Neither until this are. year. And she hit six <laughs> of them. You're going to tell me she had hit a one in sixty four shot? I don't believe it. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like <clears throat> see. No. If anybody else wins the 1 in 64 shot, you say, okay, well, 1 in 64, it's a small chance, but it's not like a, an impossibly small chance. It's not like 1 in 6,000. Yeah. Uh, but still, because it's Hillary Clinton, who's had over 20 years of shadiness following her, everything she does seems to have an air of shadiness to it, you immediately start suspecting that some shenanigans are going on, and, and right. I think it's possible they were. I don't know if they were or not, but I could believe it either way. Uh, Mumbles Badly, you still with us? Yeah. Okay, I only have about 19 Skype minutes left, and then I have to reinsert more money. So I'm, I'm going to have to disconnect in a second. But before you go, I want to ask you, uh, you stated earlier in the show that you, in fact, have listened to every Poker Front Alert podcast since the beginning. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so what I've done while my other co-hosts were caucusing was I wrote five questions down. And if you get four out of the five questions, and I don't want to be in a neutral or non-neutral caucuser, uh, Druff and China will be able to vote whether it, it constitutes a correct answer or not. But if you get four out of the five, on May 18th, when Druff submits his shipment for the 2016 version of 
Poker Fun Alert hats, you will definitely be on the list for one of those. 100%. Oh, okay. Man. But yet I get four out of five right. Okay. I listen, but I know, but this, no these are all questions you would know. These are all questions right here on this pad of paper you would know if you've listened to, which I have no reason to believe you haven't. But it's time right now that you're on the spot. Five questions with Mumbles Badly, folks. Okay, are we ready? Okay, Mumbles Badly. I'm going to start you off with an easy one to get your confidence going. Again, you can miss one question here. Druff and China are the ones that will rule whether it's a correct or incorrect answer. Are we I'm clear? I'm going to put an asterisk here, by the way. If I don't get hats, well, Brandon okay, just chose a date for me to make hats. Well, so whenever it actually um, is, okay. he'll get one. I'm like, I'll keep, I'll keep to what Brandon's promising here. Of course here, but, you will. But okay. I'm not making hats just now, for Mumbles. Mumbles, but in May 18th or whenever. Right. Now, Mumbles B, do you need a moment to splash some water on your face or have a sip of coffee? You're ready to go. I mean, I kind of <laughs> threw you on the spot here. Oh I'm ready to go. Okay, I'm going to start you off with an easy one, get your confidence going and make you feel comfortable. What was the event that Dan WP with WSOP bracelet winner Druff won a bracelet in? Just what kind of poker was it? It was... Uh... A limit hold them events. Bingo. It was the, one and oh. Okay. It was a five thousand dollar buy in. No, it was three thousand. Okay. Good, good enough. Okay. We're both China Druff that one one for yeah, one? The, the judges give it to him. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Good. Number two. What do you have to do to be eligible for the poker front alert free roll? You have to um, be um, a, law, a listener for like at least a month in the podcast or contributor to the forum for a certain period of time. Um, I think he's even extended it to uh, somebody makes uh, frequent contributions to the free roll. All right. Well, that's, um, that's good. You got it. China, you concur? I concur, but I want to add in one part. Mm-hmm. Or you, could, if you're a lurker, you can prove that you listen to the radio show by like telling rough things about the radio, but you show. can't just yeah, call. So but true or false, though, you can't just call in and say I like radio, radio funny. That wouldn't count, right? Yeah, and you can't take stuff that's straight off of the description that's in the notes. Right, right. I see. He, he knows the whole procedure. Okay, he okay. got this one. Yeah, Number three, who is a former owner that Druff and myself used to work with on a different site? Not on a different site, site yes. <laughs> and I can actually say his name. Go but, ahead. We'll edit it. Brian Micah. Very good. That's three for three. Yeah. All right. You got to get one more. Uh, I was going to save this one thought, for last. I actually thought he was running the, the radio to start the show tonight. That's why it was late for 45 minutes. Okay. These two are going to be a little hard, but uh, I mean, you're free, three for three, so you can miss one. Question number three, or four, four rather. I'm sorry. Who was the Templar? T-E-M-P-L-A-R. Oh. Just tell us anything about the oh, Templar. My. Just say something. Oh, my goodness. I think his first name is Mike, but I I don't know. I know he. I remember re- hearing about how he uh, he scammed some. Wow, that's all you need to say. That's all you need to see. Round of applause. Very very good. And you know what? You, you got them all right. All you have to do is say scammer. This was going to be your fifth question. That you don't even need. But if you get this, uh, Druff may throw something in the box. Maybe a patch or something from Absolute or I don't know one of the poker sites. What kind of weed did Val smoke? <laughs> What? What kind of weed? That's you know marijuana. <laughs> did fuck vowel smoke? That wasn't even from this what? site, actually. That was but, actually no, from, but I've read it on. What kind of smoke? weed? Yep, yeah, it's still been I, on I the site. Why he doesn't know this? This wasn't part. But of we don't know yet. Hold on, let's give him a chance, Druff. You're kind of. Oh no! Somebody gave some kind of answer. In the, I, I have no. Okay, well, I'm go ahead. No, but it's the, go ahead and say it. it's the right answer. What kind of weed did vowel smoke? Mumbles badly. 
She says, uh, Lou Father says it was nigger weed. <laughs> that is correct. Round of applause! Yeah. Five for five, and you get a PFA hat, and if you guys, you'll have some kind of patch or something too. Good well, job. I have to tell a little story. A growing uh, black Let audience. We have a growing black audience here. They're going to leave with things like that. No, but that's but is that the kind of weed she smoked? Though it's true. I, mean, I don't know. There was something that was, they said that about her on a different site that was kind well, of related I, to this one. Anyhow, but that that if you go to the infamous uh, MyCon thread, that uh, the Ruba thread, one of the tags in it, which was a little at first, and it just says "Val smokes nigger weed." Yeah, it was. <laughs> but it was a copy of a tag that you always do on yeah, board. But it's just. Anyhow, you did a great job, Mumbles Badly. That, that I give you props. Okay. Five well, for five. Well, it's fun listening to the show, and I uh, hope you guys continue with the. With the I right. like the different formats, you know. All right, good. Well, guys... keep, on, keep on trucking. Okay. I gotta go because I'm right, running right. out of minutes. Godspeed. Okay. Now, Brandon, uh, you should have bought the unlimited plan like I did. It's thirty dollars. I did buy the unlimited plan. Anyhow, um, <laughs> not paying by the. Is minute. that lifetime? I, I don't. I don't know if you want me to. St I can start the radio now i mean it would, it would cut the radio and uh, start again but uh, i don't care i mean I, if you want skype is stable now i think but yeah, i guess i guess if it crashes next time i'll just start yeah it. we'll see anyhow that was mumbles badly folks uh, he did pretty good uh so anyhow and you said we have how big is our up-and-coming african-american audience how many well, members I, do you I don't have, know but I'm getting, i get text messages regularly from uh, a few different black listeners and they, they how do you know that, they the say i'm and, a uh, black listener yeah, we we have uh, we have at least two very regular black listeners who also text me during the show. But I'm saying, how would, do they tell you they're black? How would you know yes, that? They told me they're black. Oh, but you don't yeah. know that they're black for sure. I'm saying. Well, uh, I've heard them call in before, and both of them sounded oh. black too. Hmm. So yeah, I believe them. Hmm. I mean, so, who who was it? Like they're they're not like gimmicky. They're not like uh, forum members. They're just uh, people listening to the. Radio Remember the guy that was white but with a fake black voice and called in and said that OJ Simpson. Was yeah. remember yeah, when was, he said uh, Baba Booey? Yeah. yeah, okay. That's, that was a no. funny call, but no, these guys call. are not like outrageous or anything. They just call up yeah. and they, you know, they sound like anybody else except they're just black. So. Yeah. So anyhow, listen, uh, we were talking about it, but we didn't get past the caucuses part. Uh, were you surprised about what happened in Iowa, Druff, yes. China? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? What? What? I mean, just I, I was surprised. And in fact, I was pleasantly surprised. On, mm -hmm. I liked on both sides what happened. Uh, on the Republican side. Uh, I was glad to see Donald Trump did not win. That was the first time he's had any kind of setback in this campaign where so far everything had been going great for him. And uh, now the first actual contest he had to win, you know, the first contest there was, he didn't win. So he's 0-1 so far. Uh, but the amazing thing was how different his results were from the polls. The polls showed that Donald Trump was going to beat uh, Cruz by uh, four points. And and he was going to by sorry by five points, and he was going to beat Rubio by twelve points. So what ended up happening is he lost by four points to Cruz, so that's a nine point swing, and then he barely beat Rubio by one point, which was an eleven point swing. So that's an amazing swing from but what they're the saying point. though. Off off the the newsrooms telling me that it's those evangelicals that. Uh that showed up for Cruz, and they're not going to be anywhere else like that in those numbers. Well, but this, is, this has been a long-time theory by some about Trump that a lot of the people who support him in the polls don't really have plans to go vote. They just they, they like watching him. They think he's entertaining. They think he's interesting, but they just don't feel like making the effort to go vote for him. And, that, uh, and yet there's enough on the other side of people who passionately don't like him that are showing up to vote against him. And that, I thought, might be a factor to where the polls may not be accurately reflecting what the results are going to be. So, so far, uh, we've seen 
at least in the first contest, that has very much happened where he way underperformed. He got 24% of the vote. He was polling at like, uh, I think 35, 36. So he was just, it was just, uh, a staggering difference what he got. And especially to be 12 points ahead of Rubio in the polls on the day of the election and finish only one point ahead. So Rubio, he did much better than expected. He was expected to finish a distant third. In fact, he was already preparing his supporters for losing there. He, he was basically already saying, hey, we're going to lose here. Let's, let's focus on after this. And now that he came so close to second, he came so close to the front runner, Trump, it was almost a virtual tie, like 1.2%. Uh, and, and he did way better than expected. He was supposed to get like 16%. He got 23 so that's a huge difference, and that really gave him momentum, and that has put him back in the race, whereas before it was uh, really looking like a two-man race, and I even said that on this show, a two-man race between Cruz and Trump. Now it's definitely back to a three-man race, and uh, it, it's really gotten interesting. And this is also a momentum killer for Trump because uh, Trump, a lot of his popularity was kind of an everyone-loves-a-winner sort of thing, where it, just everything he did – Worked out. He'd just say outrageous things, just get more popular. Nothing could bring him down. Nothing could tear him down. His poll numbers kept rising. Everyone trying to compete with him was scratching their heads going, how do we beat this guy? Because it just seems like no matter what he does, there's no way to, to bring him down. So here, Rubio is actually favored to win yeah. now. What was that? Rubio is favored to win now. Yeah, well, that's, that's interesting. I know the, the sites are now – the betting sites are now saying Rubio is favored to win. I don't know if I agree with that, but I, I fully agree that it's a three-man race now and that the momentum from Iowa, the one who gained the most by far was Rubio. The second one who gained the second most momentum was Cruz and the one to lose I a lot of I once voted Trump. for President Taft. Hmm, interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. What was that? I heard something just like called – it was oh Delaware has been with us. It, it, oh, okay. He's, okay. But it, it just didn't not, come through. Drink. I, I I once voted for President Taft. He's trying to tell us he voted for President if Taft. Only your computer was better. I've, I've, yeah. Well, you know what? No, I, you um, want, I, I want to give you props, Brandon, for putting so much effort into preparing for this show. I'm done though. This is like, honestly until you text me. I, I want and then the chat's been amazing. I want to trash this. I never wanted this to fucking just even make it to the airwaves because it's been that awful. Yeah. But. You know, well, I got so Mark donating his time here. I, I have the chat listening, but this is it. Like, I, I this laptop is no more. So you guys are gonna have no, to I, help I me. So, so get what we'll have to do after sometime between now uh, and next week, now and, and next the near week. future, I can. I'll try to assist you in maybe finding a way to get the other computer to work with its existing sound I mean, card. I'll, I'll even go hundred dollar sound card to plug in the USB. Yeah. That's what I used to do. Okay, I'll be and, more than happy to do that. If someone could just so, tell me. But I'll, I'll try first to not have to, you know, I'll try yeah. to see if I can find a setting for you, like a hidden setting. It may or may not exist, but I agree this computer is not appropriate to run no. radio. And even even my computer from 09, which served me well for six years, it became unable to run radio. And that's why I was using my girlfriend's computer yeah. for a while and, until I got a, a new one of my own here, yeah. which I'm on right now. So, so yeah, on the other side of the coin with uh, the Democrats... Uh, I was happy to see that Bernie Sanders means nothing. Really, means nothing. People, no, but no. people are so I'll naive that they're getting all excited, but they don't realize he's supposed to win these two states, and he was all along. Well, he didn't even win one of them. Supposed to win Iowa. He's supposed to win New Hampshire and will. Okay, uh, then he's going to lose the other forty-eight states, though, and people don't realize that. Iowa's close, but no. This is the point: is that if Hillary can just smoothly cruise all the way to, and no pun intended with cruise, she can smoothly cruise through the primary with no real competition. Then uh, it's much less stressful for her, and uh, and 
she can already focus on attacking the Republicans. Here now she has to fight off. I wouldn't even use the term fighting off. I don't think she has to. She has to at this point. I I will agree that right now that it looks like still they're going to elect a seventy year plus old socialist Scott president. Come on, it's never going to happen. He's not going to win, but he's close enough to where she can't just dismiss it anymore. Especially because she got burned eight years ago dismissing Barack Obama. But the other states, though, her poll she's polling thirty forty points above him. It's not even close. But okay, I get what you're saying. You still think that she, he's close enough where she can't just dismiss him, and she has to focus on him now. So I was happy to see that. Otherwise, this gives her a big edge for the general election. If uh, and, no. and also, you know, Bernie, since he sees he's uh, got an outside shot, uh, he will start. Uh, before he was very friendly towards her. He wasn't. He was staying away from criticizing her. Now they're starting to snipe at each other, and when you have that, that already starts to hurt the candidates. You, you, you don't want your candidate sniped against by your own party, but of course well, that always what, happens that, during a primary. Well, and speaking of which, then that's that's an interesting point you just brought up. Have either one of you, because I surely haven't, and I know this is a different age than when I was, you know, we were all young because of the media and Twitter and Facebook and internet and all that, but have either one of you ever seen such a sad, sad election than what Jeb Bush is doing right now? I mean, it's, I, you know what, I've come to the point. And I shouldn't, I'm just being honest with the listeners. I feel bad for the guy. And I, I'm not, I don't care. I don't like him. I didn't like his brother. I'm not, I feel bad for him. It is so sad and pathetic. And he's so delusional. Like, I mean, he's going to continue. And now, now it's going to get to the point that his own party is going to have to put him in his place and say, you know what? Your legacy isn't going to be just losing a presidency. It's going to be that your own Republican party is going to ostracize you because he's going to basically keep trashing Rubio, take away from, you know, the fact that everyone's hoping that they all, you know, the the non-establishment guys, they all center on Rubio and, and, and forget about Trump and forget about Cruz. And Bush, the number one guy is going after. It's not Trump anymore. It's it's not Chris Christie, who's his, now his, his ally. It's Jeb Bush, or it's Rubio, that his one-time yeah. mentor from Florida. And the parties, this is what I've, everything I've read. They're going to say to him after New Hampshire, look, you have to stop. You have to get out. And who knows? He has enough money, they said, to go well into Super Tuesday and, and longer. He's got like yeah. $100 million still. Yeah, he, he is still a delusional. And I, I was actually surprised that uh, – 6%. How... He paid almost $5,000 for uh, per vote, Druff. 5000 well, per vote in a caucus. I, I was surprised at how just non-presidential he came off uh, in all the debates. He just, he just isn't ready for the job or the campaign. And well, 62. Uh, and I don't think he's going to be I ready. I thought about recently. Okay, in 2000 – People were saying that they, and this is before you know George W. Bush took office or, or even won. Some people were saying they would have rather that Jeb ran because people felt that Jeb was was smarter. Jeb was uh, I think so better policy wise, and that he would have just uh, been a better candidate and better president. They wish it was Jeb who ran instead of George W. I actually agreed with that too. But I'll tell you something: if if it was Jeb running in two thousand. I think he would have lost. I think that George W. was actually a better candidate. I think he was much better at running for president than Jeb is. Jeb just does not have the demeanor to do it, and, yeah. and th- he's proven it here. Now, maybe the Trump factor is throwing him off. It's almost like, you know, have you sat at a poker table before where this one player, like, just either because they have position on you or because you're running awful against them or your your style just doesn't work against them, that, that, that you just have such a hard time against one particular player, and Asians. then it just makes you play worse against everybody? Asians. Start... What? Asians. Asians. <laughs> well, so so I think this is kind of happening with Trump, where Trump's presence in the election 
I think, is throwing off Jeb Bush and tilting him to where he's a much worse candidate than he would have been in a conventional mm-hmm. election. So maybe in 2000, maybe he would have been a decent candidate. Maybe he would have beaten Gore just like uh, George W. Bush did by just squeaking by and also getting lucky with uh, Pat Buchanan getting votes he didn't deserve. Got uh, 50,000 votes in Palm Beach from a bunch of Jews. You tell me yeah. that's fucking – I mean yeah, really if, – If the ballot – the truth, if the ballot was right – Gore should have won election. that election. We well, all this, can agree on that. This is how I felt, feel about that election. If the ballot was created right, which there was no conspiracy here. It was just incompetence with creating the ballot. If the ballot was created right, then Gore would have won. If Ralph Nader did not run, then Gore would have won. Uh, but as the election was... If Bush wasn't... Up, if Bush's brother wasn't the governor of Florida, would he have no, won? No, I disagree with that because there's been studies since then, and they pretty much back up that Bush uh, should have won as it was voted. However, uh, if you see what people intended to vote for... That then Catherine Gore Harris. Catherine Harris. She was a smug intended. bitch, wasn't she? That Catherine what? Harris. Remember Catherine Harris, that smug bitch? Catherine Harris, but the, the bottom line is when it was all said and done. I'm just saying uh, she's Bush, a smug bitch. It, like CNN did a study on this and said basically that uh, that Bush really did win it. But uh, but look, it's undeniable that these votes for Pat Buchanan were mistaken and people meant to vote for Gore. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, even if it's a terrible ballot, you do have to check it. And if you screw up, you screw up. I'm not saying they should make right. confusing ballots. I'm, it was. It was bad that that happened. It should be people should vote for – their vote should count what they meant to do. But if you click the wrong thing and don't check it, then it's your own fault and you've, then you lose now, your vote. Now, China, when you're talking with your buddy daily about this and you know this stuff's online, do you guys see any value in any of these presidential prop ad picks? Uh, I don't, but I actually have the odds right here. I could give you guys the odds. Um, Is that in the was, recent after the uh, caucus yeah, in Iowa? They're right now. For some reason, the the Democrats off the board, but for the Republican, Rubio Rubio is minus one sixty, Trump's plus two hundred, Cruz is plus seven hundred, Jeb <sighs> is plus Jeb is plus twenty five hundred, and then to win the presidency, Hillary's even money, Rubio's plus one sixty, Trump's plus five hundred, Sanders is plus eight hundred. I can tell you where I see a little value. Plus, take uh, Trump. On the points. So Trump at plus 200 yes, and also Cruz at, Cruz at plus 700. Those are both decent bets. I don't everything think Cruz else, has a chance. Everything else kind of sucks. Hillary, even money, is also decent, too. Uh, but everything else is uh, everything else is crap on there. Yeah, I'll tell you something that's stupid. How is Rubio plus 160 to get the nominee, but he's only plus 160 to win the presidency? You mean minus 160 plus one? Yeah, these oh, profits are yeah. also have a lot of juice to them. But, okay. but, uh, but yeah, there's no way Rubio is minus 160 to win at this point. I wish he was, because he's the one I, I would really like to see win, and then he has the, one, the best chance to beat Hillary of, of the current field. You know what, if not, we'll see him in four years or eight years. But here's he the thing. This, this is coming from, this is on sportsbook.ag, and, like, wouldn't you think that, a lot of people would like donks would still be betting Trump. So like, why would they move Rubio to like minus one six? Yeah, it's weird. I don't understand it either. I, I that's that's a good point. Yeah, but I actually saw a lot of stuff so, on the news that said he's that Cruz isn't going to do much more, and Rubio is probably the most likely to be there. By the I, end I agree the that year. Rubio has a better chance than Cruz at this point, but uh, but nothing like. Minus one sixty to plus seven hundred. Plus seven hundred is actually pretty good value there, and and uh, and plus two hundred for Trump is is good value in my opinion. Uh, what? But if no, there's any, I, okay, now let's just see if we're all on the same page. The dark horse candidates, and when I when I say dark horse, I mean like the guy from Ohio, Chris Christie, I guess even Jeb Bush. Uh, any of those guys that you know aren't, I guess, the three that we mentioned, and I guess Ben Ben Carson resigned today. Obviously, Fiona, whatever her name is, in the, the what's her name? Fury. The, yeah, Carly. Okay. They, yeah, they have odds for that. Do you want those? No, odds? no, they're not going to win. 
But I mean, do you guys, do either one of you think that any of the lesser tier or candidates have a chance of picking up some no. momentum and making a run, or it's just Zero it's going to be those three on the left and then Hillary on the right? Is that is that it? Other way around. Well, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much what it is. In fact, uh, Bernie Sanders actually has a better chance, I believe, than anyone other than those top three in the Republican uh, ticket right now. You know, like, what made yeah, me sick today. The, the, uh, I read, you know, about this uh, Ben Carson, you know, suspend. And why do they say that they're suspending their campaign, but when they never unsuspend it? Why don't they just say we're quitting? Is that like the polite, gracious way to say we're done by saying well, you they know, suspend it? Have you walked through the forum shops and seen that uh, Garden of the Gods where they it said that they're sleeping? You know, the thing no. where, they, where they would move mm-hmm. and all that. And it said like for years they were sleeping. I've seen it, but I, I've never paid attention. I well, keep okay, walking. There's been a sign up there for years saying that they're sleeping and finally just it's gone. They never woke up. They were asleep for years and never woke up. It's going to be like that. Oh, OK. I guess the that reason they sense. suspend it sometimes is because just in case some fluke happens and a candidate melts down. Uh, they don't want to say they're done. They want to, you know, look to see what occurs if something shocking happens. They want to be able to come so, back in. Not so, that it- so George Pataki, the former governor of New York, suspended his campaign like four months ago. What would have to happen for him to unsuspend it? I mean, you can start it up again. It's just, it's just very hard yeah. because that just means that nobody's, yeah, nobody's working anymore. Yeah. You, 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 it's a whole startup thing again, and people will start stop thinking about you. You haven't been at any of the debates, and you know they don't talk about you in the media. So, it. it it's true. Nobody does unsuspend it. Suspending it just means I'm giving up, except unless something really, really odd happens and it looks like I have a chance again, I'm not going to continue. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens. This is the most uh, contentious uh, primary I've seen, I think, in my lifetime as far as where it's still so hard to tell who's going to win. Uh, like you know, in 2012, they were talking about people like uh, Newt Gingrich and Rick Santorum because they were doing well early. I never thought any of them had a chance. They always seemed like Johnny yeah. Come Latelys who just got people excited for a short time. But I knew they had no staying power. And, uh, but here we have three candidates up there that uh, all of them ha- have a decent shot. There, I don't think any of these three of uh, Cruz, Trump, and uh, Rubio are just flashing the pans who just got popular for a very short time. I think all right. of them have a chance. Only one's going to get it, obviously. But who do you, uh, want to, who do you guys want to win? Well, I, I want Rubio to win, but uh, we what will about see. you, Brandon? I mean, I went to high school with Rubio, so I have to vote for him to lead our country. I want Trump. And I, and just I want to clear this up instead of typing it. Uh, I mentioned Ben Carson a second ago, and a couple of people in the chat asked where I saw that. I guess he didn't officially sus- or suspend his campaign, uh, but there's a n- number of articles today that stated that he was slashing his staff, uh, and they were actually forced now to fly LOL coach instead of by private jet, and that they were basically out of money. And this is factual. You can go ahead and read it. Um, and he's not going to do well in New Hampshire, obviously. So it, it's he'll, he will be suspending his campaign. When he's done, that'll make a big difference because his supporters are going to go somewhere. That's 8%, 8 to 10% right there. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's going to really be – I've been waiting for this to happen when he officially drops out and then watch where his supporters fall. That's going to really make a big difference in uh, – where these yeah. current three candidates go, so, but so, uh, Hillary, right. believe I'm sure Hillary is is very very much rooting against Rubio. That's the of she does not want Rubio to be the. Nominee. I think that was. I, I saw some speak. poll that said that he had the best chance of beating her. No, he does by far. Yeah. There's a. So, I'm convinced anybody in this of these three, he's the only one who's got a shot. The Cruz is going to lose against her, and Trump will lose against her. The, Rubio's the only one who has a shot against her, and but he's got a pretty pretty good shot though. 
If he wins, then it's then he, then Republicans are alive in this one. So right Very now, much. China and then Giroff, uh, all things considered equal with the knowledge we know today. How do you both see this ending, uh, China? Like, who, how do you see the matchup? Hillary, obviously, and who else? I know you said you want Trump, China, but do you think that that's that, – I mean, do you legitimately think that he's going to win the nomination? I'm going to go with Rubio. Okay. Druff? But I, I'm pulling for Trump. Duly noted. I, I, I think Rubio is going to win the nomination, but it's not uh, anywhere near certain now. This is not uh, – I've other ones I've had – much more certainty about and turned out to be right with uh, with in the primaries. There wasn't that much no. drama. This one, but this one, I have no certainty with it at all. I I think if I had to choose right now, I'd say Rubio. But there's a lot of chances where the other two can win. And I think Rubio though, gets it. If, right? if Rubio From gets Iowa? it, I, th- I, th- I think. Well, I, I Cruz is the third most likely to win, but I think he's uh, he still has a a fair chance to do it. That's why I think the plus seven hundred is a good for the primaries is a good value. Uh, do you guys I, I know about this guy that got twelve votes at this Iowa caucus? Yeah, it's, it's a joke. He's a governor, former governor of what, Virginia, something Gilmore. Yeah. Do you know that he was beat handedly? I might add by none of the above. None of the above crushed him. I mean, that's crazy. How do you get twelve votes in your governor? Yeah. I think if if Rubio and if Rubio does take it, I think that he's going to. He, I think then he becomes a slight favorite over Hillary to win. That's what I think. But if anybody else gets it, then Hillary's the big favorite to win. Yeah. So well, that's it's interesting. Really, but really watching this. Believe me, she doesn't want to face. I it. will agree that Trump is definitely not as strong as I thought he was a week or two ago. Um, but my prediction is, I'm going to go on record saying it. I still think if uh, he stays in the race throughout, I think he's still going to get the nomination. I'm not saying I, I want to see him, but I, I think he's still going to get it. You, you should bet plus two hundred then, if you think that. Yeah. I should. <laughs> it should. That's like, because that's uh, two to one back on your money. Yeah. So, all right, uh, so have we talked about any of the poker stuff? No, yet, gonna, I just have it right here. So, moving along. Now that we have Druff with us, I explained I, earlier. I want to warn everybody though before we continue about you know, warn them. What exactly my point is on this show? Because like people might be wondering why why could I just come in now and why didn't I just say? Well, I said it earlier. I already announced all this. I said but, that but, we're doing it reverse. You, that you we're may gonna... not have said is that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I heard that part, but. I may have to get up and leave at any point. And, of course. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And that's right. if. And I'll tell you honestly, it may sound unprofessional, but if Benjamin wakes up, uh, then I have to go because he, you know, if he wakes up and he's had a bad dream, well, can or you he's just mute, can you mute the microphone and just say, "Hey, I got to be right back. My child is awake," and then mute it. And but I, oh, but then he's he's going to be up for a little while. Like I got to get it back down, and it'll take some time. So that's he may sleep through the whole night, and then it's fine. But if he doesn't, then I could just have to leave at any time. But, uh, okay. There's... All right, hey, I got to take a break. I'll be back in like two minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. So, no. so let's let's talk about what, what well, topic you want to do first. I'm going to start with uh, we're going to work our way into poker. Uh, Amaya Gaming, which my friend Jeannie just made a bunch of money off the stock. They're going private, Druff. What does that mean? I mean, I know what it means. But what does it mean for just uh, the company? Well, yeah, I was uh, surprised that well, surprised and not surprised. But mm. though, uh, though, there's a Las Vegas Review Journal article that's titled uh, "Move to Take a Maya Gaming Private, Maybe a Losing Hand." I saw that. I hate so, the stupid gambling things in the headlines. I, I hate that too. That's why I, that's why I brought it up. But uh, so let's see, Amaya's stock right now. Yeah, it's, it's only really, thing worse than that would be like something like Amaya Gaming's move to go private might not be a full house after all. Like, come on, really? Uh, Amaya Gaming going all in with uh, yeah. move to go private. Yeah. Yeah, so 
yeah, Amaya's stock has gone up. So Jeannie bought it, what, like a 10, 11, something? She bought it, it like in the eights, uh, high eights or low no, nines? No, it was never eight. It was, it was never that. It was never that low. Okay, then, well. But I, but she probably, it did pop up. Well, you know what, I'll tell you. She bought it uh, like a week, like, no, it was a week ago yeah, she today. probably got it around ten. So whatever it was a week ago it was a week ago on a it was no a week ago yesterday on a Wednesday. She, yeah, she's gotten she's done well because it's uh she made she it, sold it she made like uh, x amount of money made, I'm not going to say she probably made like thirty six percent or something which is pretty good pretty damn good in a week. That's so. that's really close to what she made actually I think it was thirty five. Yeah. Okay, so fucking genius. So yeah. uh, Maya. Uh, I, th- their stock was creeping down, 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 and you know I have to. Was the announcement about going private on February first? Is that why it popped? Yep. On that day. Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. And so, she sold it that same day. Yeah. So, Amaya, they were going down, 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 and she was uh, stuck like ten uh, percent right out of the gate, like the first day, like stuck ten, twelve percent. What? What was? I'm not saying Jeannie was stuck ten or twelve percent oh, the was, first okay. day, right after she bought it. Yeah, so it was, it was. It's been steadily going down, and uh, and I haven't believed their excuses that they were giving publicly for why their stock was falling. They were blaming exchange rates, and their their stories just weren't adding up. I was trying to analyze their stories and and their excuses, and they just weren't adding up. It sounded like things they were saying that sound good if you don't think about them too much, but once you think about them, they don't make sense. So I I think that uh, they just were slipping, and the, the value was slipping, and they're they're kind of a, the company is their their earnings are. Shrinking and not growing like they were expecting, and poker is just not growing like they thought it was. It's kind of stagnating and and, and slowly disappearing. So uh, this this is probably a move to just kind of shake things up. And uh, yeah, it, it did well for the stock price at first, but uh, I, I don't know where it's going to go from here. I don't know if the if taking it private is going to change anything as far as the company's future or how much money they're making. So. Uh, I, I still think that the business model may be uh, flawed at the moment, and that they're just not going to grow like they thought they would with Poker Stars. And now Poker Stars still going to make a lot of money. Poker Stars is still going to be the premier poker site, and that's not going to change for a very long time. But uh, but they're also not growing anymore. Poker is just not. It has it's no not what they call a, a growth industry, Druff. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's not. And yeah. and I, you know, everything they're doing, I understand with with trying to make things less pleasant for the the grinders on the site and try to push the thing more towards recreational players and have more gambling type things like that. Those spin and goes where you can win a million dollars with investing very little, and they're trying to make it more appealing to the average fish. Where even people who have no chance to win poker wise can luck box into something like you know a million dollar jackpot at the spin and go tiny chance you can do that, but at least you have a chance. So I understand everything they're doing here, and I understand why they're cutting all these pros who aren't really making very much money for them. The truth is that Poker Stars, as successful as it was for all these years, had a lot of fat to it, and now yeah. they're cutting off that fat. And, now, and speaking yeah. of poker rooms, use this as a gateway to our next segment. They just released today the numbers. From uh, every poker room in Nevada combined, what they rate. Uh, and I assume, even though I did post this, that you would never take the time just to Google this and search yourself. What do you think, combining them talking Reno and Las Vegas and Laughlin, you know, you know, the whole nine yards, what do you think they rate combined in Nevada in 2015? Oh, I would have no idea. I, I don't know. Of course not. Neither would I. But just throw, I mean, I know because I'm looking at it, but just throw out a number. Uh. 
all the cities in Nevada, all the casinos. I know the. I know that they don't have any mega poker rooms like California does with commerce, but uh, still, there are a lot of little poker rooms and medium-sized poker rooms. And uh, we are talking a year. Say, it's, uh, it's more than you think. More than I'd think. Uh, uh, Seventy-five million. One hundred eighteen million. Oh, it wasn't that far. Yeah, one hundred eighteen million. Of course, by far the highest month of the year for Rake. This is to show you because they actually do a month by month. Was June during the World Series? They yeah, raked a time. high of fifteen point eight million, compared to two months prior in April, where they only raked eight point five million. And obviously, the majority of that is is just in that little center of WSOP, the Rio, you know, the Rio, Venetian, maybe the Win, you know, just that little area, like just yeah. So anyhow, uh, that's amazing. And then. In general, how much do you think Nevada casinos won from gamblers in 2015 in table games? Uh, $1.2 billion. $11 billion. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> casinos in Nevada won eleven. I, I, I was thinking like monthly. That's yeah, why I was they won $11.1 billion from gamblers in 2015, which is a 0.9% increase from the previous year. The strip accounted for, what do you think the strip accounted for? Out of the figure, it's actually less than I think it'd be. Forty uh, percent. Uh, it's six point one or six point three five billion. I so, more yeah. Um, so anyhow, that, that's pretty interesting. That's eleven point one billion, and you know, you just think a lot of people say, "Well, they only rake a dollar." Like, just think of all those dollars, dollars, dollars. All that for for a straight year adds up to. Well, it's a lot more than the dollar. The rakes are pretty. You know, yeah. So. But uh, adds up to uh, 118 million, and that's what. Yeah, they it, it adds. I mean, it, now this is over a lot of properties, and uh, the, like commerce. I, I had heard that they. I don't know if they do anymore. They probably do less because it's not as popular as it once was. But I was hearing around the peak of the poker boom that they were raking 50 million a year. Oh wow! So, and I believe it because they're huge. Uh, China, are you back from your break? China? Nope. Okay. So yeah, that's. That's interesting. And speaking yeah. of poker rooms, I think we'll both agree this is either the biggest story of the week or the second biggest story of the week, depending if you're a Net15 follower or David Tuckman person. Net15, she's got a new gig, Druff. Why don't you, you tell everybody about it? Well, okay. Well, Annette Oberstadt, a.k.a. Net 15 first became known as a person who uh, ran it up through a free roll as a 15-year-old. <laughs> That's why she called herself a net 15. She joined Poker Stars as a 15-year-old. She lived in Norway at the time. Sands and, or something? Sadness? Sadness? Yeah, Sandness, yeah. Sandness, Sandness Norway. Mm-hmm. And she and she obviously was uh, you know, took to poker pretty quickly and, and uh, had a natural feel for the game. And she didn't deposit any money. Probably couldn't because she was 15 unless she took her parents' credit card. She didn't put she was 15. She lied about whatever she you – know, when she signed up. I don't know how she did that, but whatever – she won a free roll, got some money from that, and then started playing real money and built it up and then became one of the bigger online tournament winners for those upcoming years, for those next few years. And she really developed a, a big following at that point just from like fanboys who watched this Annette 15 just always dominating the tournaments, especially because you see someone with a female name doing it and you know, assuming you really believe it's a female, that, that makes it more interesting to see that person dominating than just like just some random dude. So 
when people learned who Annette 15 was, it turned out, yeah, she was a young girl. In fact, she just turned 18, I think, in 2007. So I think she started playing in 04. But uh, she was able to play some of these European tournaments where you only had to be 18 to play. And she was the youngest person to ever win a World Series event when she won a World Series of Poker. I don't count that. What was that? No, I'm saying I don't, I don't, it doesn't count. Well, to Not, me, it doesn't count either. But yeah, they, I don't think they, it's they the same thing. It World the, Series, uh, main event Europe with event. 300 people is considered. They they don't even say it like event. Net 15 won the main event. Yeah, I mean they don't like you know what I mean. It, it, former yeah, yeah. main event winner. Come I know, on, but it was you know still impressive at age 18 to just show up there and do that mm. in World Series of Poker Europe. So so she looked like she had a very very bright poker future ahead of her. Uh, now looks wise. Uh, she didn't have a lot going for her at the time. That was, doesn't uh, matter, she, though. That, I mean, no, 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 but I, I want to get to that. It matters a little bit. Uh, now, people still admired her and thought thought highly of her, but uh, you know, she she wasn't one of these pretty girls in poker. She was. Uh, there's not know, a lot was, of pretty girls in poker, really. What I said? There's not a lot of pretty girls no, in I poker. Know, she anyhow. wasn't even like like what you call poker pretty. She was just. Uh, she kind of looked like someone you'd expect, like to, frumpy. Uh, Frumpy and yeah, she got, I, I described yeah. her as kind of having a body like a bowling ball. She was like really short and, and and heavy and like and you know I don't I don't even go for skinny girls myself. But but I wasn't even attracted to her. But she had like not very much shape to her. But at least at the time, I thought she was. I respected her as a poker player. And I met her in Aruba at actually that year in two thousand seven. And I thought, oh wow, she seems nice. She she didn't seem arrogant. She seemed uh, kind of soft spoken. In fact, she seemed uncomfortable with the. Uh, with all the press she was getting and the people who paying attention to her, she kind of just seemed like she wanted to just keep her head down and play poker and not really be noticed. So I, I said, "Oh, that's the." I, I told uh, Miri, was my girlfriend at the time. We both met at the same girls con- with junk in the trunk. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you really had a lot of prepared there, but yeah, I, I said to Miri, I said, "Wow, and that seemed pretty nice." I, I wasn't sure what we'd uh, see when we met her, but she was. Uh, she seemed nice. Well. Things started to change for Annette in a few ways. Uh, her poker results started to deteriorate. And uh, since 2011, which has now been five years, she has not had a six-figure cash. Now, I haven't had a six-figure cash in, in even longer than that. I've, I've come close, but I haven't done it. Uh, but I don't play a regular tournament. And you're not wearing $2,000 sunglasses either or a yeah. pan no, bag. I don't. I don't. I, what I do is I go uh, – I, I wear uh, the same clothes I have had since uh, 2005, and then I go uh, use food vouchers that I get from Kevmath to, to eat during the World Series. So I live a different lifestyle. But Annette, uh, she she just she was playing a lot of tournaments, a lot of high buy-in tournaments, and just was not cashing very big. She was clearly losing yeah. a lot of money. In her and that Scott Montgomery, they were making but, up fake stories of him being accosted in bathrooms, right? Yeah, and then, yeah, then she was she was involved with. Uh, uh, what was this guy's name? Scott, Scott Montgomery, I thought. Montgomery, yeah, Scott Montgomery. I'm forgetting his last yeah. name. Scott Montgomery, who uh, <laughs> had that really weird story where he claimed that uh, black guys approached him in the Bellagio bathroom and uh, pulled a knife on him and made him give all his money, which was $2,000 at the time, but then had this very weird situation where he never went to the police about it. And that he claimed he went to security 15 minutes later after it happened. Like it wasn't like this happened and he immediately went to security. He let 15 minutes go by, then went to security. He claims, and but wouldn't provide any proof that one he ever went to security and two that he ever went to the police. Which sounds really strange. Like if this happened to you, of course you'd want to go to the police. Why would you not? So so it was assumed at the time that uh, he probably borrowed the money from Annette to go play poker with or something, and then shot it off in the pits and had to come up with a story and yeah. he didn't went think to about. The- 
He went to the pits instead of the police. <laughs> yeah, and then didn't think about the fact that people are going to ask, okay, well, where's the police report? Like, he, he definitely would not answer anyone about the police report. He just, like, stopped posting about it after the, uh, the police report thing was, was questioned. So, uh, but she was going out with him, and then that stopped working out. I don't know why, but she just was not doing as well. And then she started making some questionable decisions on, Support, endorsing poker sites. So she was a, a full tilt pro. I don't think she was making very much money, but she was a lower level full tilt pro. But then they had the scandal after Black Friday where they turned out they stole all our money. Now at the very beginning, I understood why some people had faith in them because they, you know, you, they had seemed like a reputable site up till then, so it's kind of hard to immediately change your mind for some people. But many months into this, already at the World Series, and keep in mind Black Friday happened on April 15th. The World Series is in June, July. She was still wearing a full tilt patch when people – it was very clear that the money was gone at that point. And I remember seeing her wearing the full tilt patch, and she was at my table at the World Series. I got moved to her table. I was short stacked. She actually had a good stack going there. But everyone at the table was kissing her ass. I mean, there, there was a bunch of fanboys at the table. I'm talking about the other players. So everyone's kissing her ass there. She's in a good mood because she's got a lot of chips and she's getting her ass kissed. And I really wanted to give her a hard time. Like, why are you wearing this patch? Do you understand that they're not paying anyone? That they've, you know, they've stolen all our money. Why are you advertising them? You know, I don't care what your contract says. This is unethical. I was going to go off on her, but I'm like, I know what's going to happen. Like, you have this young girl sitting at the table. Everyone likes her. She seems so nice. This asshole middle-aged guy sits down. How do you think the other people at the table would have taken it if I started attacking her? Like they, they would have thought I was like the biggest dick ever. No, no one would have been receptive to my message. So I said, you know, I better just concentrate on the short stack I have and see if I can build it back up and not worry about uh, uh, yeah, bitching at a net there, which, which I, I was going to when I first saw her when I sat down. I'm like, no, I, I better not. It's, it's going to fall on deaf ears anyway, and everyone's going to hate me, and you know, what, what good is this going to do? So I didn't say anything. Uh, then I busted very quickly anyway. So they were hold on one second. They they were still operating in the rest of the world then, though, right? Yes, but it, but they were very 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 uh, shady about uh, the whole thing with yeah, the, U.S. money. Like they they were robbing Peter to pay Paul, and I knew it, and I didn't like that. I didn't like how she was advertising, and then any Euros or other non-U.S. players that see her patch may want to sign up, and then and then lose money. I I really thought this is robbing Peter to pay Paul, and that's just not an honest way to be operating unless you unless you are upfront about it unless you say hey hey Europeans you can deposit here but just know we're taking your your deposits to pay the US players then fine but they weren't honest about it they were they were pretending like they still had the money at that time and, and just hoping enough European deposits would roll in to where they could uh cover for what had really happened so i and that is what was really going on and i suspected that very strongly from their evasiveness so anyway that that happened but you could say okay there were some others who did that too and you could say maybe she was naive enough to believe it because they were still operating. They were still at least paying the euros who were cashing out. I think there was some delay, but you know, it was they, they were still kind of operating. And it wasn't 100% clear what was going on. To me, it was very clear, but I could understand to where maybe, maybe, maybe Annette could have stretched it to believe that Full Tilt was really okay at that point. But then came Lock Poker. She became a Lock Poker pro. And in fact, became one of the main pros, along with uh, the grinder Michael Mizraki, and uh, I think one other. I'm forgetting who it was. Uh, but Lock Poker started having their real big problems at the end of 2012. And when I say real big problems, I mean they just weren't paying. They had a lot of scandals before that that were already bad, but they stopped paying people at the end of 2012. 
And by the beginning of 2013, it was very clear there's something very wrong at Lock Poker. And all the way into the 2013 World Series, she was still wearing a Lock Poker patch, when this had now been probably eight months since they paid anyone. And she was still on their website as one of the three faces of the site as late as January 10th, 2014. Even the grinder had left by then. So yeah, Annette saying, was still, that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, if the grinder leaves, you know the site's in bad shape. Yeah, she yeah. and two like no-name pros were the remaining three pros there at that point. And by then, everybody else had either left on their own or been dropped. Even Melanie Weisner was gone. I think she was just dropped. But you know, they were all gone at that point except for uh, uh, Annette and two others. And people were begging Annette, please stop promoting Locke. Please stop wearing their patches. They have not paid anyone in over a year. And she had the nerve, actually, at one point during this whole thing to tweet to Betfair saying, hey, Betfair, I'm having some withdrawal issues. Uh, I'm not getting a response from you guys. Can someone get back to me? So <laughs> for some reason, it's important to Annette that they handle her withdrawal issues on other sites. But on Locke, she's happy to still promote a site that she knows has not been paying anyone. And I know she knew because everyone was telling her. And she never gave an answer. She never said, like, oh, I'll look into it or, oh, sorry about this. Uh, you know, yes, I know there's some problems. Uh, you, you should play at your own risk. Nothing. She said nothing. She just ignored everyone. Everyone told her what was happening. She was aware of what was happening. She just closed her eyes and said, "I don't," and said nothing, indicating she did not care. She just wanted to be paid. Now, did she ever like even respond to anything anywhere? No. Tweets, forms, Never. nothing. Never would not give an answer, but kept promoting. And did she finally quit? No, they dropped her. In, uh, shortly after January tenth, which is the last evidence I could find that she was on the site, like a few days later, she was off. Uh, Locke just dropped its pros. They just dropped him. So she stayed as long as they would have her. And she was stayed over a year after they were not paying people and promoted them. And I thought that was really, really, really shady because this is a site that 100% was not paying people. There was no question. It was obvious. I could say, okay, well, maybe the first few months, uh, give them benefit of the doubt. I wouldn't, but I, I can see where someone like her might who wants to be delusional and believe maybe they're okay. But over a year of not paying and you're still promoting them, that's that's just obscene. That's, that's saying that as long as they pay me, I will promote anything no matter how much of a scam it is. And that makes you a crappy person. Now, I just got back, so please forgive me. I had to take a little break and use the restroom and whatnot. Did you mention about your tweets? I'm about, no, I haven't got to that. Okay, so, I was going to ask so, if you've gotten any response. Well, I've gotten a little, but uh, not much because I, it's really hard to argue with this one. So she recently has signed on as the Poker Ambassador, LOL. If I had my sound effect on with the laughing, I would play it right now, but can't do it. Brandon running the show. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll laugh myself. <laughs> can't do what uh, with me running the show? What? what? You said you can't do what with me running it? With you running, I can't play sound effects. Well, I can actually play it, but it won't come on to about 45 seconds or a minute not, after the... Not, not exactly the best. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she's now the poker ambassador joining uh, Erica Schonberg of, uh, at the Venetian. But here's the weird thing about on both sides with this hire. Now, of course, the Venetian's owned by Sheldon Adelson, the very well-known anti-online poker crusader who has been sinking all kinds of time, effort, and money especially to fight the legalization of online poker. Sheldon Adelson hates, despises online poker. One of the big things that Sheldon Adelson has been pushing in his opposition is that underage people, kids, 
might end up playing poker. Wait, so he broke this on both fronts, you're saying? I, I, I'll, 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 I'll get to the point here. But, <laughs> <laughs> So, so here, Sheldon Adelson is so concerned, supposedly, about miners playing online poker for real money. And who do they hire as the poker room ambassador of his flagship property in Vegas? Someone who got to be well-known as an underage online poker player. In fact, she still uses the name Annette 15, which represents that she was 15 when she started playing on PokerStars. So here you have a miner, or a former miner, who used to play a lot of online poker for real money. Second, Sheldon Adelson's people have been saying that you can't trust online poker. Maybe you're being scammed. Maybe you're being cheated. Well, what did she represent? One of the biggest scam sites to ever exist. So what a weird hire to represent the Venetian. Now, I think that Sheldon Adelson himself has no clue about this. He probably doesn't even know about the hire. Of course he doesn't. I can guarantee you a decent amount of my net worth that if somebody came up to him and said, you know who Net 15 was, he'd give him a, he'd look like he's a yeah. senile old man. He wouldn't know. Yeah, I'm saying, like, forget a Net 15, because Annette Overstad, who is she? He wouldn't know she works for him. But uh, He knows about that Schoenberg, I bet. <laughs> he might. <laughs> I bet he would fire the person that hired her. Well, like, that, that's Ruski? what I'm saying. So that's, that? that's what I've wanted to oh, do. China. I haven't done it yet, but uh, I think that See, I don't want anyone like Annette ever having a job in online poker. Now, if she wants to play poker, I, I can't stop her, and I, I don't have any influence on that. But I don't think anybody who has knowingly either scammed, cheated, or helped cover but, up scams or, or frauds or ones who have promoted – knowingly promoted the, scams or frauds in poker, none of them should ever get a legitimate job in poker ever again. The question they, they don't, is, though, they don't deserve it. if you could use your power to stop her from playing poker altogether, would you? If you had that kind of power. Uh, yes, yes. If I could kick people from, from poker completely who, who participated in scams and, and, uh, and frauds here, right. yes. Anyone who knowingly did it. Not someone who was unwittingly, unwittingly tricked and you could see how they were just gullible. But someone who knowingly kept promoting a scam or helped cover up a scam, anything where, you, where they did this because they were selfish and wanted to make money, uh, then I think they should be kicked from poker. But I know that's not realistic. But what is realistic is to put pressure – on whoever hires these people and say, do you know who you're hiring? Do you know how this is going to make you look? And, and get them fired. Now, I've done this once before. Bonnie Lanehos, a name that some of you may, may or may not know, was someone who was very close with Russ Hamilton and helped him move money around that he won through cheating. And she definitely knew what she was doing. She was definitely one of the behind-the-scenes figure in the UB cheating scandal. And uh, she was hired at one point as the poker room manager at the LVH. In Las Vegas, and me and others called the LVH, and we even called them on this show, and and put a lot of pressure on them to fire Bonnie. And sure enough, like a week later, she was gone. They fired her. Hmm. They said we didn't we didn't realize this was her history. I mean, they didn't say it, but it was clear they didn't realize what her history was, and they they didn't want the trouble. They didn't want the the bad press, and they got rid of her. So I'm hoping the same thing happens with Annette. And I think the way to do it is to somehow get the message out. And I sent a lot of tweets out hoping to reach the right people. I don't think it's happened yet, or if it has, I don't know about it. But I sent a bunch of tweets out about Annette's history, including providing a screenshot of Lock Poker on January 10th, 2014, mentioning that she played underage, mentioning that uh, that she was involved in promoting a known poker scam for over a year, and that uh, I don't think that this is what the Venetian wants representing them. And I think the key is getting to 
I, there's no way I'll be able to get to Sheldon Adelson. I won't be able to speak to Adelson directly, I'm sure. But I'm, I'm sure, but I could probably find someone who reports to him, or at least reports to someone who reports to him. And I think if someone who doesn't realize it that reports directly to Adelson, or at least is one level away from reporting directly to Adelson, if they get the message over to him of who has just been hired, I'm sure he would get rid of her. I don't think Adelson would want this because it would it would uh, make him look like a big hypocrite with his crusade against online poker. And it's not like it's not like this is a major hire that he has to be concerned with. Like if he fires her, there'll be some major consequences. I don't think she's even going to bring any business there. Like who's going to show up to the room to play poker with an F15? Like very few. I've always thought that whole ambassador thing, starting out with Jamie Gold and the grinder, all of it was overrated. That people never- it is. Going to stay somewhere for your tourist to go down there. Now, real fast, and this is as an aside, since you did mention, if you did have the power, I just constructed a list right here in this piece of paper of five people, and I just want to get your opinions real fast. If you had the power to just kick them out of poker, what would you do? Uh, real fast, Eric Lindgren, if you had the power, out of poker or you let him stay? Uh, I'd let him stay. I'd, I'd let him stay because he didn't uh, directly cheat in poker. He just took bad loans. Right. That's a different story. Phil Gordon. Phil Gordon, I'd let him stay. All right, Justin Bonomo. Uh, I don't like him, but uh, since he, he only had one incident and he hasn't d- done anything cheating-wise in 10 years or so, uh, we know maybe of. more, I, I'd let him stay. But I, I have to say I personally don't like the guy. All right, Sean Chacon. Oh, because of the... Uh, well, I mean, he did have sex with a minor and killed uh, a No, woman I'd, I'd and... let him stay, too, because it doesn't have to do with poker. Like, if you okay. kick... Every, I, I'm not saying you kick everybody out of poker who has a, a bad personal criminal history. Uh, that's the Unless they're, like, actually dangerous of the game. Like, I wouldn't want someone who's a, um, a dangerous person to play with if they're going to assault you at the table in poker. But but someone like this who's a... I mean, obviously, with the history with... Uh, what would he... Less of the, the teenage girl or something? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's not good that he did this, but I don't think that's... Okay. And, and lastly, yeah. Teddy the Iceman Monroe, who got 86 from Red Rock, and the only place in Vegas I know if he can play now, is a one-room poker room at the El Cortez. <laughs> Hold on, he got 86 from the Red Rock? Yeah. Well, we got to hear more. Why? Well, he was on the show, and he told us a story, but it was a bad connection. And we Remember, Druff? Yeah, yeah, it was it was a segment that was supposed to be good, but wasn't because we couldn't hear him. And... Yeah, you couldn't hear him. It was like, you know, I was, yeah, and then I went, it was like that was what it sounded like. <laughs> so uh, Teddy Monroe, you can only play at the El Cortez downtown. Keep him or banish him. Let him play in the Cortez, or no, just be done with him. I know it's it's hard. You know, it, that's a hard one to answer because uh, for the entertainment value. <laughs> Uh, I'd want to keep him, but but honestly, he, he's been in so many scandals. He probably doesn't deserve to play anymore. Yeah, but, yeah. but but it, it, at the same time, like uh, it's so entertaining to call him on the show. It's it's hard to. He, he's almost like the you know you know these shows that uh, usually like police shows. They have some like shady like guy that they use for as an informant, like the comic relief character of the show. That uh, that's kind of shady, but that they have on there for entertainment. That you're not supposed to hate too much, even though you he's shady and and yeah. Gets involved in all these little, like low-level scams, right? Uh, he's kind of like that character. Yeah. Have, hold on. Have you heard anything like why he's gone from the uh, Red Rock? He that, told like, us, but it was he, all mumbled, and we couldn't, yeah, we understand, couldn't understand it. it. But there, he, he had was a defense about the, rock, the, the how hot the Rock was for yeah. like the last year. Yeah, he had a defense for it, but it was all no offense. It was all mumbled. 
But it's not only that, but there's been so many places he gets kicked out of. Like this happens over and over and over to you. How come like nobody else is getting just chronically kicked out of all the rooms right. for, for these? But uh, at least it's none not of it poker stuff either. No, I was just gonna say at least none of it's for cheating at poker. I mean, there was coin flipping at, at MGM. Uh, they were selling f- bad fake aftermarket cell phone chargers at the Palms. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's. I don't even know. It really is like a character from one of these shows. That's what all those type of characters do. Like on those, uh, it's always like the informant, shady kind of guy who's not too terrible, but just involves himself in low-level scams. And uh, it's just so stupid because it seems like I mean he does okay in these games. He's always tweeting these huge chip stacks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. People say but, that we'll do that all the time. A right, couple names. Like, couple names from the he, chat. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, finish China. No, I was going to say like he's just. I don't know whether he's got to be doing something right because he's been in, in these games for the last 10 years. So, like, all he's got to do is conduct his stupid business outside of the casinos, right? Well, if, if you, let me tell you the truth here. If you're, if you're crushing poker or even doing pretty well and making an okay living at it, you're, you're not selling aftermarket chargers at the table. It's just not worth even doing. So. Well, you no. can't knock the hustle. Uh, well, but the, I think the hustle is, <laughs> like, something that's a necessity for him. Yeah, aftermarket chargers. A couple names from the chat. I want to get them involved here now that I'm not uh, running the whole show by myself. Um, uh, Tilted Stone, he wants to know about Chino Reem. Chino Reem is – he's very much in the same category as Eric Lindgren, just someone who who makes a lot of – I think he's worse than Lindgren. What? I think he's worse than Lindgren. I mean, he is worse than Lindgren, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a closer one. That's uh, – actually. I got something funny. Aaron uh, Mycunt, David Baker. <laughs> well, I wish I didn't have to see him, but I, I don't think he deserves to be kicked out of poker. Lou Father, Martin Carrico. <laughs> as long as he's not at my table or, 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 or railbirding my table when I'm about to make the money. Beer and poker, Brian Mycon. <laughs> well, uh, do you hate you know, him that I, much? I. I have to power. say that uh, you know Brian Mike on he hasn't uh, he hasn't cheated in poker or anything so I, I'm fine with him being in poker. Uh, I we we do wonder out loud if if he's allowed to play at at uh, the World Series because he was running an illegal poker room that was competing with WSP.com and advertising it while he was playing, which wasn't very smart. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know I I don't like him as you guys all know, and uh, Brandon doesn't like him. But uh, I I don't think he should be kicked out of poker because uh, he hasn't cheated in poker. Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually have uh, something a fu- something funny someone sent me from the PCA that just passed. They sent me a picture of Chino and Grinder uh, shooting craps. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. I I saw Grinder betting like really big, like five thousand a hand at blackjack in Reno, like in two thousand seven. I remember seeing that. And I, was, I also I used to walk around the Bellagio and I'd see him sitting at the table and like blackjack tables and betting big and and you know he's not like counting cards or anything. He's just shooting off. So remember that that's where most of it went. If I recall, Bakara he had a really bad Bakara problem. Oh, Bakara! I didn't even see the eyes on Blackjack. But uh. yeah. hmm. well, yeah. um, interesting. Is there anything else you guys want to add about Net Fifteen? Well, uh, yeah. So look, anybody who wants to call up the poker room itself, and I just want to warn you that the poker room manager who hired her, he may think that this is fine. He may know about her past and say, fine, I'm hiring her anyways. That may, it may fall on deaf ears, but it's worth calling and asking for the poker room manager. Not at a time like this, because he's not going to be there at 11.45 at night. But uh, sometime, I don't know, during the day, during the early evening, whenever they're most likely to be there, and say, you want to speak to the poker room manager? And say, if you agree with me, call. feel free to call up and say, I don't think someone who... I, I don't think that 
this reflects the Venetians' values to hire someone who both uh, was a famed underage player for years in online poker and was uh, promoting a known scam online poker site for over a year after knowing what it was and and say why would you hire someone like that and see what they have to say i think if they get enough calls and i think especially if this if you can figure out how to get to somebody who would have adelson's ear i think they'll get rid of her and she deserved it who's worse her or the wisner didn't they both do the same thing she was worse than the Wisner because she had a higher position there. She was she was like the face of the site. Wisner was like quote a pro who was taking advantage of uh, her position there. And I'm I, I'm not defending her at all. But she, Annette was even worse because she was a uh, she was like the face of the site. So she yeah, had I, a higher position there. And, and she, I, actually, she, I, I actually had an idea here. I mean, you could I was going to say you could give this to like the Las Vegas Journal and they could totally rip it because <laughs> because of. Um, <laughs> Because Adelson's position it. against the underage. Well, I, don't think, I don't think the Review Journal will do it. No, he owns it. He owns it. Because he owns them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now, is she busto? Like, why is she taking this job, though? Well, so that's so that's uh, Haley Hintz, who always writes good articles about this stuff. She writes on the FleshDraw.net. She, she doesn't own that site, apparently, but she writes a lot of articles there. She always writes good stuff. Uh, she wrote an article about this, and she theorized, and I believe it, that Annette needs the money. That uh, Annette would not why have else taken would you be a doing job that? unless yeah. she, she needs money. Like this is really is a failed job, and the reason it's a failed job is it couldn't pay that much. And if you think about it, one good thing about being a professional poker player is you don't have any schedule or responsibilities. You just play when you want. You don't play when you don't want. You know, uh, you, have, you have no boss. You're not required to be anywhere. And once you start taking jobs where you have requirements to do things and be places, there's one of two explanations: either one, they're paying you a ton of money, like they are to Negreanu on Poker Stars. Or two, you're broke, and I think with her it's probably. You know, I was thinking about this today before I showered. I you know, showered, had a little pregame meal. Some weeks, this is the only responsibility I have all week. Like in terms of having to be somewhere at a specific time, is that odd? No, I mean that used to be my situation until I had a son, yeah. and that was uh, so. So I, I had the same thing, and I'll tell you that was nice. That was nice to never have to worry yeah, about that. To anything nice. I just want to do, it was never like, oh, I can't do that because uh, I have this, or I, I have to be at work, or I have to do such and such thing. Like it, the only thing was just like just like you're saying the radio, and uh, now I didn't want to live like that forever, and so I'm not. Uh, I, I don't want anyone to think I'm disappointed. I had my son. In fact, uh, I know a lot of people don't believe this. Brandon told me this privately. On the phone, and I'll repeat what he said. That uh, he told me a few weeks ago privately that at the time when my girlfriend got pregnant with Benjamin, and, and me and her had only been together six months when that happened, that everyone said that has to be an accident. It has to be. And they, they were convinced I was lying to everybody that uh, it was planned. Yeah, China so, thought I, it was an accident too. He said, no way. No, I'm kidding. He never said that. <laughs> no, he, he might. I, I would understand because if I was on the outside, I would think that too. I would think, uh, boy, this Todd guy's full of shit. There's no way. Like, especially knowing my personality, dude, I don't seem like someone who would uh, go do that with a girl I've only been with six months, even when I had known from a long time ago. It wasn't like a completely new person to me, but still, it was someone I'd only been in a romantic relationship with for six months, and how could I do that? But uh, you know, I I decided that uh, I I. If I wanted to do that with this girl because she was uh, fairly close to my age, a little younger than me, but I knew the time starting to run out, and uh, I knew if, if if I just sit and wait for the normal speed of a relationship before we get to that, then maybe it could be too late. So, uh, so I made the decision. I realized there could be a big fail to it if the relationship doesn't work out, and then I have a 
that I'm a single dad and uh, I've only, I only have my kid half the time and the whole thing's crappy, but uh, I, I decided to take a shot based upon what I had seen of her in those in those months that we'd been together, and I thought that uh, it looked like a high enough chance that this relationship would work that it was worth taking the shot. And you never know; You've, there's been you know people together five years and they have a kid, and then they break up two years later. I mean, people break up all the time after some years have passed. It's not like a it's not like after a few years you've you've got a lock at that point to stay together. It's anything but that. So I, I took the chance. And, you know, six and a half years later, we're still together. So but some might say that was the biggest gamble you ever made in your. Illustrious gambling career. It, it, it was actually. I mean, it was it was a very big gamble, but uh, I'm very happy I did it. And uh, mm. and 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 not even from the standpoint of oh, I have my son and I love him. And I, you know, if if we broke up, I'm sure I'd say, oh, I'm happy I have him too. But to hear the relationship is still here. So what could have been the potential fail there has not occurred. So even if it does occur at this point, uh, it wouldn't have changed anything. You know, waiting a few years, we would have you know gone to have a kid anyway. So. Really, we we did the right thing here, and it was a risk. And uh, I, but yeah, that was it. Was just the time in my life to do it. I was uh, thirty eight and a half years old when Benjamin was born, so I'm, I'm not. The now, so you're saying that you guys made a conscious effort to have a child together? Yes, we made a very conscious. effort. At, at any point, we worried that you know because of your advanced age, you know, and I'm not much you know behind you, that maybe your sperm wouldn't work. Well, you're actually ahead of me because I you were uh, yeah ahead you're of older me. now than I was then. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I I was not worried about that. Uh, the, the only thing I was worried about was that his mom, who was uh, also not young, was going to have uh, difficulty having kids, or that the kid would would have Down syndrome or something like that, because there's a much higher chance of that. Uh, the, the problem with the dad being old, but this really tends to begin around forty. So I was a little bit not quite there yet, but of course it doesn't magically start at forty for guys. <coughs> That when you have kids after forty, they're they're you don't have like Down syndrome type issues, but issues of like uh, emotional problems and ones like that. But I'm not seeing any signs of that in Ben, so I think I uh, I dodged that one. Yeah, there's a there's a much higher uh, incidence of that, and uh, and also a higher incidence of autism. But I I don't see any signs of that either. So that's uh, those are some things that are associated with fathers who are over forty, where whereas the uh, Mother's over forty. It's the major major birth defects, such as uh, uh, you know, such as Down syndrome and trisomy eighteen, and there's the really really awful ones that just twenty two Q. That's I don't think that's associated with age. I think that's kind mm. of just like a random thing. Mm. But uh, but yeah, that's so. But yeah, you, as a as a poker player, I'll tell you, there's good and bad things about the lifestyle. And of course, Brandon, you know that because that's what you are too. You've been for so many years, and China, you, you as well. I mean, like. With, we have three people on on the line here who have been in this and not had a job of, you know for for many many years and uh, uh you know so the good and bad parts of it are you know there's a lot of stress is the bad part and and also the, you don't know what your income's going to be you lose and, touch of reality a little bit you do you too no and, no and, i'm and, saying i'm not saying you me i'm just saying in general you lose touch with reality not I you i know you I, oh I, I thought you were saying you as in me but i was saying you as in just no no I, I know what you said oh, okay. i agree it's like you in general like everybody right, who does right. yeah and but but one one good thing that one of the best things to it is that you just don't have a boss you don't have a schedule it's even better than running your own business because when you run your own business you still have responsibilities you can't just take off and disappear on the business unless unless everything's running without your assistance but uh, with with poker you can just say, okay, you know, I, I don't feel like playing for the next month, and nothing will happen, other than you're not making money. 
So that's a that's a big advantage to have. China, what are you there, China? Yep. You mentioned earlier that uh, you're you're stuck some money. You've been playing poker the whole time. You're winning. You haven't run a stake in a while. You don't really talk about it much. If you're willing to talk about it, uh, what 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 are the stakes you play? Do you still play limit hold'em? What's going on with poker these days with you? I don't even know. I'm your friend. Yeah, I play. I still play limit hold'em. Anything from like mostly like ten twenty to thirty sixty, and I play like some sit and goes now. Hyper heads ups, some limit hold'em sit and goes. Anything from like sixty to two fifteen. And that's pretty much it. But so you're making your living uh, still playing just limit hold'em. You're not playing, and you said some occasional other sit and goes, but you're not playing no limit hold'em or PLO or any other game. Just no. But uh, actually, I am going to start learning PLO pretty soon. Um, there's two things. The limit hold'em is drying up. I think when Bavada, if Bavada ever goes down, then online is pretty much toast for I US agree. players. I, I agree. So, <laughs> so like. I'm going to start learning PLO, and actually this racetrack about 15 minutes from me opened, um, and they have 2-5 no limit, 1-2 no limit, and I heard it's just like 2004 all over again, you know what I mean? You can just go in there and like clean the place out, so I might play a little bit of live, too. I mean, I hate playing live no limit, but... I can always bring like an iPad and multi-table online while I, you know. Yeah, that's the worst. Like, I, I, I don't understand how people can take, especially live, no limit because it's just so boring. You sit and sit and sit, and people like tank in the hand. It, it, it's so long in between hands, and then you're also you're folding so much that you're not playing that many hands to the river. So before you, you're going to be sitting there a long time before you play a meaningful hand, right. and then when you do, it's very big. And if if you lose it, then then you've just lost a lot. Now it's going to be a long time again until you play another hand, probably, and it's it's just torture. Where I I, I much prefer limit, where you play many more hands, many more hands actually go at the table. Uh, mm. You just get uh, there's so much more action, and even with that, I still find it slow compared to online. Right, I agree. Mm. Well, speaking of uh, sports, I did write this in the interest. So I guess we'll cover it. Uh, in terms of straight up sports betting, although New Jersey made a challenge was Chris Christie, actually, and he lost in several uh, court cases. I think he actually tried to take it to the U.S. Supreme Court. I don't know. But it was a prolonged fight. Other than Nevada, there's there's no other place for, for sports betting. Um, there's some places, uh, I think, what, what's which state is it where you can do football betting, but they have to be at least two-team parlays. But they're I, like, I don't even know about that. Yeah, Isn't that Delaware? No, that's well, Delaware's trying to start that. But there's another, maybe someone in the chat knows, but there's one other state that has a form of sports betting. And then there's Nevada. New, New Jersey, no? No, it's not New Jersey. Uh, no, T-Buck's saying Delaware, but it's not Delaware. There's an, I know it's, it's, I know. on the West like Coast. That. You can only do parlays. Oh, it's Oregon. J-Stat, of course, he knows that because he's really knowledgeable. And he was on the West Coast. Oregon has this. So Delaware, I guess this isn't that much of a story, but Delaware is... Proposing a bill uh, again to you know most places to help the economy to fund schools, road construction, so on and so forth. Uh, that's going to legalize sports parlays in the NFL. Um, I don't really care. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about, it, but it's not anything. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. They should, as long as it's regulated. You uh, know, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand why there's such a taboo against uh, sports betting in the U.S. If it, if it's the concern about uh, about games being thrown, that 
they, they don't want it affecting local sports and having the games possibly be thrown. First of all, in, in professional sports, uh, people are paid so much now, they're not going to be bribed for the most part. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, okay. I, 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 I'm an idiot because I didn't read it right. It, they do have a form of sports betting now, but they want to add it to online, and it will be the first place, I guess, other than Vegas that actually has online sports betting. They want to add parlay, the, the parlay tickets that they have, I guess, you have, that are live to be able to bet these online. That's what the bill is. Yeah, and mobile I, wagering, basically. Yeah, so I, I think they really should. Uh, this should really be legalized wherever gambling is legalized. You know, general gambling, casino gambling. Uh, there's not anywhere near the threat of, of fixing games as there used to be, and and they could put limits on it if there's really concerns that which really not affect anyone except the really really large better. So, if if they want to make it where the maximum bet that can be allowed on a sport is you know, three thousand dollars or something, that's going to shut out any kind of ring that would be fixing games. So for something to be fixing games, there would have to be a lot of money, and there would just have to be too many runners that would have to bet the same way, to, which wouldn't be worth it. It wouldn't be worth it for organized crime to go in that way. So I, I don't see why they don't at least introduce limited sports betting like that, especially if they if they can just make it based on the pros and make it uh, illegal to bet on the college stuff. Just They can make restrictions, but the fact that it's completely illegal everywhere but Nevada doesn't make any sense to me. It's coming soon because, I mean, DFS is fucking gambling. On, yeah, it is. Gambling on sports, like, you know? So, like, it's it's going to be coming. Like, me and Brandon talked about this earlier, about the potential NFL Vegas team that might be coming, and he doesn't think it's going to happen because of the gambling aspect, but I think it's just becoming more wide open, and all the commissioners and all the sports, or two out of the three, have spoken out and said they actually want it because... They'll be able to see what's going on. They'll be able to tell if stuff's gonna ha- happening with the books. You know what I mean? They'll have that data, like who's betting on what team. Did the point spreads move? Like, and then you know how much is getting bet on each team, stuff like that. So I think a lot of this it's, it's antiquated fears that wouldn't really be relevant today, because especially the money that the pros make these days. It's who's going to take bribes nowadays? Yeah, it's, a, it's different. It's just so different. And, and so speaking of being a clown, David Tuckman called Mason Malamuth one. What, what yeah. is this about? So, so, this so is another big news story this week. And I, oh, hey, I, I got one more thing to add oh, to the Annette sorry. thing. Sure. If that's a, yeah. Sorry to cut you, you off. No, but, no, uh, you're, one, I've been cutting everyone off. Go back. All right. One quick thing. Uh, somebody told me that she got that job because she's very good friends with Erica Lindgren. I don't know how hmm. true that is, but... Um, well, they're both females. Well, I just heard that. It's possible. I mean, it's, it is possible. And uh, Oh, something I didn't mention about Annette, for those of you that don't know, since you're bringing her back up. Uh, I mentioned how she looked when I met her in 07. She went through an amazing transformation and went from a, a frumpy, kind of shapeless, bowling ball-like body girl to losing an immense amount of weight to where now she's actually too thin. And I don't think just for my standards. I think she's really like underweight now. She's like well below average weight now. She's, she's actually downright thin now. And And then has completely changed her look to where her hair is always done nicely. She wears designer clothes. She wears, as Brandon said, the $2,000 sunglasses. She she looks like a very, very high-maintenance girl, nothing like the one who looked like she kind of like plays poker in her mom's basement and doesn't give a crap how she looks. Completely 180-degree turn in how she presents herself uh, physically now, including you know, going on some hey, major crap What's the diet. city again she's from? She's from Norway. No, the city. Sandness, and she works for Sands. You can't make this shit up, really. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can't make so, this shit up. 
Yeah, so uh, I, it kind of coincided, and I, I once posted this on my site on Poker Fraud Alert, and some people gave me a hard time claiming I was being a misogynist, but I really wasn't. I was posting that I noticed that her change in how she looked seemed to coincide with when she wasn't doing as well in poker. I, I felt like she stopped focusing as much on her game. And started focusing more on how she was looking, and people were like, oh, you know, why are you giving the girl a hard time for for changing how she looks and, and you know, bettering herself and, and losing weight? You know, why, why are you giving her a hard time? And you know, p- people were really getting on my cage for this. But first of all, I, I was more willing to post that sort of thing because I was already, I already didn't think much of her for the lock situation, which had already occurred by then. So I didn't mind saying something you know, potentially rude like that. Whereas if it was like a nice, sweet girl, I'd say, okay, maybe I shouldn't post this. But but second, I really believe it's true. I really believe that if you take your mind off the game, that, uh, that it, you can really struggle. Even Negreanu has talked about this has happened to him before, where he took his mind off the game and then... Yeah, but then he had to go to the cult to get yeah, better. Yeah, eventually, yeah, he joined the cult do, and the cult put his mind back on the game. Do you think if I ever, I don't want to use the term cornered, but walked up to a net 15 or anyone did and asked her if she knew who you were, do you think she knows who you are? She must yeah. because I, I – this is the funny thing. I've been tweeting at her. Oh, because of the harassment. And she has not blocked me. But yet mm-hmm. I know she's receiving it. She's responding to other people. Since she signed this – she was hardly tweeting before. But since she signed this, like when these fanboys tweeted her, oh, well, I, can't, I can't wait to play with you. Oh, good job, Annette. Like she, she'll send tweets back to them. Like uh, anything positive that gets sent to her, she'll respond to. So she obviously has to read everything to see whether it's positive or negative. So obviously she's seeing this Todd Wittellis guy who she may or may not have known beforehand is just hammering her about this and I would I would have been sure she would have blocked me but she hasn't. So but I'm sure she knows who I am just from that. Now did she know me before that? I don't know. Like as I said I briefly met her in 07 but that you know she met a ton of people back in 07. I was no one significant to her. Right. So did you see the one tweet some guy from some poker site or something tweeted at her and he wanted to interview her on her accepting this position? And she said, "Like, oh no, I don't want to bring any more attention to this." Yeah, that's right. So. Let me let me pull that up. Yeah, it was uh, someone posted this. I don't know if it was you. Someone posted this on uh, our site on the scam scandals and shadiness. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I found that was she was she kind of got snippy at someone here. Let's let's get to it here. Um, let's see. So yeah, it was uh, James uh, Gill who Compen cards. Who, by the way, is. Uh, a listener of the show. Who's I, I this? This is a guy uh, at Comp N Cards, that's C O M P letter N C A R D S. He tweeted to her on February 1st. And he does listen to the show, by the way, just a coincidence. And, he, and so he wrote, Annette 15, you're very welcome. Would love to interview you about the deal. If interested, follow and shoot me an email. So I don't know what he's going to interview her for, but he was being friendly and offering to interview her. And, and she responded what's, back. What's his name? Turner Gill? No, James Gill. James Gill. Yeah, I've never Comp heard of him. Cards. Okay. But so she tweeted back, right. Comp and, at Carbon Cards, I'd rather not draw any more attention to this. I feel no need to defend my decision, and this is something I did for myself. So keep in mind, he didn't like come to her saying, defend yourself. He's like, hey, I just want to interview you. And she's like, no, I'm not defending myself. Is, is like, she still with the him. Montgomery board? Do we even know? No, 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 she's not with him anymore. She's with, she's with some other dude. A poker dude? Yeah, I forget who it is. Mm. And uh, oh, and this is the thing about Schoenberg. This is also posted on Poker Fraud Alert uh, on that same thread on the scam scandals and shadiness forum. Uh, Doesn't say Eric, she got divorced, does it? She tweeted on January thirtieth. So excited! My friend and Pilates partner is joining the Venetian poker team. So I guess they do. They do Pilates together. 
Well, that's probably it right there. Maybe the, probably she, it. she has the in and probably got her, you know. Yeah, she's probably like, uh, they're probably talking together. Going, so, Remember the old days when both of us had money? Yeah, she's yeah that, with was, that was nice. The, so, so at least you have a job. Well, you can have one too if you'd like. So she's with the David Benjamin, then he gets all fat, loses his money. Then she uh-huh. goes with Lindgren, who in turn lies about all the money he's lost and gambled away. <laughs> she kind of runs bad with like rich boyfriends. Yeah, she does. So where does she go now? Let's, can we just do a little fake well, prop betting the next what boyfriend? What she needs to do is she, she needs to find someone who has consistently had money for a long time, just not like a – she has to get away from the degenerate type or like the ones who like to gamble a lot. Just someone who seems right. like kind of stable. But that's and just the guess. I'm going to say Johnny Chan. That's not, that's not a good one. <laughs> oh, but it's my she, guess. We don't know. No, she's going to go She's she's going to go young. She's going to grab one of these guys that's playing these – Hundred K high rollers crushing. She she can try, but she, the time's running out. She's not that young anymore. Mm-mm. Times the time's running out. She can still do it now, but the time's running out. So who do you guys think? Guys. Like like to get a guy her age, she she has a lot of time. But like to get one of these young guys, the time's running out. How old is she? Like mid thirties? No, I think she's probably forty now. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. She's well, younger than so- me, but not by much. I know that. So what did did you have anything to add about what you said to open the show, Brandon, about her or whatever? Didn't she get no, divorced? No, that's it. That's all I know. Okay. Yeah, like, so I mean, I, I didn't know. know that. Actually, she's a little younger than I thought, but she's, she has late 30s. I, th- I yeah. thought she was born around 75. She's actually born 78, but she's about to turn... Th- yeah, on March 25th, she's going to turn 38. So she is running out of time, though, to, yeah. to get one of the young guys. Not, Speaking not, of... Guy her age, she's got a lot yeah. of time. Speaking of running out of time, Caesars uh, did something now with bankruptcy yesterday. Do, do you guys know about this? I actually no. not. Shit, then I gotta Google it. <laughs> I can quickly try to no, look it. They up. did something. They asked for a mediator to do something with their bankruptcy. Well, what, what had been happening so you do last know about night it. reported mm-hmm. was uh, a judge wasn't going for the whole thing that they were doing, where they're splitting up their the winning, company into the profitable the and the non-profitable ones, yeah. like the good Caesars and the bad Caesars, basically, and, and only letting the bad part of Caesars which they carefully defined to be the lesser valuable parts of their properties, uh, they didn't watch the bad Caesars committing bankruptcy. That's like they, the, the judge was saying, uh-uh, we're not going to let that happen. The judge was getting pissed. And the reason the judge got really pissed is because of this mediator. There's a guy who was going – an independent auditor who was going to be auditing the whole bankruptcy situation and release a report. And <laughs> and when he hadn't released the report yet, but Caesars kind of got word in some way that he was going to be very hard on them mm-hmm. and say basically that they're scamming everyone with with this these subsidiaries where they're spinning off the unprofitable properties to the bankruptcy, and only those and not the good parts. So basically, they realized the report was going to go against them. And so this report that they had previously agreed to have done by a neutral party. They suddenly pulled back and said, "Uh, uh, 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 we don't want him doing it anymore. We're we're going to claim this is privileged information." The judge got so pissed at that that they were trying. This is Caesar's was trying to free roll. This they, is from they, uh, Bloomberg. It says, "Angry creditors have accused Caesar's of looting their profitable operating unit." Yeah, well, that's what that's what it is. Looting. That's that's a strong word to use. Well, that's pretty much what it is. Though, is accurate. Jesus. So, so what's happened here is they were free rolling. Caesars are trying to free roll. They're like, yeah, let's let's let someone neutral check it out. That's fine. We have nothing to hide. And then the guy checks it out, and and they get word that he's going to write a report against them. And they're like, no, 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 we don't want someone neutral anymore. We we don't we don't want uh, we don't agree anymore. So they were really free rolling. Like they were only going to continue agreeing if he was going to say something positive. And once they got the idea he was going to say something negative, they they backed out. So the judge got so pissed. The judge said that he's about to kill the entire thing they're doing 
and, and is going to and it's going to be the end of that whole plan they had for bankruptcy, and and that Caesars might end up being liquidated, and that would be the end of Caesars. So this is the first time, and this is as of like uh, last week, is the first time that Caesars is honestly in danger of going down. Whereas before, I was kind of thinking it was just uh, hyperbole that it was possible, but everyone is. Uh, being too speculative, saying that this is the end of season. What happens but, if they go down, though? Who comes well, what, in what and happens even if they go down? They, they buys them and be liquidated, and they could all be sold off to other uh, companies. But I'm saying, who's in the market these days to buy the Flamingo and Valleys and Cromwell? Oh, so and, I'll buy them. I mean, if if the price is cheap enough, anyone will buy them. So they, they'll be bought. It's just a matter of, uh, and of, of course, the the more valuable parts, like the World Series, will be sold. So the World Series really could end up in someone else's hands. Now, this won't be for this year, but uh, in, in subsequent years, maybe 2018, 19, it'll be a slow process. But in a few years, it could be owned by someone else, the World Series. And it, it's possible the total reward program could be dismantled and rolled into an existing program like M-Life or something like that. So uh, I don't do you know. What do think the WSOP can even be sold for? What would you guys even guess it's worth? A lot. That's a lot. Like, I mean, they, got, they got it for like fifty million, but you go way, 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 way more than that now. But how much? I mean, a quarter billion. It's more than yeah, well, two hundred fifty well, million. They, they got they got it actually for much less than fifty million. They got it that and Binions for fifty million. That was the genius thing, and then they just sold Binions back and and almost well, got the World Series for free. Okay, so let, let's real fast. Other than the rake and the stuff that goes on at the Rio, like the convention space. They make money off that. Okay, just the stuff that goes on during the summer at the Rio. Then they make money during Europe, and then they make money with the television. What else? How else are they making money? And I guess the online site, if it's even. Oh, they have a money. lot of circuit events now, and they. Uh, okay, and, the circuit and, events. Yeah, the, of course, the online site uh, has some potential in the future. To, to right now, it's not making much money, but it has potential in the future, and it's it's just a uh, it's a brand everybody loves. It's it's a very beloved, established. Tournament series in poker, it's it's the most uh, popular and beloved and respected tournament series in poker, period. The, the, nothing else even comes close. Yeah, but where else could it be held, something that size? Well, that's the weird thing is that you think, yeah, they, it has to be something with a lot of convention space. And, and uh, they, they have that at the Venetian. The, 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 Sands, the Sands Expo. The Sands Convention Center. But they, they don't, there's not a whole lot of properties that have that type of space. And, of course, you need the space, the physical space for the events, and you need the parking. And the Rio is perfect for that because they have these huge lots. I know park. people aren't going to like it. If it went to MGM, I would think more appropriately that the, the only, I think the only property they'd be able to actually have it that it could fit, and it's not also a logistical nightmare, would be the Mandalay Bay because they do have a very big convention center at Mandalay Bay. Um, and it's not also, I don't think they have the parking. Well, yet. they have a huge – I don't know how big it is, but they have a huge parking garage and they have uh, self-parking. Um, and then right next to it, there's also parking at their other two properties that are within walking distance, the Excalibur and the Luxor. Um, but I'm just thinking from a standpoint of other MGM properties, where else would you think it could be? I mean, even though the Bellagio's are crown jewel, you know, with the Aria, I don't think there's enough space there. No, not, not even close. Yeah. Well, anyhow, it's good to speculate, I guess, but, uh. I mean, it would be a while before yeah. it happened, but this is, this is the first time, and I mentioned this last week on the show when, when I saw that news story. That was the first time I saw something out of this whole bankruptcy mess that I thought, wow, this isn't just 
bunch of crap between the, you know, their creditors and, and second lien holders and all this other stuff that's not going to affect the average person. This is the first time I'm seeing that there really is a fair chance that Caesars is going to be gone in a few years. And, and I really wouldn't like to see that because as you guys know, I've, I've, uh, really gotten to know their, their total reward system very well and earn seven star every year and make the most out of it. And, and there's nothing like that with any other casinos players club. So I'd be, I would actually be sad. Even though I like to criticize Caesars a lot, the, Bad things about Caesars, all the fail, is actually responsible for why there's a lot of good things about them. Because uh, uh, a lot of times, the, what's bad about something is what's good about something, and vice versa. So uh, once this I'm is surprised all gone, they haven't scrapped that whole thing yet. What whole thing? Like the seven star and all that stuff. I mean, <laughs> well, no, I know that's very popular. They're never going to scrap that. Scrap it. <laughs> well, not scrap it, but like retool it. Oh, b- like- believe me, I, I could go on forever on this. If I, if someone just, if they just hired me at Caesars and said, uh, "Can you fix our program and and make it better?" I, I could make it better in so many ways for them and the players. I could make it to where all the fail is gone, all the contradictions are gone, all the the confusing stuff about it is gone, and I could also make it to thwart players like me who are just kind of, like, kind of grind the system and get maximum value. I, I could find – without. It, I'm not even saying it would have to be me, like just me or someone like me who just fully understands it and could take a look at it and instantly see the fail and remove it. It's, it's not rocket science. but like they don't David have David Bezov? What? Do you think David Bezov could do that? I, I don't know what David Bezov's skill set. I mean, he's the CEO. He has different <laughs> responsibilities. Like, uh, I, I don't know if I don't know if he'd be good at that sort of thing. But he'd just uh, say, "Cut the whole thing." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it it really wouldn't be that hard. And the guy who does the Seven Stars Insider website, which is sevenstarsinsider.com, dot com, and he's he's not a Caesar's employee. He's just a Seven Stars who likes to write about all the fail and, and tries to give everyone advice. It's a good site. Uh, that guy would be another one. Like they could hire to eliminate all the stupidity and he 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 says himself he's shocked at, at how they don't uh how they keep making so many stupid mistakes like he has so much material every month to write about different forms of caesar's fail that uh and he's not even like anti-caesar's like he he likes caesar's but at the same time he recognizes all its flaws and it's it's just he scratches his head and i scratch my head wondering how they make so many dumb mistakes because so many of these are avoidable and they just keep making them so but i so this the program definitely needs some freshening up and retooling and and it's funny because I between this radio show and between another forum I'm part of where there's a lot of people who are just gamblers not poker players and I get to talk to them there's a lot of people who gamble a lot play negative EV games have to be big losers overall like the type of type of customer seizures would love and I've watched several of them leave because of the fail because of how confusing everything is because of how de-empowered all the hosts are now. Like, there's so many things that could be changed, and they're losing these these big gamblers that are just sick of everything. They're just sick of the bureaucracy, sick of the problem, sick of the fail, sick of how it's impossible to get the same answer from from two different people that work there. That people just get sick of it, and they quit, and they just go to MGM or somewhere else to gamble. They must be losing a ton of these customers just from frustrating, just from being frustrating to high rollers who just don't want to deal with the crap. See, I deal with the crap because I also get the good side of dealing with the crap and that I get the maximum value out of it. But they don't care about that. They just want to play. They just want to gamble. And then they get pissed when uh, either there's a lot of fail, a lot of confusion, or they're not treated. Uh, like bureaucracy gets in the way with uh, 
giving them the smallest thing that they need. So uh, there's a lot that that could and should be changed there. And I, I just I've always wondered why they just hire someone, a consultant, whose entire job it is to go through everything and just eliminate the fail. I like can empower someone there to eliminate the stupidity there. And I think that would they would say the money they would make back from that would be many, many, many times over above that guy's salary. So probably because it would cut jobs and the got people in charge of doing that probably <laughs> just want to keep themselves and you know keep themselves employed. Yeah, they've. I mean, we talked about poker stars before with having a lot of fat. They have a lot of fat at Caesars too. And and whenever they cut the fat, they cut the wrong places. Like they they've been cutting maintenance out from from the hotels. That's how they've been saving money. They're cutting out maintenance. And and the properties are suffering for it. Like people people are pissed. They stay at Caesars and there's all kind of maintenance problems or. The elevators have missing buttons and you know, things like that. They just stay like that for a long time. People just go, "I'm not coming back here." This, I called for maintenance. Maintenance can't come for five hours. Like it's, and every time the maintenance person comes, they talk trash about Caesars. It's funny. Well, that means more. Uh, if they're cutting maintenance, people, that means Tony Big Charles, seven card two thousand three. He's going to have more closets to sleep in, right? <laughs> yeah, Tony Big Charles. I once tried to get him on this show, and I, I you know, this is a guy who. Basically uh, plays very low limit poker for a living, and and he admits he, he's someone who openly admits he has Aspergers, and is a very, very strange guy. But uh, I, I thought he'd be interesting to be on this show, and his response to me was, "I don't understand how that's going to benefit me any." <laughs> I didn't know what to say back to that. Yeah, he wants to get paid. Yeah, I get maybe that's what he was angle at. He he doesn't realize we're not Mark Hoke. We don't have. Uh, well, next time he moves back to Vegas, just give him some type of uh, coupon or something that you yeah, never maybe, get Yeah, maybe you know what I could have given him. Like, I, I actually had too many food vouchers, I, which I didn't mean to have happen, but I just I ended up like I was accumulating them for a big meal. I ended up never eating, and then I just left, and I think I wasted like eight of them. I was really pissed at myself. I, I really I wasted like eight food vouchers. I could have like a. A feast instead of eating at the fail American Grill one day, and I didn't. So let's let's talk about the uh, the other poker story, aside from a net fifteen. The, oh, the the David Tuckman and uh, Brandon. Do you have the ability to play that sound clip or or not? If not, uh, we can switch who's running this. He's actively tweeting right now. We should see if we can get him to call in. Oh, a seven card. <laughs> no, 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 Tuckman. Oh, Tuckman is. Oh, yeah, I'd love to have him on here. Like, I, I'll, I'll say something about Tuckman. He was actually the announcer when I was at the 2013 final table of the uh, 10,000 or the 5,000 limit event. And, uh, you know, even David Baker was just being a complete dick and, and just finding every reason to criticize me. Uh, I'll say that Tuckman was very polite. Like, he, he never joined in on that crap. He just, uh, he just announced. And in fact, he even stated a few times that he felt bad for me because I was taking a lot of bad beats there. Like, he even, uh, uh, he he didn't say anything bad, and he was uh, in fact defending me a little bit sometimes when uh, David Baker was just constantly going off on me. So, uh, and and he had no idea. Like David Baker, you know, he's like a respected player, they, and he's a known good limit hold'em player. So they they bring him into comment. They don't realize he's got a bias against uh, someone at the table. So anyway, but yeah, if Tuckman wants to call in, I'd love to have him on. But uh, uh, and apparently, I got breaking news here that, and I can't play the sound effect, but. David Tuckman has been banned from 2 plus 2. Really? Yeah, I got that uh, information on the wire from a very reliable source that uh, Tuckman has been banned. 
This here's the <laughs> here's the screenshot. You have been banned for the following reason: public personal attacks will not be tolerated to participate on two plus two. Date the ban will be lifted. Never. <laughs> so he's he's a goner from two plus two because he called Mason Malmy the clown. At, at first, like he wasn't banned. At first, he was responding in that thread to Mason. In fact, he was polite about it, saying because they. Well, let's. Uh, is Brandon here? I haven't heard him for a while. Uh oh. See, I I want to play the sound clip. It's not very very long, but I can't do it. At least I don't okay, I'm going to tweet at him right now. Maybe I can do it. You know what? There might be a way for me to do it. I've been saying I can't do it, but that it may not be accurate. Maybe I can do it. Let's see here. I, I'm going to try. Uh, the way we'll test this is, if China Maniac, if you can hear it, then it means everybody else can hear it. Right. So here, I'm just going to test it with a, just a YouTube, a random YouTube. I'm just going to click on any random YouTube that comes up. Uh, here's the Aussie Millions. Can you hear this? Yep. <laughs> It's actually an ad, but yeah, okay, good. So I can, all this time I say I can't take, now I can't take phone calls, but I can, uh, I can play sound effects. Okay, good. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play the, the David Tuckman, which I didn't have prepared, so just give me a moment here. Hold on, what's the number? It's 775 fraud 55? Yes. Yeah, it's the same number. I'm actually forwarding it to Brandon's Skype. That's how it's working this time. So I, oh, even yeah. though it's my number, I can't take the call. I'll wait till Brandon gets back actually, in, you know and then I'll. You know what? I could actually turn off the forwarding and take calls too. <laughs> I guess I could take control of the whole thing here. Now that I'm thinking of it, I guess I'm thinking too much back in the mic on down down days when I just was, like had no power. But here, here I really could like take control back where Brandon doesn't come back at will. So let's see here, and still like let it run without shutting down the show. So let me. I'm going to go to the David Tuckman sound file, and then I will explain what Tuckman was talking about. Should, should I tweet at him now or wait? Yes, yeah, say, say sure. Yeah, say yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So I'm going to now. I got to fast forward to. I got to fast forward to 28:42 on this, uh, so it's got to load up on my end too of this podcast. This was on the Chicago Joey podcast. Let's see, 28:42. Get to there, near there. Okay, here. Uh, so, this is David Tuckman talking about Mason Malmuth, and uh, you playing the I'm clip? Gonna, yeah, I'm going to play the clip, okay. which it turns out I can do. I didn't know I could do that, and then I will uh, talk about why he said he what he did. Here it comes. Him and the, the doctor and uh, Mason Malmuth are having. Do you guys chat about that at all, dude? Okay, I, I don't want to. I think Mason Malmuth's a fucking clown. I'll come out and say it. I'm sorry. I, I just I'm like, like to come out and say that like there's no like mental game is that it means nothing. It's it, I, I, to me that's ridiculous. It doesn't make any. Now before I continue this, what he's talking about is Mason Malmuth released a book called Real Poker Psychology, and the reason it's called Real Poker Psychology, which I didn't realize when I first talked about the book on this show, I didn't quite know the history, but I do now. Uh, this whole book is a troll job against someone Mason doesn't like. I wonder, like, why would Mason release a book after all this time? He hasn't written books in so long. He's been publishing books, but he publishes books written by other people. Uh, why would Mason, after all this time, write a book? And why would he call it just real poker psychology instead of just poker psychology? Is he well, taking a is, shot Negreanu? Well, no, not not Negreanu. There was a there's a doctor, a, a doctor of psychology named uh, Doctor Trisha Cardner, who wrote a book about poker psychology. And Mason, for whatever reason, hated that book so much. And hated what she had to say in the book so much that, uh, as a troll job to her, he called it real poker psychology and wrote his own version. 
And, and he was basically saying in the book, and this is what uh, Tuckman's criticizing, that there's no mental game in poker. That uh, that her whole description of the mental game in poker is a huge exaggeration. It doesn't really exist, and uh, uh, so that's that's what Tuckman's talking about. He's defending Dr. Fisher Cardinal. I'll continue. It doesn't make any sense, and I don't know why. Like he comes out and like like just like comes out and ha- tries to hammer like. Trisha Cardner and, and Elliot Rowe, whatever it might be. Like, to me, it's like they're actually helping some people. And I will say, like, I've had Dr. Cardner on, like, I want to say probably eight or nine times over the last six, seven months. I've had Elliot mm-hmm. Rowe on a couple times. I've had Jared Tendler on. I mean, is Jared Tendler full of shit, too, then, according to Mason Malmuth? Well, I, I at first, uh, I think when I had Mason on the podcast, he... He said that he really liked some of Mace, or some of uh, Jared's work, but also disagreed with some of it. But last time I checked, I think he has changed his viewpoint on that opinion. And now it's he now thinks he. I'm 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 very I'm very positive that he thinks uh, the mental game of poker has a lot of bad advice in there. It's all a joke. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say I I can't go quite that word of uh, of a joke, but I think that he. What's your opinion? I don't know, Mason, I'm sure. What, what's your, like what's your opinion? I mean, I don't think I don't think Mason's necessarily saying that the complete idea of having okay, forget about Mason. What do joke. you think? I want to know what you think, dude. But by the way, uh, Chicago Joey is uh, a known <laughs> softballer. He has a show where the entire purpose is to have various names in poker on the show, and he softballs questions to them, like super softball. So he's really afraid to ever state his opinion like this. Dude, seriously, like I mean, what do I when think? We, we talk what about, do I think when about? We talk, I, I, we talk about poker. We talk about the analytics, the analytical side of poker, and we talk about the live aspect of poker, and we talk about the mental game, of, mental aspect of poker. What do you think? I mean, is there a place for a mental game coach? I think that it's very hard to be a mental game coach of poker when you aren't good at poker and you don't have any, like you have absolutely no poker ability or credentials on your own. You know, I think that's that's basically Mason's uh, that's what he takes issue with is that there are people putting out this poker content that like have their, I don't play poker. They're not good at poker. They they're they don't like and I think that's sort of uh, that's what he takes issue with. And I So that that's what Chicago Joey's trying to say in Mason's defense that Mason is claiming that people like this Dr. Trisha Cardner are not good poker players, so they, they don't have any place no, writing a book about poker. I know that name. Jared them. Handler or Tendler who's that? If for some reason I know that name. Uh he's like a he's like a poker coach. Oh. Hmm. Okay, let's let's uh finish this off here. It's almost done this clip. And I can understand that. I I'm I've always been the same way whenever there's a, a coach or whenever there's you know, <laughs> someone creating some type of strategic advice <laughs> that isn't actually good at the game. You know, I always question how good it actually is. And I'm sure it helps some people. I'm sure some people are gonna be helped by it. Hey, I've got, but, I've got Maria Ho calling me. By the way, shout out to Maria. Tell Maria I said hello. Do, uh, do you want to? You want to? No, 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 no. I can't. I, I can't even do it. She's like, I'm, she actually called me on cell phone. Hey, Maria, what's going on? Hi, what's up? How are? <laughs> Forget the Maria Ho call. It was actually very boring. Uh, she's like, oh, hi, everybody. You know, what I, uh, I know this is off topic, but you say that this guy Joey, what's his name? Joey who? Chicago, Chicago Joey. Yeah, Chicago that he Joey. throws. Never heard of him, but you say he throws softball questions. But like, what? I mean, unless you did something bad, what would be hardball questions? I don't really understand. I mean, he'll have people on there 
for like in controversial situations, like for example that poker star supernova elite thing, and he he really really will ask like the the easiest questions to where there's no chance the guest will be stumped or look bad or or have to answer something very tough or, or controversial. He just he really uh, it, it's a very softball type show. Okay, and uh, and like sometimes like when I ask people to come on this show, if if I agree with them. I, I'm actually careful to tell them I will softball them in a way because, like, if I fully agree with them, I'm not going to be criticized. I'll say, like, uh, like one time there was a guy who had his room broken into in, in the Rio. That was the Rio's fault because they actually issued uh, – uh, they issued someone else the keys to his room because they double-checked in his room. And then the person who – the second person to come into his room stole his stuff and stole his money. So uh, when I asked this guy to come on, I made sure he understood I wasn't going to be criticizing him or calling his story into question, but that I fully agreed with him. And it was going to be a quote a friendly interview. So that that's fine if you like fully agree with the person. You want them to know you're not going to be attacking them or trying to make them look bad. But Chicago Joey, he he has these people on, and he's supposedly like a, a neutral uh, party who just have you know, that's what he pretends he is. But in reality, he acts like he's everybody's friend. He doesn't ever ask the tough questions on his show. So that that's what I mean by he softballs. And that's why I don't really watch his show. He does like a video cast, and I, think I don't. Tom China is this what you were talking about earlier? Is this the guy that does a video, whatever? Yeah, no, that's that's well, he's one, and then uh, Lyman does one too. Yeah, I enjoy I, Joey's podcast. I mean, he does do he softballs. He's a little bit of a ball washer to like yeah. people that are on there, but like overall, like the guests are pretty good, and sometimes there's good content. <laughs> Yeah, he does have good guests. Like he'll get on the relevant guests. He's good at, at getting that on the show. But uh, you're not going to hear like a lot of uh, hard hitting, controversial content or. So he's like content. a 11:30 late night talk show host. He's like a Jimmy Fallon. Like he's not asking Hillary Clinton or any of the guests on there the hardball questions. He's asking right, them, right. you know, yes. about their shoes or some funny quip. Yeah. Or even if it's about a controversial situation, he'll kind of just let them talk and ask very easy questions or very general questions without. Uh, Getting into anything that could be tough for them to answer or make them potentially look bad. So, anyway, that uh, so that's that's the clip there. And then what happened after that? After this clip about Mason being a clown, uh, they this was posted on Two Plus Two. Uh, Mason started bashing him and basically said that. You haven't read my book. He was saying to Tuckman, you haven't read my book, which is true. I guess Tuckman hasn't read his book. Tuckman was just following the controversy about the book. He said, you haven't read my book, so stop characterizing what I'm saying in the book because you haven't read it. And, and uh, Mason was being very arrogant there. And, of course, there were all the uh, 2 plus 2 Mason ass-kissers there who were backing him. And then Tuckman showed up, and I wasn't sure what was going to happen at first. So, so right before Tuckman showed up, that professional poker guy – that blue mod over there who once posted on Poker Fraud Alert. Do you remember when he was posting here? Hmm? Professional poker. You know that blue mod over on uh, – his name is uh, Mike Minkoff, I think. But he, he was posting on Poker Fraud Alert for a short time. Professional poker. That yeah. Sounds familiar. He's, he's, like a, he's like the right-hand man of Mason. Like he's uh, <coughs> he's been a long-time Mason ass-kisser, and he's a blue mod. He's like the highest mod there that doesn't own the site. I think he owns part of their book thing, or even part of two plus two. He might. I'm not sure. actually. I'm, yeah, I, I can't say for sure he doesn't own anything. But he's anyway. This guy will bend over backwards to defend Mason at every turn, uh, even with the most ridiculous things Mason says and does. This guy's like the biggest ass kisser for Mason. But despite that, for a brief time after I returned to two plus two and I was allowed to return there under the kilowatt account, me and him like got along sort of <laughs> okay. 
<coughs> like like we even chatted on Skype sometimes. We weren't like friends, but we got along, and he was posting on Poker Fraud Alert sometimes, which actually kind of surprised me. Uh, but then it all went sour when people started bashing him, saying he was a Mason Bullocker and and go back to two plus two loser and things like that. And then and then really the end for him was when he had the nerve to come out and accuse me of uh, spamming two plus two with Poker Fraud Alert links, which I never did. Like I would, I post a poker fraud alert link like in a very relevant situation, like when there was a, they were discussing something we'd already discussed on poker fraud alert, and I'm like, hey, I did a big write up of this here. I put a, a link to it, but like I, I contributed so much thoughtful content over there. I was not, not even close to a spammer. For the, for him to be accusing me of that was outrageous. Do you still have yeah. a working account there? I mean, don't say the name, but no, you have. No, a... I no, I, I don't have any account there, honestly. Is sometimes it true that you pissed him off so bad that he said that your son Benjamin is has a lifetime ban too? <laughs> he probably would. I bet if I bet if Benjamin registered there in like 13 years, he'd probably be banned, like insta banned if they knew who he was, even if they knew it was really him and not me. But but anyway, poker uh, professional poker, he wasn't banned here, but he he just left on his own accord because everyone bashed him, and deservedly so. But he he has been very much inserting himself into this whole thing, and he's been arguing with people on Twitter on Mason's behalf, and uh, so he he pulled a uh, clever little thing. On Tuckman, by offering Mason <coughs> Malmuth's book at ten percent off if they use the promo code Tuckman, so you could buy real poker psychology for ten percent off using the code Tuckman. So that was to mock Tuckman for his criticism. And instead of getting mad about it, Tuckman showed up on Two Plus Two and posted, "Brilliant, well played, sir. I'd love a copy and the opportunity to discuss it with you." So I think I think he was kind of asking for a free copy, but uh, but he actually said it was brilliant what they did there with offering a, with his name. He didn't like get pissed and say, "Hey, you don't use my name for that." Like he he totally took it in good humor. And uh, so then I didn't really follow what happened from there, but uh, something between then and now, which was about a week ago, <laughs> since then he's been banned. He just got banned today. I, I'm not trying to be difficult. I swear I'm not exaggerating for hyperbole, but. I, up until tonight, I didn't know who this Tuckman was. Other than the world's, oh, okay, I know China told me he does commentary and I know a little bit about him. How long has he been on the scene for? I don't know. I, I don't I mean, know. Is, that he, much about is him. he relatively I new, would you guess? Like a couple of years he's been around? I think so because okay. I first, I didn't really know who he was when he was commentating my final table in 2013, but, but he was. I was, he was calling there. him Touchman. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I. I think he plays a lot of live, no limit. Yeah, he pl- he's a player too, right? And that's that's uh, and and that's in the same podcast, which I'm not going to bother playing. He was saying that he's uh, you know, talking about saying that he's a player himself, and uh, that yeah, he can't. Is this guy like him. really well known? Like, no, it- okay. Now, Who's like more well known, the Tuckman or me in the poker world? Uh, that's, it's hard to answer because I don't know how many people really know Tuckman. Like, it's it's hard to, and I honestly I don't really know how many people know you. Like, I, I kind of well, love. The guy he does the World Series of Poker stream, so I mean he gets yeah he must get a shitload probably, of viewers, right? Probably is better known than Brandon. Sorry. How many years is it? Well, that's not a good sign. It's only been a few well, years, but the, but like more recent counts. It's not like he did. Is he more years. well known than you, Druff? He's got to be then, if that's, if that's yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, I mean that's uh, okay. I've never heard of him, but hmm. I know he's not like a, a huge name in poker. But it's just, uh, but he he does do those World Series of Poker broadcasts, and and I also heard that he's deaf, but uh, somehow uses uh, some sort of. Uh, Amplification to where he can do these, and number one, I mean, he's not completely deaf, but he's like mostly deaf. Like Helen Keller deaf? No, I think kind of like what what Rush Limbaugh was at one point. Did you hear how that happened to Rush Limbaugh because he abused pain pills? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like Rush Limbaugh, he had like he wasn't doing it for pleasure, but he had like back problems, and then he just started. He just got addicted to pain pills and just did more and more and more, and it it affected 
uh, he, it caused other problems for him. And and at one point he was almost completely deaf, and he had to like they they would like blast the broadcast in his ear, and even then sometimes he couldn't hear, and they had to like transcribe quickly on the screen what was being said to him by the callers. So uh, he w- but he was doing the show and getting away with it, like no one was figuring it out, and he'd speak normally. So uh, Tuckman, I think, is kind of like that, and it's it's impressive because you can't tell. And uh, and he goes on these podcasts like uh, like Chicago Joey's, and you can't tell he's deaf. But uh, I heard he's mostly deaf. But I'm, I'm not criticizing him. I think that's great that he can get around that and still do a, a good job. But uh, I thought anyway, deaf that's, people that's, talk that's, funny, though. You know what? I think it only makes you talk funny if you've always been deaf. If, if oh, you've just yeah. become deaf like later, and I don't know when Tuckman's problem started, but like if if I went deaf today, I think I'd probably sound the same. It'd be a little bit weird, but like I, I don't think it would affect my talking. I just think uh, now, if I was deaf since I was a little kid, then yes, then I would sound really funny. Yeah, well, you're right. It is kind of impressive. It, it's kind of like uh, I don't know if you ever thought of this before. Somebody who is blind since birth has no idea what sight is. They don't know what something looking like means. They they have no idea. They can't even picture what that means to them. Uh, I, I've even wondered how someone who is blind since birth, how they even develop like a sexual preference because you can't even see you can't see women, you can't see men so how do you like know Like every hand job is just a hand job wherever it blows yeah, up, I mean, that's, blows that's, what up it, that's what it seemed like to me, like how would I know whether it's uh, men or women I like because I can't see them And I, but uh, if you went blind later in life, even as a kid but you know, to where you can remember seeing then it's a whole different story because then, uh, then everything that's described to you you can picture from what you remember from before so if if I were to go blind today, this uh, it, it would be terrible. I'd hate it, but uh, but it, it, I, I people could describe things to me, and I could picture it in my mind. So it's, I think it's kind of the same thing with like deaf since uh, since birth or deaf later. And I'm, I'm guessing if if what I heard about Tuckman is true, he probably went deaf later. He sounds totally normal. Would you uh, rather be deaf or blind if you had to be oh, one? Deaf for sure. Yeah, I agree. Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. And. Uh, you know, I, I got to know a lot of blind people because for my calling of party lines, there were a lot of blind people on those things. And I, I met some in person, and uh, uh, it's, you know, some of them, they're just used to it. Like, they just, uh, like, they don't walk around every day going, oh, this sucks, I'm blind, wow, it's depressing. Like, they, that's just what they're used to. They they live their life normally other than just not being able to do so. What about like, dumb or being a mute? Uh, be dumb, like, like, what do you mean? Like, like, how dumb? Like, well, they said that Helen Keller was deaf, dumb, blind, and mute. I don't know if it's true. That's what they're saying. It says that she was deaf, dumb. Not like dumb, dumb, but like whatever the actual definition of dumb is. Oh, that's dumb. Okay, no, that's a... Uh, um, well, a lot of this goes together, though. That's, that can't really be... Okay. Well, anyhow, and, and, well, TMLK is calling. Ballin! By the way, I want, I want to give you a comment here. But I probably shouldn't give this person any kind of. Uh, I, I shouldn't give. Fallen. I shouldn't give this guy. Tell me if you agree with this team, MLK. Jay Searles claims that since I came to the show tonight, that I've ruined the show. It had a good vibe, and now I've made it dull. What do you think? Well, I, I just tuned in because oh, okay. I tuned okay. in for the uh, Captain Zambian, and uh, he always puts on a good show. You. I have to agree with Marty that you are self-centered, and it's all How about you. you. All people, come on, you of all people say I'm self-centered. 
Yeah, because it's all about you. Like, even when I wanted to bring up a point, the other radio show, you're like, well, no, 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 no. Hold on. It's like, what? <laughs> like, because you, interrupt, have you interrupt the topic, that's why. Not so, really. So, so what do you want to say now? Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to call in and support Brandon, Drexel Gerson. Nice. Thank you, Tim. Cap- Captain Zambian, the Pussy Whisperer. How, how's things going? Uh, very good. A little bit of technical fail tonight on the show, but other than that, everything is going great. Uh, what's new with you? How's life in Canada? What's what? What have you been up to? Uh, not too much. It's not even that cold, really. I'm still wearing my uh, summer jacket and my hat, and that's all. I'm, everything's good. Tim, okay. How many years have you been calling in the radio? It's been a while now. It's got to be close to what eight years? Nine, well, seven years? Longer. I called in back in the NWP days. <laughs> so you've been calling in since like 2008 or so. 2008, 2009. Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was, I've, I have my uh, mark on every radio content. <laughs> Even Marty's website, I had. I uh, remember that. <laughs> I called in Marty's fucking show one time, and uh, yeah. I gotta say, TMMLK is one of my definitely one of my favorite call-ins. You, you know what I liked <laughs> of TMMLK was when he called into. Donkdown Radio after I had left, and uh, Micon was all happy to hear from him. And the Micon, this is a while after I left. This is like in uh, April or May 2012, so this site was already up. And uh, and so Micon was all happy. He's like, "Oh, Team MLK, I haven't heard you in a while." And so like at first, the call starts out normally and everything's very friendly, and then Team MLK says, "You know, screw this show. Nobody listens to this thing. I want everybody to go listen to PokerFraudAlert.com. PFA, PFA." <laughs> Mike, I didn't know what to do. He didn't expect that to, to, to be hitting him on his own show. I wasn't there for Well, that. I mean, I predicted the demise of... Uh, we did. I remember MVP. that. Now, TMLK, they're, they're, they're asking the chat uh, to give a Super Bowl prediction. They want TMLK's uh, lock I think for the final game. Yeah, I think Denver has got a shot to win it all. But that's not a prediction, Which, though. Is, is it a shot or are they going to win? Cover like uh, is it, what, I, the they're going to cover. They they, sh- they should win. That doesn't sound they really uh, confident though. They should yeah, I win. Bet on that. What on do you mean? I'm I'm taking a five and a half point underdog and saying they should win. Well, no. What I'm no saying problem. is, if, what are you advising people? You're saying take Denver with the points. Is that the see money lock? Put your mouth I'm, where your yeah. money is. Yeah, money where your the mouth sea is. Money, the, oh, I can't say the wormhole, but the TMMLK black hole. Lock is Denver plus five and a half slash six with Denver outright. Outright. Oh. All right for the win. So Denver's probably paying plus 200, it's my guess. Now, what time is it uh, in Quebec or where are you in Quebec, Vancouver, Edmonton? Where are you? In Ontario. Uh, Ontario. It's 341 in the morning. Yikes. Now, did you just you wake up? up this later just, just for the yeah, show? Yeah, that was my question. Well, I just uh, in, um, seen that the radio was on and didn't think Todd was going to be on, so I was all excited. And uh, sure enough, I called the uh, Captain Zambian and Todd's on. Shout out to Poker Pete. Shout out to Judonk. Free Judonk. I don't understand. Like, Todd, in all honesty, you shouldn't have created that thread about Judonk. What? Like, what just pay on the forty dollars. Oh. It doesn't matter how he treats you. Like I treat you unfairly sometimes, and you put up well, with I'm it. I'm glad you admit that. That's, that's the first time I've gotten that admission. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's part of the site, you know. It's not. 
it's well, not so let's, let's, let's talk about this. It does have to do with the radio. So, or here, I'll, I'll talk about this. I'll explain it to the radio audience about what I did here. We'll see what people think of this, okay? Uh, Marty, a.k.a. Tide, a.k.a. Judonk. No, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you get into this, I have to be fair. Earlier today, China mentioned to me that Marty wanted to come on. And I said to him that he's more than welcome to come on, but there's not going to be any bashing you because that's not the type of show that this is supposed to be about. So now I just have to say to you, and I'm not saying you were, but in case you were, I have to say to you, you shouldn't bash Marty because I defended you and said I wasn't going to allow him to come on and talk about you. So I don't think it's appropriate for you to talk about him. If but it's something that's talk, negative. You don't want to wait to bash him or talk about no, him? No, well, I'm just saying if you have anything negative to say, it shouldn't be said on this show. Well, I, I just wanted to explain right, why. because I, I said the same comment. thing to him. Okay, right, but I'm just saying, okay. I just don't think. I mean, if he does, if he does call in, you guys should each take. Well, if they both want no to way, talk to each other, that's fine. No but way, I wasn't going to allow. No you're going to get a back and forth. You guys no, that's should each why. take like thirty <laughs> seconds. You know, I just tell him to call in now. It's happened before, though. Yeah, I just mean, have if him he, he call in. I'll do it now. Let's I, get it over with because I know people want to hear it. As long as it's respectful, let's let's. I, mean, uh, the, I, I think on one side it won't be, but well, I'll be the mediator. I'll keep everything okay, under control. This can't but anyway, it's fail. Hey, Marty is forty dollars. Well, explain to people China. Do you have a contact? Do you have a line? I know what you're gonna say. Hold on, hold on. I want. Hold on. Calm down. Calm down. Blah blah blah. Okay. Calm down one second. China, do you have a line? Because if we're going to do this now is a time. If you have a way to contact him, see if he'll call him now. It's a normal phone number. Uh, it's the fraud, 775-FRAUD-55. If you're listening. But I, sh- I should explain this part because once he's on here, he's not going to let me Okay, explain. so go ahead and explain. China, get him the call if he wants to talk. Yes. Come on. So here's what happened because a lot of people don't follow the forums. So they don't know. And I just it was saying you dropped that earlier when China mentioned it, that I made a point that I wasn't yeah, going to let him come heard, on heard, and heard trash you, but I don't want you to try. You know, it's just a, a equity fair. That's not what we're doing on the show, but okay. So go ahead, please. Explain so this is important. the $40. About, yeah. well, I shouldn't say it's important, but it happened. It has to do with radio, so I think it's worth mentioning. He played in the free roll. Uh, a few weeks ago, and he won first place in that free roll, which is $40. Now, to start off, I will say this. He did have the eligibility to play. He he was eligible to play. He was eligible to win. He won fairly. So uh, I was all ready to pay him the $40. No problem. And I still believe that he's owed the $40. I'm not even denying that. Wait, However, he, he I, still I, hasn't I got I, paid, you're saying? What was, what, not, what was that? You're saying he still hasn't got paid? He has still not been paid, but I'll explain why. That was like two weeks ago, wasn't it? I know. I'll explain why. (laughs) He still hasn't got paid? I I want to explain why I'm not paying him yet. Okay, I'm not refusing to pay him. I just haven't paid him yet. I have paid out over 700 free roll prizes here. The money didn't come from me. It was from other users, but I've been distributing the money that gets sent to me first by the donors, and then I distribute it. And every time somebody wins a prize, they have to PM me or email me or whatever and say, hey, I won, and then I pay them in their way of choice. Every single time, and when I say every single one, I mean 100% of the prizes claimed. Everybody has done it in any respectful manner. By respectful, I don't mean you have to kiss my ass. You don't have to thank me. You don't have to beg me. You don't have to say you like me. All you have to do is say, I finished in third place in such and such dates free roll. Uh, can you send it to me on PayPal into this email address? Or send it to me in Bitcoin. Send it to me in cash to this address. Whatever. And you say that. You don't have to say thank you. You don't have to be nice. You just have to be businesslike. Just, just state the fact and then I'll say, okay, it's been sent, and I'll send it, and that's it. Very simple. What I've never had in all the free roll contests we've had here in four years is someone approaching me after they win in a nasty and insulting fashion. And I don't mean insulting like I've, I'm being overly sensitive. 
I, I mean like, hey, you asshole, I just won $40 in your shitty site. I'm not donating this back to the losers who play here, so you better send this and you better fucking send it right now. So, like, so that, wait, that's pretty what much what he sent What are you saying, that Sixto Pete never cashed in a free roll? When Sixto Pete was listening to this show yeah. until the very, very joke, end, he actually liked the show and actually actually was respectful toward me in the show. That's what was so amazing that he turned mm. around so quickly and, and hated me. Right. But, but he, he wasn't a jerk to me. During so, the run of the show, when he was, you know, before we had our problems. So, so. Marty cashed in the free roll. Then did he immediately create a thread about? Yes. He immediately created mm-hmm. a thread, just bashing the site, bashing me, bashing the show, and demanding his forty dollars immediately, and, and profanity laden. Not, and he didn't even send one PM to me, just saying I finished first in the free roll. Send me the forty dollars in whatever way he wants. He didn't do it. He just he made this public post demanding it, insulting me, insulting the site, and so so that doesn't disqualify you from winning. But I'm the one who's distributing it. I'm the one who's putting out the effort to distribute it. it it's a pain in the ass, to be honest. It's not very all that time consuming, but it's a pain in the ass week after week to you know five prizes sent to five different people. It's not a full time job, but it's something that's. Uh, a little bit of a hassle, but of course I do because I enjoy having the free roll here and I, I enjoy the people donate money to it and I enjoy that our listeners get to win money. And I think that's great, but, but do I like the, the actual sending of the money and, and, uh, the, you know, the, all the effort involved in doing that? It's, it's a bit of a pain in the ass week after week is something that just, uh, uh, takes Ch- a little time and effort to China, do. Is but- Marty even going to call in? Do you know? Is he awake? So, so my my position. Uh, that's a good I, I, I just sent him a Skype. Okay. Yeah, my position is this: He's still welcome to get the forty dollars, but he has to ask the same way that seven hundred people before him have asked. He doesn't have to ask any nicer. He doesn't have to say, "Please give it to me." Hey, Druff, I love you. I think you're great. Oh, I'm sorry for the way I treat. Nothing. He, all he has to do is just send a PM. Or now that he's banned for unrelated reasons, he can send an email and say, "I won forty dollars in the free roll on this date." Send it to me on PayPal this way or whatever way he wants it, and I'll send it to him. Now, he's saying he's not going to do that. He's not going to grovel. It's not about groveling. It's doing exactly what I expect out of everybody. Why? Because it's a free roll because it's not your right to the money. And even though other people donated the money, it wasn't my money. It's money that was donated for a free roll taking place on my site. The only reason the money was donated is because this show exists. And I don't need anyone to kiss my ass, but – if you're going to redeem a promotion on this site, which is what it is, then when you're redeeming it, you have to do it at least semi-respectfully. You can't you can't uh, come in an insulting and aggressive manner and demand the money because you, you can demand the money if I owe it to you. Like if I borrowed forty dollars from him and he demands it back, there I can understand more that I have to give it no matter what. But this is something he's getting for free. This is free money he's getting through my site. My site didn't sponsor it, but my site, it, it's, it's where it's running, and it's, it's the whole reason the money is donated, and it's because this show exists that the money is donated. The people who are donating are doing so because they like this show and this community. So all he has to do is ask like everybody else has asked. I'm not asking him to do a, a bit more than anybody else, but if every single person who won the free roll over a period of four years can ask respectfully without me even asking them to. I've, ne- I've never demanded, hey, make sure you come to me respectfully. You guys know who've listened to every episode like Mumbles Badly. You guys know, and I've never said, make sure to ask me respectfully or I'm not sending it to you. I've never had to say that because every other person who's won has been an adult and just requests it in a respectful manner because they know they just want free money on my site, and they're happy. Well, listen, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. It's not for me to judge, really, at this point. I've been around the whole history. But I think, regardless, and again, I will say, before I 
render my opinion completely that it's your site and you have the right to do whatever the hell you want. And just like you said in the post, people don't like it. And oh, well, you know, they know where the door is. But I think this is somewhat personal for you. I think it was any other user that did it that you wouldn't be so harsh with your stance. I think a lot of it is the past that the two of you have, which is impacting your decision. And that's fine if that's what the case is. But it's then, not. I get okay, but that, but that seems to me, it seems more personal than a arbitrary ruling. But either way, it's your site. I don't think anyone can question that. You do what no, you it's want. No, it's just, you know, something do whatever you want. There's people who feel like entitled, like this site owes them something. Like they, like they can just, uh, like they have somehow have a, uh, a legal right that they can just come in and, and act whatever, as much of an asshole as they want. And they somehow have a right to these things. I don't ask very much. I don't ask you even like me or even treat me all that well if you're part of this site. But there has to be a minimum level of it. And anybody who came to me this way, I would say, uh uh-uh, I'm not giving that to you. And you can think of any other business. Think of like a, a restaurant had something where you can come in and bring in a coupon and get a free meal. If you came in and said, hey, asshole, your restaurant sucks. Everyone who eats here is a loser. Now give me my fucking free meal, jerk. Like you'd be kicked out. You wouldn't even get the free meal because – these are things you're getting for free as a promotion, and you can't you can't come in that we can't come so to someone. So the chat that wants way. to know this: if he doesn't contact you, you're not going to send nothing to him. What happens over time? Where does the forty dollars go? Back into well, the pool? I'm not, give, see, I'm not giving it away because I haven't confiscated it. He can still have it. But if he uh, never contacts you, which he, he from all sources I've been told, he's never going to contact you. You're never going to give it to him. So does it just stay like in a kind of matrix escrow kind of place? For a long at, time. At some point, I'll probably redistribute it if he just absolutely won't claim it. But but he did. He sent me email recently, but still with the same aggressive manner about it. He's he's emailing me now. And I, wait, he um, said but pertaining to the forty dollars. Yes. So you guys are making progress. Who's that? Uh, Trader Ruski. No, TMM. Oh, hey, what's up, buddy? Trough, you kind of remind me of a few good men where Wait. that scene where uh, the colonel asks, Jessup. well, you have to ask me nicely for the transcripts. That's how you remind me of it. I agree I, with the... You, you just have I, I agree. Hold no. on a second. I agree with no. Drexel on this, that there is some bitterness and that you have some resentment towards Marty, and that's why you're doing it. But you can I, agree with, I agree. You can, only see, you can only say that if you've seen a history of where someone else has treated me this way, and I've paid them, or, uh, like, just think of it. Think of it as the average user came at me the same way. Do you think I'd pay them? I wouldn't. I would say the same thing. If you come to me as a respectful way, I'll pay you. That's what I'd say. I bash you every week on the radio, and I still don't get banned, or, you know? But that's I, that's not why I banned him. You see, that's the point. If you bash me on the radio and, and say, oh, i got to save the show, this sucks, whatever you want to say about me, that's just a bit for the radio. Even if you post it on the forum, that's fine. But if you won something in the free roll, uh, I don't think you would come to me in the way he did. So, just so, and, and if just you did, so, I'd say the same thing to you, but I don't think you would. I wait, hold on, hold on. So just so, we're, the money. just so we're clear, and people that are listening to this that don't even know all this are really getting the picture. So you're saying that you guys are emailing and making progress about him emailing you in the future, asking politely no, for his forty dollars. He's just he's just still demanding and saying I'm not I'm not groveling, I'm not asking you nicely. So send me the fucking forty dollars, like that type of. So he's sending you emails that aren't <laughs> nice about the forty dollars. You're rejecting them, waiting for him to send nicer letters. And That's I'm where you're at. Him. All he has to do is act ask the same way that seven hundred people have asked in the last four years. That's all he has to do. And yeah, I'll cover forty dollars. Just ship him the forty. I just ship them the forty draft. Get it over with. Stop being so bitter. It's not bitter. It's that you anybody. This applies to everybody in the site. If anybody wins money on the site, they don't have to be nice to me when they request it. They they have to do it in a in a normal and respectful fashion. If you're going to come to me, what do you constitute respectful? I mean, even if you're just not respectful, not disrespectful. So say hypothetically, he just wrote you a letter. I want my forty dollars, 
and then sign Marty. He wasn't rude, okay, but he wasn't like nice. I mean, just like a, I would no, like I my forty dollars still demanding. You, you, have, no one's ever sent that to me either. What they, what you need to write is something. You, I'm not oh, going to quote. It has to be exactly this, but something like. So wait, I, if I he emailed first, you and just I wrote in first place on January, whatever, uh, uh, send the money to this. That's it. So if he wrote you and just said, Todd, I would like my forty dollars. That's not good enough. I think that, that, I mean, I agree he shouldn't come at you and just curse at you, but if you wrote, Todd, I won this, I want my $40, or I'd like my $40. Yes, that would be fine. Okay. Todd got to realize that this Poker Fraud Alert site has a lot of hatred, it has a lot of bitterness, there's a lot of nasty topics on there, and you can't expect it's a cesspool. one user. It's a cesspool, you're right. So don't expect Marty this, to treat you all on a professional level. No, this site's a fucking degenerate site. This was the like, nastiest you know, user of them all. He was responsible for most of the negativity. Hold on so a second. You're talking about everybody else on the site doing this, doing that, frauding this, but that's okay. But when it comes to you directly, you get all offended, and that's not no, right. it's not about offended. It's about, it's about claiming free money for my promotion here. Yeah. You need to ask for it respectfully. And respectfully doesn't mean nicely. No. It just means in a business-like, just normal fashion. You don't be insulting when you're asking for free money from this site. And no. I, Can you name one business <clears throat> that if you ask for free money in an insulting fashion, that they will pay it to you? No, it's not you really talk free. about it was, the it World Series the of Poker all the time, and you make money off of there, and they still let you play. No, I'm not you talking about let me play. Call. I'm saying if, if you if, if I called up, even if I, I mentioned a bank, a bank gets your own money in there. If I went into a bank and say, "Hey, assholes, your bank sucks. You guys are all losers. Your customers are all losers. F- losers. Fuck you." Now I want to withdraw three thousand dollars. Give me my fucking money, assholes. Would they hand me three thousand dollars? Depends how much money, money you have in that would account. They escort me out with a security guard saying, "Come back when you can." That's a bad example. Like a normal human being. That's a bad. They might example. do that, but they'd have to legally give you the money. They would, but no, but they wouldn't have to as long as I come in and act like that. They would if I if I wrote a letter Gosh. saying give me my money. Okay, I can't take to, this. Or, or if I were to I take go this. in and, and act business like they would, ha- they do ridiculous. not have to put up with me coming in there and uh, acting in a uh, an insulting or belligerent manner and giving the money. You can do that a- at a casino <laughs> and act in a no, belligerent manner. It's not refusing to pay. It's refusing to pay until you can come in and ask normally. And, and well, I'm you, saying that you can slam the tables, etc. I'm sure Drexel's seen that where customers are behaving rudely and they're still allowed to play. So there's no difference in that. They're still getting paid. Because, they're not getting asked the casino, to because the, No, the casino will sometimes let people play if they want to take their money. That's a different story. That's a different story. They're, they know the people who are acting like assholes. They're probably drunk and uh, they're going to shoot off all their money. They're, they, they're, they're tolerating the bad behavior just like the same way like if I'm at 100, 200 with a fish at, at playing live – and he's acting like a complete dick, which I've had before. Uh, I'm not going to complain to the floor man to kick this guy out. I, I'm just going to tolerate the guy acting like a dick because I know he's going to lose all his money. So that's okay, so a, then tolerate Marty in the same fashion. I'm, that he's that's I'm, not, I'm not playing poker with Marty at high limits where I'm going to win thousands of dollars off him. He's he's yeah, getting money, your money though. He's getting money from me, but I'm not getting anything from him. Yeah, I, but you're disrespecting the other users I though. I don't owe him anything. I own. No, you I don't do. owe anybody anything. Is the point. So, so if no, you, you do already forty dollars, no, though, because I don't owe him anything. I don't owe him anything unless, as far as a promotion on this site, I'm not taking the money. Yeah, but not your promotion though, it's coming from other people's money. No, so people, you're basically offending them. Donated to the site to give out to others. Now, I'm when people donate, I I give them an allowance where I say, well, because you're donating, I'll let you specify who can win it and who can't. But I I never give up the right to be treated at least.
Hello? We get disconnected? We get disconnected? Hello? Hello? I mean, I just got up for a second. Now I guess I'm all alone. Anyone there? disconnect all this I honestly just went outside for a second I came back and no one's here uh, Skype is frozen again that's what happened well good golly Miss Molly maybe I'll just do the rest of this show by myself if I shut this down end call <laughs> yeah that's me hitting the laptop uh, let's see Skype, sign out. If you guys are calling me on Skype, it's not going to go through because Skype is frozen. Now let's see if we can reboot this one time. Epic Radio. I had, I think, like four numbers calling in. Okay. This hopefully will work. And then I'll call... TMLK back, I'm going to call Druff back, call China back, and then there's a 915 area code, I don't know if that was Marty let's see, it says Skype is signing in we'll see, if not I, it's either going to be a reboot or Druff can start this if he wants to go further, it's 1 o'clock in the morning this has been an awful show I apologize, this isn't the show that I wanted to make, apologize to China for wasting his time Daily, the listeners, TMLK even. I'm embarrassed to have TMLK on my show. Not because of him, because of me. Who would ever thought it would reach that point? I'm embarrassed for myself to have TMLK on my show. I feel bad for him. I mean, my show isn't even TMLK worthy. This isn't even going to sign in. Well, uh, I'm in the chat. I don't know if Druff or China, if you guys are listening. I assume I'm even on the radio. Uh, if you guys are listening, I, I'm not going to reboot this. It's not going to let me sign in. It's being a little tricky fuck. So, yep. Druff. Uh, I'm not going to do this by myself. It's disrespectful to you guys, and listeners. and So, Druff, if you want to run this, go ahead and uh, boot it up. Just write something in the chat or text me. Uh, you're not even, Oh, you are in the Druff. Okay, all right. I'm going to disconnect. Go ahead and reboot the radio and then call me. I'm turning this off for the last time, this laptop. Uh, I, you know, laptop, we've been through a lot. But i got to put you down. I mean, we went through the 22Q. We uh, went through the last MyCon show. 24 hours. Three days straight for 22Q. All the endless into the night shows, all the memories. And you've been a good old girl. But it's time to let you go. 
it's time to say goodbye. I mean, it's hard. I'm going to miss you. I'm not just going to throw you into some dumpster. I mean, I'll put you where all laptops respectfully go to rest. I don't know where that is, by the way. I'll write a post about it and find out. Um, I'm not going to let you go out like that, though. This is going to be it. You're going to get your proper farewell. My cute little HP Pavilion DV-1000. This is Brian Drexel Gerson on my HP Pavilion. Can't even play a YouTube video, right? Go ahead, girl. Take us to the next phase. Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. It's already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when it comes up. I think we are uh, on the air. Okay, people. I think Uh-oh. we are. Uh, we definitely are. I'm, I'm hearing on back. the air. Okay, people. I think <laughs> I was listening to the radio, and uh, it ended up in an endless loop when I started it myself. The dreaded seven second delay that a certain person likes to complain about. Well, I'm in control now. I'm in charge here, and Brandon's laptop gave up. I don't know at what point it cut me, but it was not intentional. Uh, Brandon walked away while I talked about the $40 and Judonk, and Brandon came back and everyone was gone. So we'll move on, though. We'll use that as a sign to move on. Let's see what other topics there are. And I'll try to put Brandon back on here, and we will continue on my laptop, which was bought in 2015. Uh, Brandon saying goodbye to an old friend, the laptop that has served him for about 15 years. 15 years for a laptop is a very long time. This is like the equivalent of like a 120-year-old person. So it's, it's one of these things where you don't expect him to live that long. 
Yeah, see, I, I can't get uh, Brandon back on. I guess he's rebooting or getting on the newer computer. Let's try to here. Let's put Tim and McGay on. No, I can't even get him on. Hmm. See, China Maniac. Let's see if we can get him. And then we will go on for as long as we can. Here we go. China Maniac, welcome. What's happening? Yeah. I, I like we have these trolls in the chat, like Jay Searles, who's afraid to post on the forum now, apparently. He now he uses his uh, fake Lannister account. But uh, but he's trolling me in the, in the chat room. He's, he's trying hard with that. I guess when that's the only place he can troll once a week, then... Uh, well, it's the only place he can communicate, because when he calls in, like, he's like a mute. Yeah. So, a team in my case trying to call, but it just, like, it rings once and cuts. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm trying to take his call. I'm trying to bring him back against my better judgment. So let's see. I I only listened to parts of the show. That's why you know, I was unavailable. I, I actually wanted to listen to the whole thing, but I was unavailable to do so. So I'm not sure where we are in the agenda. Well, you can fire uh, say a topic and I'll tell you if we discuss. Well, okay. So let's see. I know the the Maya Gaming was talked about, the stock, and I talked about the DirecTV thing with Cox Cable uh, and, and the Super Bowl. The Hold on. Amaya was the first one? No, well, that was, I remember talking about it already, the, the stock okay. pri- going private. Okay. The Delaware Sports Parlay betting we already talked about. We talked about Arlie Engel yet? No. Oh, okay. That's one we can do. What about uh, Sheldon Adelson and the $1 billion stadium in Vegas? We talked about that a little bit, but it was more, yeah, we talked about that earlier, but what's your opinion on that? Uh, probably won't happen, but I'm not one of these people completely dismissing it. I think it's possible because of the money that uh, Sheldon is willing to put into this. So uh, that could be very attractive. So provided right. that they can make it happen where a team can exist in Vegas, I could see the benefits to this whole situation. We talked about an F-15 and David Tuckman. Uh, the Chapter 11 case, we talked about... Uh, we talked about that with Caesars. Super Bowl was talked about. I guess we're mostly done here. The, what about the uh, wind building a shopping center? Have we talked about that yet? Nope. Okay, well, I'll wait for Brandon to come on for that. And the Kerry yeah. Packer stories, have those been talked about yet? Nope. Okay, and the... And Daly, did he ever call in? He did call he in. He called in. Okay, we got Daly. So let's talk about uh, Ari Engel. That's a light topic. Oh, Druff, do you want his two prop bet locks before we continue? Sure. His prop bet locks were um, under two minutes and like 20 seconds on the national anthem. It's only gone over that like twice, and the only one by Lady Gaga that's on YouTube is under that. So he said under, and he said the MVP to thank God. And he said Cam Newton has thanked God at every major, at the Heisman, the National Championship, and the Maxwell Award. Hmm. So, and he's the odds-on favorite to win the MVP. Okay, so. I think I think I'll have to go for those. That's uh, good points. So, uh, Ari Engel, who's known as Bodog Ari, and I don't believe he ever represented Bodog. I think that's just where he played a lot in his early days of his career. Uh, Ari Engel is both a tournament poker pro and... He was, at least, a poker coach. I don't know if he still is, but he used to, uh, along with David the Maven Chikotsky, have poker clinics where people would come over to Ari's house and and they'd do these, these uh, poker clinics. They were quite expensive. 
They were but, like five k, right? Yeah, they were expensive. Yeah, I was even you know I should have taken them up on it. I was offered at one point to take it for free, and I, I meant to, I just never did. I was right there in Vegas too. I could have totally done it. Anyway, <clears throat> Ari's a nice guy. He's a he's a religious Jew. He's one of these Jews who's always wearing the the yarmulke everywhere, and uh, he's a very religious Jew. A lot more religious than I am, uh, but a nice guy, very soft spoken. Uh, though he's he's soft spoken yet willing to speak out about things that he thinks are wrong. And uh, he, he spoke out against uh, the UB situation. He spoke it out against other situations he hasn't liked. Uh, but at the same time, he's he's not like an aggressive person. He's, he's an aggressive poker player, but not an aggressive person. He's, he's pretty soft spoken. He's he's generally known as a nice guy. And in all my interactions with him, he's always been nice. Uh, he is traveling the tournament circuit and, and you know playing all over the place. And the fact that he was in Australia pretty much proves that because that's very, very far from Las Vegas. Yeah, I think he's traveling like mostly like the HPTs and like he's he's getting real good value out of like all the tournaments that he's playing. I know that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. So, so he finally uh, hit the big one. He he got one uh, one point six million Australian dollars, which I don't know how that translates, but I believe it's more than a million U.S. dollars. I think it's about a million. It's around a million. Yeah, he, he won uh, one point six million U.S. Uh, Australian dollars, the Aussie millions. Uh, he beat Tony Dunst heads up. For that and uh, and a lot of people are very happy for him because uh, Ari is a he's a pretty popular guy in the poker world he's not a super well-known player he's not like an a-list uh, player that every casual fan knows but he's been around a long time he's uh, a, a talented no limit hold'em tournament player he puts a lot of time into this he plays online a lot he uh, he plays live tournaments a lot and uh, this this is something you know you when you're a I should look up his results because I think this is his biggest cash I'm pretty sure it is uh, let's see let's look at the Hendon mob I should have looked at that before the show I didn't think I'd be on the show so I have an excuse this time but or I thought I might be on but I I didn't know I thought this would be talked about before I got there so let's see here let's look at his this is harder to use this Hendon mob than it used to be it used to be easier. Okay, so here we go. Results. So, yeah, this was worth about uh, $1.1 million, according to the Hendon Mob U.S. But uh, to show you how big of a hit this was for him, and obviously whenever you hit a million dollars, unless you're playing, like, monster buy-in events, then uh, that's a huge hit for you. Most of the tournaments he plays tend to be in the uh, $1,000 range. If I'm, lo- I'm looking at his history of cashing, he enters some for less than 1000 some for more, but they kind of average around $1,000 of what he's entering, so... This is not someone who's entering 25K tournaments all the time where a million-dollar hit is nice, but it's, it's not uh, spectacular money. Here, for, for, the, for what he's entering, this is a, a major, major hit for him. And uh, going down his results, trying to find uh, some other big caches he's had recently. He had 75K about a year ago at the Parks Casino, finishing third at a 1500 event. He had... Uh, 31k in January 2015 at the Borgata. He had about 41k at the EPT. He had 119k uh, also at the EPT. So he did well in Prague, getting two, two nice catches there. And he had 100, 177k in 2014 for a first place at uh, Punta Cana. So so he has some nice scores. He had a 2013 November uh, Heartland Poker Tour, 142k first place. So He's hit, he's hit some things like this, but he hasn't hit a monster score like this. And 
I think he had all of himself. I, I don't have any information on that, but just from knowing Ari, I would guess he probably had all of himself here. If not, he probably had most of himself. So, so think about it. If 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 the scores you're hitting, if the good scores are in the hundred something thousand range, now you've just hit one point one million. That's that's what you've been waiting for your whole life. That's what uh, that's what you've been dreaming about as a tournament pro. And yeah, it's got to be frustrating as a tournament player. To play and play and play and, and just never quite hit that really big one. So so this is obviously something very nice. Now, he's on my Facebook, so I actually saw that uh, some of his Facebook friends and you know, family members were on Facebook with him. And they were they were basically saying that to him, that this you deserve this. I know this is what you've always been waiting for. And so this is a really huge moment for him. This is someone who spent so many years playing uh, playing tournaments. This is different than someone like me who plays the World Series once a year, but that's it, and, and was mostly a cash player. This is someone who plays lots and lots of tournaments and has never hit anything like this. So uh, I don't know in live tournaments whether he's up or down prior to this because uh, his total live caches prior to this was about $2.2 million, but he's entered a lot. He's been around a long time. Now, again, right. he's not entering like massive tournaments for the most part, so... And that, it seems like the last few years he's been playing like mostly one to three k buy-ins or even lower maybe than even that lower than yeah, that. Yeah. He, I think like where this guy's going, like on the WPT tour or whatever, he's just he's he'll be in the opposite spot sometimes just because there's so many mo- so much more value. It seems. Yeah, and it seems like he's not taking the shots of these high variance ones of these big buy-ins and you know where where you lose a few in a row and you're down a hundred thousand. Like so, so he doesn't he doesn't want to do that, understandably. But uh, so this one was a Australian ten thousand six hundred buy-in, which is probably around six k or something US. So that's one of the bigger buy-ins he's made in recent times. But so I don't know if prior to this he was up or down uh, with his two point two million in caches in all these years. You, you would think that means up, but uh, it really adds up quickly over time. But uh, but this definitely helps, and I know he's uh, he's done very well online. He was one of these guys who used to you know like eighteen table tournaments online. Yeah, I think he was the number one ranked player a couple for a couple of years yeah. or something. So, so I mean, he's been supporting himself on poker, and he also made a good chunk of change of the coaching, and you know, good for him with that. There, he wasn't it, the, the coaching wasn't a scam or anything. Like he he uh, he was a successful player. He was he was doing coaching. He was charging a lot of money for it. But if people want to pay that money, and he provides the service, that's that's great. And uh, so, yeah, good for him that that he cashed. We usually don't talk about. Uh, poker tournament wins here because that's just not what the show is really about but this is someone who i don't know if he listens anymore i know brandon mentioned this too but he did used to listen to this show regularly he even came up to me uh at a world series a few years ago i think in 2012 2013 and told me he listens to every one of these shows so i don't know if he still does but i know he did and uh, and we were going to have him on, but then it ended up not happening. It was over. It was over a situation we were going to have him on because he got screwed. Shock upon shock, at a Poker Stars live event. <laughs> like I know, I know you guys are very surprised about this because Poker Stars has such a good relay, a good reputation for how they run their live events. <laughs> By the way, have you ever hear that sound effect? Yeah. Okay. Good. Sometimes people can't hear that when they're connected. So, yeah, the laugh track's back. But, yeah, he had a situation at a live event with Poker Stars, which was very similar to something that happened to me at the win. We both got screwed. 
basically, somebody put out the wrong colored ship and and was allowed to uh, to take it back because he didn't mean to. So, like, the, the guy put out, like, a $5,000 chip and something which would have been a raise for most right. of his stack. And then, and then the guy's like, whoa, 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 no, I didn't mean to do that. And then he was allowed to take it back, which is BS. You're not allowed to do that. Like, it's whatever you do with your chips, it speaks for itself. You can't say, oh, I meant to do this, I meant to do that. I've, I've lost chips before because I've made boneheaded mistakes with the chips where I put out the wrong thing. And it's just too bad. That's part of tournament poker. And, and I had that, too. I once had that at the win where somebody who confused the colors of the chips – uh, put out something that meant was meant to raise me on the flop, but uh, but would have been a call because they put out the wrong denomination of chips. So it's a very straightforward ruling. If they put out the wrong chips, it's got to stand. So in my case, the guy would have been should have been forced to call. In Ari's case, the guy should have been forced to raise. But but they let the guy back it out in Ari's case, and in, in my case, they uh, they forced it to be a min raise for that guy who quote meant to raise, which is ridiculous. Like you should, it shouldn't be what you meant to do. They you can't read someone's mind. It should just be that the chips speak for themselves. Whatever you put out is is what you've put out, and that's that's what counts. So, uh, so I was going to have him come on and talk about that. He, he was complaining publicly about it, but then he said, "Well, uh, you know, I'm still discussing it. I'm still discussing the possible." Uh, things that poker shows might do for me afterwards. I knew they would do nothing for him, but he was stalling me about coming on. They never did. I think he just didn't want to make that big of a. He, he wanted to be like the, the poster boy for like hating poker stars tournaments. So I think I think he didn't tell me that, but that was my guess that he just uh, he was pissed, but didn't want to take it that far. Right. So that's that's what I was reading from this, and that's fine. That's not that's his right to do. I always want to provide this show as a platform, though, for anybody who gets screwed. Anybody who gets treated unfairly by a casino, a poker room, a hotel attached to a casino or a poker room, whatever. If you want to come on and, and about a, like another player who screws you, I want people to be able to come on and state what's happened. And I also want those accused to come on and defend themselves. And I, I think that's a very good thing to have for this radio show. And in fact, I would... If I was someone who got screwed in some way, I would want to come on and complain about it. In fact, somebody who did come on and complain about how he was treated unfairly by the Rio, that guy who had his room, uh, I shouldn't say broken into, but that they stupidly let another guest into his room and that person stole his stuff and the Rio was not compensating the guy for what got stolen, uh, he got completely made whole. And I don't know if it was because of appearing on this show, but he appeared on this show and then shortly after he was made whole. So it's always good to put this out in the public to where, and shame whoever's uh, screwed you. So, but whatever. That's uh, that was Ari's choice not to do it. it his, his own situation. But good for him. Uh, whenever I see on Facebook that he's posted that he's done well in something uh, or has a big chip stack, I think oh, good for him. It's like nah, he's not one of these guys that I think. Uh, oh, I hope he loses, or or uh, or oh, I don't give a crap. Like I, I see it, and I go, oh, that's that's good for him. Like I'm not I'm not like watching every minute to see how he's doing. But someone like you hear he's doing well, you think okay, good. Like uh, you're happy to hear. He's doing well. so I don't know if he's still listening, but if he is, uh, good for Ari. Let's move on here. Let's see if we can get Brandon back on. Let's see. Oh, T-Buck remembers. Uh, boy, he, re- he remembers everything. He says, Dave, Dave uh, Eggslander. I think it was a close name. I think it was Dave Eggelstetter, but whatever. It was close to that name. Roll Druff at the win. That was the tournament director promised tourney refund reneged apparently dave said that todd didn't ask nicely enough the next day 
Uh, it's uh, that, most of that was true though that he did promise me the full tournament refund, which I wasn't even expecting. I would have been happy with like just some refund because of what happened because of the bad ruling. But they he promised me a full refund and then went back on it and then they just tried to ignore me and not answer me. So that pissed me off. Uh, anyway, let's see what the next thing is here. So what happened there? Brandon's laptop just shit out or something? Yeah, just, I don't know. He should turn on the other computer. Let's see if he's texting me. Like, I, He should just turn on the other computer and be on the show. Like Now he doesn't need the old laptop anymore because I'm running it. Oh, he said he's going to bed. Uh, yeah, he's... Is that you can... Let's see. I'm going to text him. He can come on if he wants. Yeah, it's like... If he wants to go to bed, that's fine. He's, he's embarrassed of the show, but... <laughs> Yeah, this happens sometimes. And when I listened, it sounded fine. I know there were some tech difficulties, but it won't sound as bad in the archives because uh, you won't get the same sense of delay there. You just hear it cut out and then start back up. So it's kind of seamless hearing it in the archives where most of the listeners are. But I, I thought the content was fine, and that's the most important. It's never good to have fail, and I always feel crappy when we have fail on the shows I run, which there's been plenty like that too. And and what happened was uh, Brandon, he's managed with his laptop. And he did like a nine-hour show recently with that laptop. So he's managed, and he figured he could manage again. And it's just one of these things where eventually it gives out. Right. So th- th- that's it, and he's he's putting it down. He's putting it to sleep. So uh, what I'm going to do with Brandon is uh, he has a newer computer, but it doesn't have a stereo mix function, which you need to do the radio. So some of these sound cards have like hidden re- registry entries where you can enable that. So I'm going to try to assist him with that. It may or may not be possible with the sound card he has. If it doesn't, I'll direct him to buy a portable sound card, which can be used to give yourself stereo mix. That's like a $100 solution. So he can do that, and then he can use a modern computer and no longer have these 15-minute boot times and the crashing and the freezing and everything else he was having because that – Computer obviously wasn't appropriate for radio anymore, and he knew that as well as anyone. So, uh, we'll f- we'll figure this out in some way. So, when he runs whatever show he runs in the future, he won't have to deal with this uh, mess. So, oh, one other thing about Mason Malmuth, I, I see on the screen in front of me, I forgot to mention. Uh, Mason Malmuth said something that I thought was entertaining. In response to someone who was criticizing him and saying that David Tuckman has a lot more experience playing poker than he does, and that Mason that Tuckman for that reason has a right to call him a clown, has a right to criticize his book, and because Tuckman has a lot more experience in, in live poker and uh, and has been doing a lot better than than Malmuth has. Malmuth's just basically an, like an ABC rock player who doesn't really do anything creative or interesting at the table. He really is the prototypical ABC rock player. So Malmuth's response was, what an obnoxious post. I hope you're aware that I could give a long list of different questions where your hero, referring to Tuckman, would not fare so well. But I'll only give one. Who has done more towards revolutionizing not only how the experts today think about poker, but also how they play as well? So what what Malmuth was saying there? By the way, I see Bart Hansen just came online. That's interesting. I didn't know he had an account here. 
he's uh, associated with Tuckman some, so that's why I wonder why he came on. Maybe that because of that. But Malmuth saying that he revolutionized poker. He revolutionized not only how the experts in poker today think, but also how they play. That's just not true. Mason Malmuth revolutionized nothing. He has never been anyone who's really taught anyone how to play poker in anything but a very ABC rock style that people have been playing for decades. Uh, there's, there's pretty much 20 or 30 Mason Malmuths in every card room uh, that play just like him. Uh, now, he, he published a lot of books written by other people that improved people's games in poker. But again, these weren't revolutionary books. They were just books that put out basic information that wasn't necessarily out there in other books at the time many years ago. But again, these were written by people like Skolansky and, and Ray Z and others, not, not Malmuth himself. What, what he contributed was really not very valuable or very interesting. So he's revolutionized nothing. Even with his form, the biggest thing that Malmuth has done, aside from publishing these poker books, but again, he didn't write them, he just published them. The only thing that he's really done that's really made an impact on poker has been running the 2 plus 2 forums, which are the biggest poker forums in the world. However, he was just kind of first to market with that. If he did not run 2 plus 2, if 2 plus 2 never existed, if Malmuth was never born, someone else would run a version of 2 plus 2 at this point. There, there wouldn't just be like no big poker form. There would be one big poker form where most people go if it was not for 2 plus 2. So it's it's just he has the one that people are going to. He has the highest traffic poker forum, at least for English speakers. But without him, there would have been another one. They would have been just as good or better. So even that, he didn't do anything revolutionary. He just was first to market. So he really hasn't done things for poker. He hasn't revolutionized poker in any way. He's really delusional about himself. If Mason Malley was honest about himself, he would say this. I was a smart businessman. I got in on the ground floor of the poker boom, actually before the poker boom. I sold a lot of books by authors that people wanted to read at the time, of which this type of content wasn't really available. I was in great position when the poker boom happened to sell a lot more books and make a lot more money on my website. I have the biggest poker forum out there because I positioned it. You know, I, I, I was there before other forums sprung up. So I was first to market on a lot of things, or relatively first, and I made a lot of money for it, and for that I'm proud of myself. And he can say that and be right. But he didn't revolutionize poker in any way. So I thought that was an outrageous statement, but he really believes that. He really believes that he's one of the most powerful people in poker, and he said this before. He's one of the most powerful people in poker. He's one of the most influential in poker. Here he says he revolutionized poker. He goes to bed every night thinking that about himself. Very, very delusional. So I just wanted to mention that because that was... Uh, I, I saw that on my screen. I forgot to mention it during that topic. What do you think, China? Any any comments? Well, it's got to... I mean, they were the right place, right time. You know? Yeah, like, very much. Um, all their books were, they had some books out in the 90s, and then, you know, the, when the internet boom came, they were set up, and yep. you know, their website was linked right in all their books, right? Yeah, I mean, so. they were they were there, and that's, uh, I'm not going to say it was all luck, because he, he he placed himself there at the right time for several things, for the books, for the for the forum, 
and that's not an accident. So good. So he did, and that's uh, that's why he made a lot of money. I'm not going to criticize that part. Uh, I wish I did some of that myself, but uh, I, I'm also not going to give him more credit than he deserves. He definitely didn't revolutionize poker. There's no way. And and also without two plus two, as I said, there'd be another form just like it. There's really only room for one form like that to exist, but without that form, a different one would have been like that. There's just it, it's not like there would have been just no big poker form. Right. I think Micon revolutionized poker with the uh, the Micon the what was it called <laughs> the Micon system. <laughs> the Micon system. Yeah. The funniest thing about the Micon system, I still have to laugh at this. So this was pitched to him. This wasn't even his idea. Someone pitched it to him uh, that he knew through Make and Mark. Like, why don't you make this? Tutorial called the Micon system of how to crush poker and make it very gimmicky that like you're going to be really ve- revealing secrets on how to beat poker. So that it was good because a lot of people were just getting into poker. Poker was so huge at the time. People were like, damn it, I just can't win though. If only someone could teach me how to be a winner. So instead of like a lot of hard work and studying and a lot of play and a lot of experience, what if you could just like listen to one audio file and listen to all the great secrets to how to be a great poker player? Like that's the easy way, right? And no such thing really would exist, but he made people believe it through the Micon system. But the, the funniest thing was that when he recorded the original Micon system, he was so, like, not into doing it that he was actually playing party poker in the background while he was recording the audio for it. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be saying things like, okay, so my next tip is if a tight player raises an early position and then you're in late position with ace-queen offsuit, uh, what you're supposed to do – oh, hold on, hold on, hold – Hold. I've got top set here. Hold. I'm up against a flush. I'll hold. Yes. Okay. I just doubled up. Okay. So anyway, with ace-queen, uh, what you do at that point is you fold it if it's a tight player who's raising early. <laughs> That's what he, he was actually telling people listening to his recorded audio for the Micon system to like wait while he's playing online poker on party. He couldn't even stop playing party poker. It's not like the party poker is part of the tutorial. This was an audio tutorial where he just couldn't even stop playing poker in the background. It was the funniest thing. So... Uh, that's what was so funny. And he he made a lot of money with that thing. Not like huge money, but a lot of money. And then eventually he sold this to some suckers who then distributed it. Like he sold the rights to it to others who just want to sell it and made additional money that way. So I was actually pitched to make a similar system, like the Druff system, after I won the bracelet. Right. And I said, okay, but I don't want this gimmicky crap with it. I don't want it to be like listen to me and learn the great poker secrets. Like I, I want it to be a quality product where I give quality advice and where it's – pitched honestly what it is and I was told by the that very shifty guy that was behind all this again not Micon this guy that Micon knew that oh yeah we'll do it that way but then I just felt uncomfortable so I didn't go through with it so but I should have done something like that on my own there was a lot of money to be made at that time on that stuff and it was kind of like I, I had it right there I, I had it right there I just won a bracelet I just came a third and a different one right before that like uh, I, people saw me playing all the time on PokerStars High Limit Games and winning there. Like there, there would have been a lot of people that would have bought uh, like a coaching video or a coaching even just an audio file or a book on Limit Hold'em from me. I, I could have gotten a lot at the time. Now if I wrote that, it would get very little market for that. So Anyway, uh, let's let's see what we got next here. Is Brandon coming back? Let's see. He's not answering me. I think he is going to sleep. I think Brandon's kind of depressed, to be honest. I think he... He was very excited about this show. Like, he, he saw he put together all these little clips that, of, of Delaware talking and of 
music. He really he had his idea of all the things he was going to do during the show, and just he had in his mind the way it was going to go, and it seemed really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, I see the problem. Someone's trying to call. I see what team okay. I see what people can't call. I'm sorry, guys. This is forwarding to Brandon. I was forwarding my the phone number to Brandon. I'm going to undo this right now. I was forwarding the phone number to Brandon so people could just call the main radio number and get to him, just to prevent confusion. And then I forgot to turn it off when I started the radio, so I'm going to turn off the forwarding. And now if you if you want to call in, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355, or the Mount Charleston line, 702-430-1808, and you should get through either way to me now. I apologize if you just called and didn't get through. I saw like something flash really fast that didn't get in because I saw it forward. Now it will not forward. Now we'll get to me. Okay, here we go. Caller from 323. Hello. Go ahead. You're on. Hi, this is Dan Druff. It is. Todd Weddles or whatever. Hi, this is is Bart Hansen calling. Bart Hansen, hello. I I hope it's really you. I saw you log on to the the forum, but uh, we we have trolls on the site who like to pretend they're people. So uh, if if you're a troll, Bart Hansen. Okay. No, it's really me. My administrator was uh, telling me to uh, check out the radio show. I've heard it a couple of times because you guys were talking about Tuckman. I told Tuckman to call in, but I don't think he's going to do it. But uh, he's he's playing at the bike. But, you know, he's my best friend, and I can tell you that he probably gives two shits about Mason Malamuth or withdrawing his comments or apologize, apologizing to him or whatever it is. Well, yeah, I and mean, that's and he he should. I mean, I'm banned from there too. Like it's it's a badge of honor to be banned from two plus two. So, <laughs> and actually, the reason why I called though was I didn't hear you. I saw and the reason why I was gonna I logged on to the forums was because I was gonna comment about the PCA thing. Did you talk about that already earlier in the show? Uh, which PCA thing about that whole story about the guy getting uh, put in a refugee camp or? Or something else. Yeah, but, yeah. So the the guy been getting put in the refugee camp, but that that story was written up there because I recorded an interview with two guys that I know who were almost thrown in jail this year coming back from the PCA. So there's two stories up on the front page of NBG, um, and the first one's from from this year about these guys that I know, and then that apparently got this guy to write a story about what happened to him, which was obviously much, much more severe um, years ago, where apparently he was basically thrown in a refugee camp for yeah. five days. Yeah, and I I, uh, I posted like a kind of a cliff note to that story for those who didn't have the patience to read that whole long thing, and then I found out afterwards from, uh, of course, Michael Josem, who's a uh, Poker Stars PR guy, uh, he immediately corrected me saying, oh, this is actually four years ago, which I- I'm surprised the guy didn't mention in his long story that the story was four years old because he posted it on February 2nd, 2016. And uh, you think he'd say, oh, four years ago this happened, but he wrote it as if it was current, which is a little bit odd. But uh, Well, I- he did. I'm pretty sure he mentioned it because when I read it, I read it as it was years ago. See, when, when it was um, told to me by, by – uh, Josem, I thought maybe I was just an idiot and I didn't see it. So I, I didn't go read the whole thing again, but I searched the page for things like years or four or a few, and I didn't come up with any of it. And then someone told me later that it was like further into the thread. But two plus two, like you see like a 17-page thread, and, you, and most of it's just crap. You don't want to read the whole thing, or at least I don't usually. So like I didn't read the whole thread, but apparently it is an older story. Well, yeah, and people had actually questioned because it was written so well. The the original, I'm going to refer to it as PCA Story Two, 
because there's PCA story one is the recording that I did with these guys, and then two is what this guy wrote. And it was so detailed and written so well, some people questioned its validity, but then a couple people in the community came on and confirmed it, like Timex, that he was a part of getting these guys out. But what I want to comment on is, and I don't know, I mean, I guess it just goes to show you, like, uh, 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 just hating bastards on 2 plus 2. It's shocking to me that there isn't that much sympathy for both of these parties. And I'm not really a poker stars hater because I don't really have much to do with online poker. But actually, I read your post a few minutes ago and you actually echo the same things that I've been trying to be trying to put across in that thread. And that is that poker stars has a responsibility to notify people in an above and beyond way that this type of thing can happen and has happened in the past. Right, right. Not and just writing down in some pamphlet that you need to claim ten thousand uh, dollars, and if you don't, if you don't do that, it's against the law. They need to announce multiple times during the tournament that if you bring over ten thousand dollars and you don't declare it, if you do that to American exit customs, I think that some people don't understand that is that you go through American customs on the way out of NASA they do that in some countries, that you will be handed over to the local Bahamian or Bahamian authorities and put in jail. Yes, yes. Now, I can't believe the response from some of these people on 2 Plus 2 that say, one guy said, oh, it would, be, it would be insulting for poker stars. As a customer, if I was at the PCA, it would be insulting to me if poker stars announced that. Yeah. Well, I'm like, what world do you live in? Well, yeah. So, so first of all, the, the two, two plus two people. This is the problem with that site. There's a lot of morons on there, and, and it's there's a big uh, noise to signal ratio on there. Where where there's some good posts and some interesting posts from intelligent people, but then you have a lot of idiots and like a whole lot of idiots to where you have this like a hundred page threads and like like about literally ninety percent of those hundred page threads are just g- complete garbage. And it's, it's sometimes hard to read it because it's hard to pick out the good posts within the garbage without spending hours and hours reading all that. So I I, I read the thread. I read I kind of jumped around in there. Uh, I didn't read every single page, but I was seeing the same things you were, and I was surprised as well at uh, how people were dismissing poker stars uh, not responsibility in this happening, but uh, the responsibility in warning people. And uh, so for those of you that don't know, I know Bart already uh, referred to this a lot here on the call. You could probably figure it out from what he was saying. But since we haven't officially covered this topic, and I've talked about it on the show before here, that the flight back from the PCA to the U.S. has long been targeted by U.S. Customs for people bringing in cash into the country. And they they do this for several reasons. One, because there's a lot of people who just uh, are going to break the law and bring in more than $10,000 cash without declaring it, which is the U.S. law if you're going to – land in the U.S. at any point, you have to declare that uh, if you have more than 10000 cash on you. So they know a lot of these naive poker players won't do that, and then they can seize the money from them, and that's uh, it's like a money grab. So they know that's a, a great flight to do it to people, and they've been targeting that for years. Uh, then they were even going further than that and even managing to seize money from people who had less than $10,000 uh, based on flimsy circumstances. And again, they figured that a lot of poker players don't have the wherewithal to fight it because they just, uh, they're just not good at things like that. They're, they're a lot of poker players are only good at one thing, and that's playing poker. So they, they target, and a lot of them are very young, too, and they don't have much life experience. So they've been targeting this for years, and the stories are getting worse and worse. And as Bart said here, there was a, 
um, an incident this year where two people were almost thrown in, in Bahamian jail as, as a result of being handed over to the authorities there by American well, customs. They almost had a re- yeah, they almost had a really bad timing problem. If you listen to the, the interview, which is on the front page of 2 Plus 2, they said – I mean, this is what these guys said. I'm actually close friends with them. I, I know. I, I do believe them. They're honest guys. One of the guys is a doctor. They said that because they basically were turned over to the authorities on a Friday and the courts were closed until Monday, that in every other situation, they would have had to have stayed the weekend in prison. And the thing about Nassau prison is if you Google it, Her Majesty's prison, it's one of the worst prisons in the entire world, and definitely in the Western Hemisphere, too, where there is just no system of basically – I guess you would say like triaging, like what type of criminal you are, um, yeah. you get thrown in there. They said that it was the first, they said the U.S. Embassy told them and their lawyer that they hired, their local lawyer said it was the first time in 38 years that someone had basically been released on their own reconnaissance or uh, ROR, uh, you know, at that time. But, you know, they got really, really lucky. Like they won out of the fact that they weren't in this prison for a weekend. And, and again, the thing that just kind of boils my blood, and again, I, uh, I'm friends with one of these guys, is just that how can people think that if you have, for these guys, let's say they had $100 over 10000 I went back and listened to the interview. I was a little bit blinded by friendship, and people pointed out that what they were doing was quite possibly structuring, and I think that that definitely could be the case. What I mean by that is that, like, maybe they had, you know, maybe one guy had 15000 and he gave his buddy, you know, 5000 to hold. That's what happened in Poker Star Story 2 from a few years ago. Yes, yes. Um, you know, and they just didn't know. I mean, yeah, they knew that, that, that you were supposed to declare over 10000 but this is where it comes in is that you don't know to what type of extreme you're going to go through if that happens, and the people on 2 plus 2 that are saying it's common, like everyone knows that that plays poker. No, I don't know that I'm going to be thrown into a third world prison if I'm carrying $14,000 and I hand my buddy 5000 and I carry nine while we talk to American Customs. That's something that really should be brought up. Now, and, and something, else, something else people don't know, and uh, even I didn't know. Uh, was now I knew about the practice of U.S. Customs establishing itself in certain foreign countries where a lot of Americans fly back from. I had that in Aruba. I've had that in, in Toronto where I've, I've flown back and I go through U.S. Customs there. But I thought that was just a convenience thing to reduce traffic at uh, in the American airports so, through Customs. But I didn't know that if American Customs has determined that you have broken the law, that instead of handling themselves and, and under, under American standards that you get handed over to the local police, which in a place like Toronto wouldn't be that bad, but in a place like right, the Bahamas right, is yeah. horrible. So I didn't even know that, and I usually keep up on these type of things pretty well. Uh, so even if the people were guilty of structuring or trying to get around the reporting requirements, that doesn't mean that anything that happens to them after that is fine and no problem, and uh, or that Poker Stars has uh, no responsibility to warn people about it. it. You should never take the attitude of, well, just don't break the law and then don't worry about what happens to you. Otherwise, anybody who says that, uh, who's ever broken the law, they should be okay with being completely mistreated or, or given a punishment that well exceeds what, what, the, what the crime is. Like, there's a reason there's, a, there's, there's 
standard tr- of treatment for uh, for people accused of crimes and also appropriate punishments depending upon what the crime is. And this is way, way above and beyond. And, of course, in third world countries, uh, there's a lot of corruption and a lot and, and the prisons are, are very dangerous places. And, and for, for minor crimes like uh, structuring a, a, a low five figure amount uh, on an airline flight, uh, you don't deserve that kind of treatment. And, and so but yeah. Po- and back to poker and stars. Thing, I'm, I'm sorry. What were you the other, the other thing, yeah, the other thing too is that um, you know I made I gave the example in the thread. It, it's like let's say that you go to a country through a domestic travel agency. Now I know poker stars isn't a travel agency, but they kind of take the place of that role in this entire situation. You know what I mean? When people yeah. are going to play a poker tournament there, and let's say that you're in this country, and for a minor crime, I use the I use the example of jaywalking. You could get thrown in a, in a in a prison camp for a week in deplorable in deplorable conditions. Okay, wouldn't you think it would be up to that domestic travel agency to notify their clients that something like this in their home country could possibly happen there? And I think it's an enti- it's exactly a parallel. I mean, I think it's a really really good example. I mean, the other thing too that I didn't know and that I now know. Everybody knows that Jamaica is not the safest place, right? Mm-hmm. I think that most people think that Jamaica is dangerous, okay? I never thought of the Bahamas as dangerous. I mean, there's a lot of places in the Caribbean that I guess, as I researched the story, are getting more and more dangerous to the point where the locals are so, you know, blasé about committing crime that there are stories over the last three to four years of, like, entire tour groups coming, you know, because the big thing is, is that these cruise liners going to Nassau um, there's been groups that have been robbed, entire groups on day trips, like 15 different people robbed at gunpoint. If you take a look at this cruise news um, website, which I linked on 2 Plus 2, which is uh, basically a, it, it's kind of a world cruise news. It's a, an attorney out of Miami that puts out cruise, cruise line stories. Um, the, <laughs> Nassau is the most dangerous port of call, basically. In yeah, the world. That's interesting. I, I didn't know, I didn't know it was that dangerous out. either. Though, though I'll say this. Yeah. I, I, I did – if someone asked me before all this happened, uh, do I think NASA is a safe place, I'd probably guess it isn't. But not – I wouldn't think to the degree it actually is. But I, I did think it – I would think that it probably wasn't. But uh, but mm-hmm. but it, worse, it is worse apparently than I thought it was. And what what I think is, is really uh, – insensitive of poker stars especially this has been happening for so many years so it's not even like this is a new thing that they're just learning to deal with this is this has been happening what seven years now eight years now before it wasn't they didn't have the u.s customs in the bahamas so this was a little bit better for people that they would get grabbed in florida and then they'd be subject to u.s laws and they'd get their money confiscated and they were being targeted and there's some people who got money confiscated from them when they had less than 10,000 that they just they they came up with flimsy ways to take it like there were some people who definitely weren't structuring but they said well how do we know that some of these other guys who are who are here uh, walking with you that have money how do we know that you're not really all on the same bankroll like they didn't have any evidence it was but took it anyway and figured that the poker players you know couldn't or wouldn't fight it so there's really shady stuff like that going on but it was still in the U.S. and nobody was going to prison nobody was in a foreign prison it was just financial Okay, and that's not anywhere nearly as bad as what's been happening here. But whenever it moved over to the Bahamas, I don't know what year that was that they moved the custom over there. Uh, that's a huge deal to be handed over to the Bahamian police, and and the fact that someone and this is four years ago now, so it's at least been going on for four years, uh, that ended up in a refugee camp, 
as a result of this. A very dangerous refugee camp with a super, super substandard conditions of uh, where there wasn't uh, drinkable water. There wasn't a, a, ba- a usable bathroom. About, in the story, there was, the guy was talking about how the people who were in that refugee camp, most of them had you know, come to the Bahamas illegally, like on boats and stuff from Haiti or wherever. They wanted to go back to where they had come from. That's yeah. <laughs> how bad the conditions were in that camp. Yeah, and and uh, so <laughs> yeah, so so why can't poker stars put a very 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 clear warning, not in their fact, not in their uh, in, in their right, pamphlets, exactly. but signs all over the place, warning: Do not take ten thousand dollars or more cash without declaring it into the United States. Uh, or you may end up in a Bahamian jail. Uh, this is very serious. They take it very seriously here, and do not try to structure by giving the money to your friends. If you have more than 10000 declare it, or otherwise you can end up in big trouble. Some very, very clear sign, and, 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 and distribute it to people in a few ways. Put signs up, give them uh, paperwork that says this. Make sure they don't miss it. Maybe even hand it out with tournament buy-ins. Something where it's very clear to where everyone understood. And if, pe- if people understand this if they make sure that they've communicated this to everybody and then still some idiot chooses not to heed it and understands the consequences it does it anyway well then poker stars has done their part if someone wants to be reckless at that point poker stars has done its part but they haven't been doing their part and this has been happening year after year after year and they just don't seem to care and and it, this seems like a, a pattern with them like with those break-ins at the ept barcelona in the ho- where the security was in cahoots with the criminals who were breaking into hotel rooms and putting Trojan horses on laptops to see people's whole cards. And security was definitely in on at least covering it up. And poker stars didn't care, and they came right back the next year. And they, they just aren't I – mean, they're just not good at live events. They're very, very bad at live events, poker stars. I mean, the other thing, too, is, is that – what I mean, even if you were to play devil's advocate and say – well, it's still a major crime, like, in, in every country they should have known. Okay? I don't even necessarily – I mean, I don't agree with that, but let's just play that argument. What you don't know, especially if it's your first year there, is that you're going to get handed over to local authorities when you're going through American customs. I'm sure that the first time people are there, like, how would you ever know that you're even going to go through American customs on the way out? You probably – Yeah, you don't. Even if you were structuring, you, you'd be like, all right, well, we're going to get back into the U.S., and deal with American customs there. We don't know that we're going to be dealing with American customs on the way out. And then the rules are that they hand us over to a third world country. Yeah, I didn't know that. Corrupt, yeah, corrupt officials. Yeah, I, I don't I know mean, anybody who knew that part. either. I don't know anybody who was aware <laughs> of that prior to this happening. And in fact, when I was going to foreign countries back in the day, many years ago before, and, and I, I never went to the PCA, but I went to other foreign countries and played poker and had cash on me. And poker players were doing this all the time with the structuring, where they had more than ten thousand. They didn't want to declare it because they didn't want to pay taxes you know, to the IRS. So they would they would have their buddy who didn't have any money with him bring, you know, bring half of it, and then they were both under ten thousand. So uh, this was being done all the time, and everybody felt like this was a gamble. Like the worst that's going to happen is you get back to the U.S. somehow if they catch it because you know they they don't believe both people's story that right. it's not the same bankroll, then they'll take the money. But they figure, okay, well I'm going to save thirty percent on taxes or whatever that would have been taxed. So this is a worthwhile gamble. If if I lose it, I lose. It. But there's a big difference between gambling that way, just financially, and gambling ending up in a 
uh, Bahamian prison or Bahamian jail yeah. or a refugee camp, yeah. that's uh, that's a huge difference. Is one is involving your safety, and, and the other one is just involving uh, a, a low five figure sum of money. And, and especially if you have a lot of money, the low five figure you don't want to lose it. But if you do, okay, you know you've taken the chance. It fell the wrong way for you, just like it does in all kinds of gambling. So that's anyone who says that uh, this is okay because they knowingly restructuring is an idiot. Anyone who says that Poker Stars has no responsibility in this is an idiot. They they didn't cause it. They're not directly liable. But if they are but they should protect their customers. Yeah. That's what I I don't understand why they don't. There's no harm in doing it unless unless they're afraid of scaring people and not having people not want to come back. Maybe they don't want to make people afraid to play there, afraid to return next year. So they don't say it. They'd rather just a few people get popped and have these bad things happen. I just don't understand why they're not more aggressive about communicating this to people, about the dangers they'll be facing from this. And something so serious, you can't just assume everyone knows because everyone doesn't. The fact that this is happening proves that everyone doesn't. And a lot of the people who go there are very young and, right. and very young poker or first players. Time, or first time, again, first time, first time going there. I mean, you wouldn't know that you're going to go through any type of customs on the way out, especially American customs. And you would think, oh, I'm going through American customs. I'm on Bahamian soil, but I'm still dealing with Americans. What does it have to do with me getting turned over to local authorities? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's really, really, I mean, I heard that it's gotten worse and worse over there, um, you know, at the PCA, uh, you know, that, 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 that the Atlantis like laid off a bunch of uh, workers and that the locals really do not like tourists, you know, and listen, it's always been overpriced. Like twelve dollars for a can of beer, twenty five dollars for a turkey sandwich, Ritz Carlton prices for like a Motel Six, and the worst service in the world. Yeah, I've heard that like too. Caribbean time the time ten, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there there might be a calling for for them to get out of there. But they they're not um, going to do it. So they they didn't leave Barcelona for the same reason. Like they they're just entrenched somewhere. It makes a lot of money, and they don't want to do it. And this is this is why I've always said. For this and many other reasons, Poker Stars just is not good at live events. They don't they don't staff it with quality people. They make bad decisions. People get screwed. There's there's this situation now. People are not protected well. People are not warned about things that are dangerous to them. Uh, they, they continue running these events year after year, no matter what the problems are. They they just don't learn from their mistakes. They're just not good at live events at Poker Stars. I'd love to see Poker Stars out of the live event business or or do a major. Uh, restructuring on how they handle these events and, and where they have them because they just th- – there's one problem after another. It's like every time I hear there's a PokerStars live event, I th- I'm waiting for the, a report of some kind of fail. I just want to add one thing, though, that's a little bit different – I mean off to the side with PokerStars. I can't believe how misinformed poker players are about CTRs. CTRs are um, currency transaction reports, which basically whenever you're dealing with over $10,000 in hard cash – um, you know, if you were purchasing a car coming in and out of the border, they're going to give you a CTR. It also goes along. I think there's a special customs form along to it. But, for example, like what you said before that let's say that these guys were taking a gamble to structure like $15,000, so they were going to save 30%. A CTR does not mean that you're going to get an audit, especially if you're filing as a professional gambler. Structuring is 10 times worse a hundred times worse than a CTR. I actually have a, a relative of mine, Maine, that, that works in a bank, and she's actually the head of um, 
the bank's like structuring and department and generating these types of reports, a CTR is not a big deal. Structuring is a big deal. Well, yeah, it's I, amazing to me well, like what people do to try to get around claiming that they have $10,000 in cash. Yeah, well, see, this this is – yeah, it's – I'll tell you what it is. It's that a lot of people just uh, – they're afraid once they say they have $10,000 that it's going to be money that they're going to have to show that – they lost back in some way, and they just don't want to document. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that's what the, the mm-hmm. thinking is, that when you play cash, a lot of people think, well, the good thing about playing live cash as opposed to online where there's a paper trail, live cash, uh, provided you cash out the right way, uh, no one has any idea whether I won or lost, no one meaning the government. Like there's no way I could I could have a very good year, and as long as I sock the, the cash away somewhere and be careful how I cash out, no one's going to know if I won a few hundred grand. Uh, or, or if I broke even. So I can claim I broke even and, uh, and the government's gonna get none of my money. And that's very, very appealing to a lot of these live players. And so when it comes to a CTR, like, oh my god, I don't wanna fill this out, it's gonna prove I won money. So that, it's like, it's really like a, a very psychological thing to them that they don't wanna get that ball rolling, like, like proof they've won something. And then they have to right, declare it. That's not true. The CTR doesn't prove that you've won or lost anything. You know, you're supposed to keep a, a, ga- you know, a, a, you know, a gambling log that's, um, contemporaneous. But the thing is, is that, you know, the, 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 you know, the fact of the matter is, is that are these people not claiming that they have any gambling wins and losses? And I can't believe that because if they're at the PCA, they usually want it online. So they have to have been claiming something. So it's just, I mean, I guess I could see the guy that has never claimed any gambling wins and losses and has played poker and just doesn't file anything for gambling on the side. I guess I could kind of see why they would be intimidated about a CTR, but I just don't think that's the case anymore, though, Todd. Like, I mean, how many people that play poker do you think that claim nothing? I'm not talking about just claiming as a professional, like, claim that they don't gamble at all. And remember, anytime you get, like, a bad beat jackpot winning, or, any, you know, or if you play video poker, or if you have a tournament win, you're, you get W2G'd. Yeah. So how many people are entirely off the grid? Well, you know, I know, it, I know it's, I know it's a, a lot of it, as I said, a lot of it's a psychological thing, but it's just that because the amount is like 10,000, they just feel like, well, I didn't get one going, buying in, so it proves I won, so, and then they're gonna think that, you know, I, I could have just won this out of nowhere, especially like if they, just people are afraid to just say to the government, hey, I've won this much over 10,000, it just, they're just afraid this means that they've won this much that now right. they have to show losses against, and they're afraid it's just gonna, and then they're afraid if they sh- say they lost against it, the IRS is gonna audit them, they're afraid a whole trigger is going to happen even if, even if the thinking's irrational or semi-irrational it's just a, there's a lot of times a psychological barrier to doing it especially since a lot of people are just not used to doing it they're used to receiving w2gs for hitting tournament scores that are of a certain size mm-hmm. or or even video poker as you said but but this they just feel like well but i don't have to do this if i if i structure it the right way and and who's ever going to go after me for structuring They'll, no one will ever know but the the worst place to do this especially nowadays and especially at the pca is is uh, at airports now. This isn't like it used to be. They've they've really clamped down on this at, at airports, and especially if you're coming back from somewhere where there's a lot of poker players. They they love to nail poker players, and uh, that, that's well, something fishy. You know, this is right up your alley because something totally sounds fishy with this whole setup too. Like the way that like American. I mean, I'd love to see the arrangement that they have. It just doesn't sound right that American citizens going through American customs get their money seized by American customs and handed over to the Bahamas. Yeah, that, I was wondering you know that, too. I, mean? yeah, I, I posted that, too, and I was, wonder, I was wondering what that is as well because there, there's always something in it 
for the government when they step up enforcement to something, and it's usually money. So when they're targeting that flight, uh, the U.S. Customs, they definitely are and have been for many years, they are looking to make money from targeting it. They're looking to seize money. And they would never be putting such effort into targeting their own citizens if the Bahamas government gets the money. So they there must be some kind of sharing the, the agreement they have where where the, the Bahamian government gives them half or something. It's got to be something like that. And, and this, it's got to be justified because, like, they're doing half the work in identifying the, the, the criminals who are uh, t- trying to sneak the money in. It's got to be something like that. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. So, Yeah, or they have, the Bahamas have some. Or, I mean, I guess it's probably advantageous. I, I, I think it's for ease for American customs that they can have a presence in these other countries. So maybe in exchange, whatever they deem to seize as illegal currency that they turn over to um, to local authorities. But I, like I said, I, I mean, think it's got to be more I've, than I've that. traveled. I mean, I've traveled all around the world. I've been to at least a couple dozen countries, and I would never expect to go through, you know, American exit customs with a, a minor financial crime and get turned over to local. No, I wouldn't either. Now, and I, I was and running drugs or something, maybe. And I've been through this twice. I've been through it uh, in Aruba going back. I did American Customs there and, and in Toronto. And so, yeah, I, I never would have expected that either. I always thought I'm dealing with Americans. That's that's If there's any problem, that's who I'm dealing with. I'm not going to be handed over to foreign police. It's it's really bad, and I, I, I just don't know what Poker Stars is thinking. I don't know what their problem is. This is not a new situation. It's just not a new situation. I don't understand it. I just don't understand it, unless they're so worried about the bad press from this that people are not going to want to come back. But – you think they think it worse press from these horrible stories. Like I, I just don't know what Poker Stars is thinking sometimes. They just don't ever do it right with live events. They just every time with live events I'm left scratching my head saying, How did this happen? How are they so stupid? How how do they have people in charge who are so incompetent or, or uh there, there's so many different stories all the time from their live events where I just can't believe what's happened and I and then they try to sweep it under the rug. They're just they're just not good at it. They're just not good at it. So uh, I, I Can never... I add one thing before I go here? Yeah. Too, it's kind of, you'll, 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 get, you'll get a kick out of this back on the 2 plus 2 thing. So, I mean, this has been a, a pretty, you know, decent NVG couple of threads here. Like, you know, looking back at 2016, like this could, these threads could actually have some influence on PokerStars policy, hopefully, you know what I mean, in the future. Or this will be something that people will, you know, point at. This started when I posted the first thread, okay? Now, I posted the first thread in NVG, and I said, hey, this is a story – about these two guys that almost got thrown in jail, listen to this. Now, obviously, I had to host the story somewhere, so I, we have a, an area. Most of our podcasts on Crush Live Poker are subscription, right? But we have a free section where I can put content up that people don't have to log in to listen to. Tuckman's podcast is actually one of those. So I put it up in that section, free bonus podcast section. You know, I link it. I'm, I'm like, this is Story PCA, and I link it to, so it's like Crush Live Poker, blah, 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 blah. And they take it down. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they took <laughs> they took it down immediately, and then I PM'd Kevmas, and I got a um, I got a, a a direct message from a mod. I don't know who it was that said that like, oh, I think that you're you know this is a spam advertising for your site, and I and I wrote it back. I'm like, dude, this got nothing to do with my site. I said, if you want me to host it someplace else, then I'll host it someplace else. It literally has nothing to do with Crush Live Poker, but it's a, it's a pretty NVG worthy story. Yeah, well that's that's and then, that's Mason Malmuth. And then he, he 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 directed me he DM'd me back and he's like, all right, well, how about this? I'll put it up. This is the the mod. I'll put it up with like a gimmick account that I have. 
And that's what he did. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's so ridiculous. Like, I've actually had to do that before. <laughs> when, when I had an account there in, in, in good standing a few years ago, uh, they – I made a lot of long, thoughtful posts there. They were always on topic, and and I contributed a lot to the discussions there. I never trolled there. I was I was very active, and people liked my posts over there. Uh, occasionally, they would come up with a story on on NVG or one of their other forums that had already been covered on my site. So rather than just mm-hmm. copy and paste the whole thing, I'd say, "Oh, we've already been discussing this over here. If you want to see my views on this, or I already did an investigation on this, click here and go to it." Like, and and this, and keep in mind, this wasn't like a new account that showed up that they could say it's a spammer. This is me. I had been posting so much original content there without ever doing anything like that. And every once in a while, if I had already posted something about that topic on my site before it even came up there. I'd link some. Well, I get these angry, nasty messages about spam, and and I better never do that again, or we banned. I'm like, whoa! Like, <laughs> they they just don't appreciate content. They're so paranoid about spam, what they call spam over there. And and I said, fine, fine, I won't do it. So then, what I what I had to do is I'd have to PM somebody else on my site and say, hey, uh, go over and post this link here because uh, I can't say it. And and then I had other people asking me to do that. People are like, like, hey, can you post this? Uh, you know, like. They want me to post something on their site again, which wasn't spam. But I can't post it, or they're going to ban me. So it's so ridiculous. Right. Like you're allowed to third-party link, but only, but it can't exactly. be your own site. They they don't apply right. any you common have to sense. Play the game. You got to play the game of somebody coming in and linking it, even though it's really not. It's just happens to be topical, but they won't let you do it yourself. Yeah, and, yeah, and I run a forum myself. I run a forum myself, so I, I I know exactly how it is, and I have a very simple rule. If if the link you're putting up is topical to what's being discussed, go ahead. If you're going to just show up on my site and say, hey, uh, click here to, to get great rakeback deals in online poker, of course I'm not going to allow that, but uh, it, it's very obvious what's spam and what isn't. But, but Mason Malmuth, he's so obsessed with the spam thing because he wants to make money off everything, and God forbid anyone makes a penny off of any link being clicked on his site, even if it's if it adds to the overall content of two plus two, he just is is so anti that and so paranoid about spams. So that's that's why that happens. Negreanu even got banned once for linking his video blog. <laughs> it was called spam. And this is Negreanu, one of the best known poker players in the world. You'd think that Mason would be smart enough to think just having his presence on two plus two sure, should drive sure. traffic. Instead, he's banning Negreanu because of posting a video blog. That was that was actually near the beginning of their uh, their issues with one another that they they still have to this day. Well, there was also that thing. I guess that I, I think it was somewhat. Or it's not like Negreanu posted a, uh, in a um, thread saying, "Look at this charity." I think something came up in some thread about some charity that he mentioned, and he got banned for that, too. Well, actually, yeah, it had, to, it had to do a little, unfortunately, it had to do a little bit with this site, too, because it was it was, it was was a user from our site who was putting together a charity uh, podcast with, uh, oh, okay. and, and unfortunately, that, that user was a scammer, and uh, it was not known. He was someone who had been in good standing here for a long time, and uh, it was, mm. uh, so the guy stole some of the money, and then Mason was very proud of himself that he never allowed it in the first place. So that, it was one of the dark days here. We didn't see it coming until it, this has been someone who'd been part of the community for years and everything was fine and then just uh that wasn't that nick rainey guy no it was his, his name was john sepulveda jacep uh, so uh, so yeah that, nick rainey right uh i remember the name but i don't remember exactly what he did he uh he was running a a sit and go sweat house a few years ago at the world series of poker where he got <laughs> these these young guys to come in and and play uh like 10, like 20, 18 to 20 year olds grind sit and goes over the summer 
at the World Series of Poker. He rented this house, and it was supposed to be for charity, but he took all the money. Or so. it, it, and then, of course, it ended like it was going to end like it was a disaster. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of these these charity related poker scams, but uh, yeah, Mason Malmuth is obsessed with spam there. And uh, you know, as far as uh, David Tuckman, I mean, it's it's. Do you know what got him banned specifically? Because I, I stopped reading that thread, but when I last seen, at least like Tuckman was he had like a good sense of humor about them using his name as a as a uh, as a way to get ten well, percent off. Says that what, the reason why he banned him was because he didn't call him a clown, but you even swear on here, right? He says he called him a fucking clown. That's why. He banned him. Oh, really? But, but he that, of, like that's old though. That was said like a, a week ago. So like, why is it right? <laughs> right, but he was uh, yeah. I mean, he just he he just. I mean, I posted the the banning pic this morning because Tuckman texted me, and we were laughing about it. I was like, I'm gonna post this in the thread. So it took Mason a couple of days, but it was that he said that he called him a fucking clown, and then number two that he made some comments that's incorrect about. Mason's that's not supposedly factually accurate about Mason's poker psychology book but Mason says that he doesn't have to apologize to get reinstated but he has to publicly withdraw his comments yeah it's always like that it's always just the control of speech (laughs) uh, uh, by the way unrelated uh, so do you remember at all I know you've done a lot of these so you may not remember do you remember when I was on live at the bike playing 4080 limit hold'em do you have any memory uh you know, I I actually I don't remember that specifically, but it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because I just happened to be looking. See, you know, live on the bike, and I don't really have a great relationship anymore. I actually, have nothing to do with them. Um, but I actually just happened to be looking at very very old live on the bike stuff because apparently they put up which the stuff had been disappeared for a long time, but they have on their YouTube channel they have all the old stuff. Like all the stuff from 2005 and 2006, and I stumbled into like the 40, like a 4080 limit holding game, and they only did it a couple of times. So you, I, if you, if any of your listeners, that's accessible to find. If you oh, look really? at 2005, if you go to their channel and it's, they have all the stuff up there. It's yeah, I, it's free. So I was, I, I believe you commentated. I, just, I wonder if you remembered because the, people gave me a hard time for my own forum because. Something I always do when I go to these card rooms is uh, because at the high limit section, the food is free. I just like I would just like order a ton of food. So and I was like, I, like I hadn't eat I hadn't eaten that day. Like I came there like it wasn't even intentional. I just like hadn't eaten that day. When I got there, I was very hungry, so I ordered like a, a whole lot of food. So people really made fun of me that I just ate so many plates. I had so many plates of food in front of me and ate it all. Like everyone was making so much fun of me, and it was even compounded by the fact that I was wearing a shirt that like made my stomach look bigger than it really is. So I looked like just this like fat guy just gorging on food. So I and then someone. Someone said something in the chat at Live of the Bike, something like, uh, uh, did you know that uh, Todd was a champion on Man vs. Food? <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's not as bad. I mean, you know the, guy, the Poker Tells guy, Zach Elwood? You know that? Have you heard of that name before? Yeah. The guy that writes the Poker Tells books? Yeah. So he came on Live of the Bike, like, maybe three or four years ago. But I guess he said, this is what he told me, that, like, he was, he kind of gets nervous in those situations. So he had taken like a Xanax and drank like a couple of a uh, couple of uh, glasses of wine, and like he really—I I mean, I think it actually hurt him like playing on the show because he really played bad. You know what I mean? Just like one of these things where, oh my! Even though it's a poker tells book, you know, am I gonna, you know, am I gonna read a book? Yeah. A poker book from a guy that's playing so bad, but the reason why it was like that is because, you know. 
he had taken his <laughs> and had some wine. <laughs> and those things, you know, if you've ever mixed benzos and alcohol, like if you if you take a Xanax or Clonopin and you drink like uh, you know, one or two drinks, it's like having ten drinks. Yeah, so. I was worried when I went on there. I'll say I was I was a little concerned. Like, what if I play some hand stupidly? And like, since I'm hardly ever on there, like people are going to see it and go, "This is the way he normally plays." Like, this guy sucks. What? Like, I can't believe we ever thought he was good. Like, I was afraid that like that it would uh, be such a, a small sample size of, of my play that if I did it like one or two stupid things, it would make me look like a terrible player. But yeah, for, fortunately, like, come I, on, Todd. Do people even have strategic conversations about limit holdem? Yeah, they I mean, do. How badly can you play limit? Oh, you can. I, I look. <laughs> I've had this is how I've supported myself on limit holdem for, uh, for for thirteen years. If, if if you can't play badly, then I would be broke right now. So. Yeah, there's, in fact, I like how no limit guys think that because then they go register for the World Series limit hold'em events and most of them are dead money. That's what happens. Well, what I mean is, is that like, okay, you don't, you know, you three bet the eight ten suited or you fold or you call. I, I mean, you're not cold calling with five three offsuit a guy's raise. I mean, I know you're not going to do that in limit hold'em. So. How badly can you play? I well, you, you're not going like, to lose your whole stack. You're not going to lose your whole stack on one hand. It's it, you know, the damage of making a few mistakes is not going to be horrible. But but uh, just uh, people will see those hands and still see that you played them wrong. And and you know, especially people see all the whole cards, you can end up looking really stupid. Like whenever people see whole cards, uh, the losing player often looks bad even when he hasn't done anything wrong, just because he lost the hand. Unless it's a very clear bad beat or a hand that plays itself. So. Uh, I, I was worried it was one of those things where you just make the wrong call on something, and and uh, you know there there can be situations where it, it's 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 kind of marginal what you decide to do, and and if you happen to if you get it right you you look like a genius, and if you get it wrong you look stupid, and and so I, I always feel that pressure a little bit on things on TV, uh, and and uh, yeah sometimes uh, so, but fortunately nothing came up that was a really tough decision, so I never even was even close to that. Like everything I played was, uh, for the most part, pretty straightforward. So I, I didn't have, I don't think I had many spots where I could have made a, a really bad mistake. So it, it didn't happen. And then now I also won on there, which was good. But then as soon as the cameras went off, we like continued playing, and I ran horrible, and I ended up losing. But at least no one got to see that. Though I guess they. Hey, wanna, I want to. I want to tell you something else too. That I, and I'll actually like. I don't have a whole lot, and this is right up your alley too. Uh, by the way, so have you seen? You know, so you should. Check out that that episode, or link it to your link it to your forums, and I won't ban you from your own forums. The link it. From <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, so I was up this weekend. I went to play on Poker Night in America, and then I played at this other gambling hall um, that they do like a live of the bike stream called Stones, and then Poker Night in America was at this place called Thunder Valley, which is outside of Sacramento. And I do not have any faith. In any casino management whatsoever, I've been fucked over so many times. I know how it works. Like, they're some of the dumbest, dumbest people. Like, the people I know in L.A., there are some people that couldn't hold a $12 an hour job in what I call, like, the private sector outside of casinos and government that, you know, are making low six figures. So literally have no idea. You know, I know someone that's like a – you know, that's in charge of poker at one of the L.A. casinos. That's just, you know, he doesn't know the difference between, like, a drop and a time collection. And he is the poker room manager, like that type of thing. But i got to give it to these guys. There's hope. 
because these rooms were actually run well. And there was a situation where at Thunder Valley, they don't allow wires. And, of course, Pocahontas in America, we're playing tw- we were playing 25, 50, 100, 200, no limit with some of the guys from owners from Facebook, like Shamoff and Jason C. Jason C is going to have a show on NBC, like some very rich guys. So I knew it was going to be a big game. I couldn't wire the money in. You know what I'm saying? Like I couldn't wire the money to the casino. I don't like to take large amounts of cash, even on domestic flights, because I, I just why, – why chance? Why chance that some, like, PSA, you know, buckaroo is going to, you know – make my life a living hell. So what you can do is, but so usually you just wire to the casinos. Well, they don't, they don't allow that. Well, I talked to the cage and what you can do is you can bring certified checks. So I go to chase, you get certified checks, you make them out to yourself. You then fax or send a scan to the casino. They approve it ahead of time. And then you can play against those checks. Unfortunately, the way that they did it there, unlike other casinos where they'll hold on to your check and you have a chance to buy it back. So they'll give you chips. You can buy it back, right? Yeah. Um, at the end, they deposit it right away. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, well, can I draw a – like, can you guys write me a check for my chips at the end? And they were like, no. Yeah. And I was like oh, – Wait, so, so which cool. casino was this? This is Thunder Valley. A Thunder Valley. So okay. I was like – so I'm going to have to take, you know, I'm playing in a big game. I'm going to have to take cash back with me. What's the point of me even getting checks? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to play in the game. They won't draw me a check, and they're taking my checks away. So they're eventually going to give me 60, whatever it is, 60 grand, 50 grand, or however much I had in cash. And that was the, that's what I wanted to avoid. And, you know, so I met the tournament director, Ben, super nice guy. And I, before I knew him and, you know, I knew the situation, I would have told you, Todd, that, like, in my experience with the casinos, I probably had maybe less than a 2% chance of explaining the situation to a typical guy in that position, in that type of position and having him do something about it. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, having yeah. him fix it. And he did it. He fixed it. And they did it. They did a special thing for us where they wrote checks for our chips so that I, we didn't have to take cash back with us on the plane. I thought that, that even though that seems entirely ordinary to a guy like you or me, in the casino world, I'm shocked. Well, I, I am so too, I but to, I but I have to say that because it was associated with Poker Night in America, that's probably why they did they did it. They probably uh, because there it wasn't well, just yeah, a, I mean, it wasn't just a typical situation it. where you where you you get there to play a regular cash game and then they break this to you that that they've cashed the whole check and that you're, they're just going to give you cash on the way out and tough luck on you. Like I I think it probably would have stayed that way if it wasn't associated with Poker Night in America. Well, no, I agree with you, but they don't run games of that size where you would really have to worry about that, though, either. Yeah. But, I mean, I, you know, I mean, the biggest games you're running usually are 5 5 five, ten, And, yeah, you're right. They want to have Pokemon America come back, and they want everyone to, you know, be, you know, be happy about doing it. But even still, even if it is Pokemon America, I still would have said there is a low chance of that happening. A low chance not because they wouldn't want to, you know, make us happy, but, like, whoever was in charge of having to, you know, go through as a gatekeeper to have that happen, just wouldn't understand the situation properly. Yeah, or they just just wouldn't want to do anything non-standard. A lot of times there's like a fear of doing anything non-standard. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, that's what I found. Yeah, well, I I understand that. I mean, I've I've run into so many uh, of those type of issues myself, and, uh, yeah, it's just getting anyone to do anything non-standard can be very tough, even if it totally makes sense, and uh, even if they can do it, you just get, get a lot of pushback a lot of times but it's good that you were 
successful in that. But uh, all right, well, thanks for calling into the show. It's a very interesting uh, topic we got to talk about. It. It's the first time you've uh, been on Poker Fraud Alert, and in fact, tonight I, this wasn't even uh, I was even supposed to be on the show tonight. It was supposed to be run, and it was run at the beginning for the first half by uh, Brandon Gerson, and uh, I wasn't available at the normal time of the show, and then I I joined in later around ten o'clock and. Uh, well, they're, cool. They're all, they're, I didn't realize that so many people frequented your forums, actually. I mean, I've been over there before, but I've never registered, so I did that because I was going to talk a little bit about the, that that post that guy made about how he would think that it was insulting to him. To, he, he, it would be insulting as a as a customer if PokerStars were to make uh, an announcement about uh, declaring rules. Yeah, you, you can still he, post he, that. He I, insulted. I, and I, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I wonder if these guys felt insulted when they were in the refugee camp or in jail, <laughs> or their honor was intact. Yeah, these are the type of things you you never just assume everyone knows everything. You just you, you always say too much rather than too little. That's that's never time to worry about. Uh, do I, am I telling them things they already know? And no one gets insulted by a big company warning them about something. I've never heard of that ever being the situation. So uh, your your account is uh, – I'm going to validate your account so you can post if you want to. So I, I always have to manually approve accounts here because of uh, – in case they're spammers or whatever. But uh, you, you have been well, approved. Well, you have quite the uh, – quite the. I mean, listen, people – you know, I, I run Crash Night Pokers. We have forums over there too that are free to everyone, and people don't realize like the, how much of a dredge on the internet like spamming is for forums. But I was actually kind of impressed that you have quite the – I mean, you go even a step further past CAPTCHA where, like, you guys ask a logical question. Oh, yeah. You the, have to answer. Yes, yes. In <laughs> fact, that's, uh, that does keep most of them out. And then the, the few that aren't mm-hmm. kept out, then I, I just decided to just do the uh, moderation on top of that. But uh, it actually keeps most of them out. And before that, we were getting inundated, as many forums are, with just uh, all these uh, uh, foreign spammers that were signing up. And they can get past the CAPTCHA. And this is uh, – I had to come up with a question that was tough to Google – that you can't just Google it and get the answer because then the bots do that, and, and something that people who don't speak English are going to have a hard time answering. It was, but but something that would be easy right. for people who speak English. So I had to think about like a good one to come up with, and it's been effective though. Like most of them can't get past it, and I get these I get these messages from foreigners saying, "Hello, I have problem with question." So I still give the, I still give them the benefit of the doubt. I respond back and say, "Hi, can you tell me where you heard of this form and why you want to register?" And they never respond because yeah. they know they know the jig is up. So well, they have those sweatshops, you know, and those and those. I mean, there are services too where they do those, you know, these people, and most of it comes from Southeast Asia and some in Africa, where you know they pay you like a penny per capture solve. You know what I mean? Like it's, you, I mean, if you were living in a third world country, you'd just sit there all day, and and they would give you capture problems to solve, and they're doing this automated so that they can beat, um, you know, these types of capture. Uh, certifications for forms so that they can spam them. So it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, I don't want any of that here. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks for calling. And uh, it says your, your account's validated on the forum, so you can post uh, whatever you like. And, all right. Uh, cool. And thanks for your input on all these things. You got it. Take it okay, easy. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was a uh, Bart Hansen, a uh, respected poker player and uh, and commentator. As you heard, he played in a big game on Poker Night in America. He's uh, I've never had him on this show before. In fact, I, I've never spoken to him directly before tonight, though uh, one of his uh, business associates listens to this show, so that's how he knew to call. And, uh, and he's 
friends with, with Tuckman as well, so that's why uh also why he wanted to call. So glad to have him on there. So you never know who's gonna call the show. You never know who's gonna call the show. I, I think that the guy who knows Tuckman, like not Tuckman, the guy who knows Bart Hansen, I, I think he even told me at one point, the one I know also that like I could probably get Bart Hansen on this show. And I think I even said, Yeah, I I'll let's do that and then it's never happened. I'm just you know how Poker Stars isn't good at live events? I'm like not good at getting guests because I just I just don't reach out to people for it. It's uh then that like people show up and just call in the show and come on or express an interest and they go, Oh wow, you want to be on the show? Cool. And I, I believe me, if I if I pressed more, I'd get people, but the problem is a lot of times the few times I do press, it seems like I, I don't get a response, so I get discouraged. And I, I I'll tell you guys something, this is the truth. I never like Rejection of any kind Like I don't mind criticism And I don't mind if people uh, Want to insult me or criticize me As long as it's not like extreme But That I don't mind But rejection where I'm asking someone to do something And they say no I just never liked I don't get hurt by it But I just don't really like it I know no one likes it But I especially don't like it And I've lived my life in a way where I don't put myself in a position to get rejected very often. Even with dating, uh, there's been very few times that a girl has ever rejected me. And you might say, well, how's that? Is that, you know, I don't believe that every girl you've been interested in likes you. And you'd be right because uh, there have been a number of girls I've been interested in in the past that have not liked me. But it never gets to rejection because I would just feel out the situation and, and I was good at being able to tell if there was an interest back in me without me explicitly saying, hey, you want to do something, you want to go out, can I have your number? Like I, I could just tell if there was what looked like an interest or was not. And if I was not relatively sure that there was an, a return interest in me, I never would approach the subject. Even if I really liked the girl, I would just not approach it. I would just give up. In fact, I would kind of lose interest back in her because I just kind of feel it was hopeless and not bother continuing. So I've really had very little rejection. Because the times I've, I've asked any girls out, it's been when I've been relatively certain they're going to say yes. So I kind of it kind of extends to the radio show where I could just blanket like a lot of different poker pros who I think would be interesting on here and ask you want to be on. And even if like 10% said yes, if I asked enough of them, I would have a steady stream of them coming on. And I have to imagine most shows, except for the very high-profile ones where everyone wants to come on, most shows probably get people saying no most of the time and they just move on and they just keep asking, keep asking. And then they get someone and it looks like they just get everybody. But I also know of some pros that would probably come on here that I'm on good terms with ones that I, that are always friendly to me when we meet or ones that, you know, they'll see me in the hallway. Well, even if I don't see them, will go out of their way to say hi to me. So like those people I have to imagine would want to come on here, but I just haven't, really approach them. So I know this isn't a big interview show anyway. I mean, this is more just like talking about things that are happening and ranting about them and playing sound clips or whatever. But I I always think it's interesting when we have a good interview, we have someone that has something to offer. Let's see what the chat is saying. By the way, if you want to text, you can text me now. I know earlier I was saying don't text the main phone number of the show because Brandon was running it and he wasn't receiving those texts. But since I'm running this now, you can text me on the... Main phone number, 775-372-8355, 775-FRAUD55. Let's see what text I have gotten. 
Let's see. Free Tide, Marty brings the hits. I think the thread is more critique than bashing in his own special way. No, it was bashing. He's talking about Marty, the $40 thing. Uh, Druff is wrong. The CNN report doesn't say that Bush would have won the recount. That's referring to whether Gore would have uh, won or Bush would have won. That's not how I read the story. Uh, from the 505, uh, let's see here. Yeah, see, someone's asking to bet, the, bet their free roll wins on the Super Bowl. You know, that's, I'm not running a sports book here. I can't do that. Uh, he also said, uh, don't forget about the big swinging black caucus. <laughs> we were talking about caucuses earlier. In case you think I'm being racist or reading a racist message, that's a message from a black guy. Let's see. From the... No, these are all private texts. Never mind. All right. Well, that, that's all I got is sort of the public text tonight. You can text me anytime, though, during the show, after the show, before the show, 775-372-8355. I will answer your texts. I really do. I want to tell you guys, next week, uh, I'd love to say everything's going to return to normal, but they may not. Uh, I may either miss the show again or have to do a short show. Uh, basically, the story next week is that uh, I'm not going to have all night to do the show, and... Where I will be on Wednesday night may have spotty internet. It's going to be a secret location I'm at on Wednesday night. So it may not even have good enough internet to do the show. And even if it does, I have to be up early the next day, so I can't stay up till a time like this and do the a long show. But I'll try. I'll try to do a show of some sort. And if Brandon and whoever else, Daredevil, wants to continue, they can. So uh, the week after that, February 17th, should be back to normal. Just want to warn you guys about that. One doesn't have to do with the other. This show I couldn't start tonight because Benjamin's mom is not here, and I had to watch him myself, and I couldn't start my part in the show until Brand- until uh, Benjamin went to sleep. And I-, I was concerned that he might wake up in the middle of the night and interrupt the show too, but he hasn't done that. He slept pretty well tonight so far. Let's see here. Um, I guess a number of things weren't covered. Is the the Carrie Packer stories will have to wait. Those are uh, that's a Brandon thing to talk about. Guess the thing that has not been talked about yet is about the wind building a shopping center. MGM announces more pay for parking info. I don't have that info either, so I guess we'll have to skip that too. I guess I guess we're kind of done because I haven't I I didn't expect to have to do the research on these topics. I thought that the I wouldn't be the one doing these topics, so I thought that like I didn't bother to look into them. Uh, so I guess Brandon will have to do it next week or whatever. We'll do it with him next week. Sorry about that. I just uh, I thought I was coming on ten something to do a few poker stories like about. David Tuckman calling Mason Mount with a clown and Annette 15 at the Venetian and a few other things. I, I didn't think that uh, there'd be all these topics for me to do. But yeah, Brandon had the issues with his laptop tonight, so it slowed down what he was going to be able to do. 
So I, I think we're done. If the chat room has any questions for me, Anchor Draw saying, ask Annette 15 to come on. She'd be a good guest. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for her to come on. But she won't even come on to like anyone's show to talk about this thing. She She bit that guy's head off when he asked her. I don't have to defend myself. I'm not on trial here. So there's no way she would come on my show after all the criticism I've levied upon her. She knows exactly where I would go with my line of questioning. And I would. I'm not going to ever have a softball interview on here. I'm just not. So if I can't ask the tough questions, I don't want to have them. And you know, if I know we've... We've called people like Phil Helmuth before and not hit him with the really hard questions, but there's an exception with things like that because you're calling like a huge name in poker. So that at that point, the choice is like hear what they have to say and get a few laughs out of it or just have them hang up on you because you're asking them questions they don't like. So there you've got to make a decision. But but aside from things like that, I don't want to have people on here and just softball questions to them about controversial topics. So... So Salinmar is asking us to have Chad Ellie back about payment processing today. I don't know if he knows anything about that. I think he's probably out of the industry at this point. My guess about Chad Ellie is that he socked away a lot of money somewhere and he's just pretending he's broke, but has plenty of money and doesn't need to do it anymore. Like when he was on the show, he was claiming that they took it all. He doesn't have anything. He's going to start off as a professional poker player. But that, that didn't sound very realistic to me. And I, I wasn't going to be a jerk and question. I wasn't going to go, hey, where's your hidden money? Where is it? Where is it? Like, I'm not going to do that. But you know, he answered a lot of interesting questions for us about payment processing when he was on that show. I think it was the November, uh, late November show. It was called Black Friday on Black Friday show because it was on the Thanksgiving Black Friday. And it was about Black Friday. We had Chad Ellie on. He was the uh, one of the biggest payment processors prior to Black Friday. And he spent five and a half months in prison for doing so. He also married a, a really hot girl. And she stayed and waited for him for the five and a half months he was in prison, like shortly after they got married. And I just have to think that if he was flat broke and he's going to prison for five and a half months and they just got married and she knew that there was going to be like no money in the household for the rest of time and he's in prison and the marriage just got started. You have to think she'd just be out of there being a really hot chick. Like, you know, maybe an average woman would say, okay, you know, I married the guy. I'm going to stick with him. But like a really hot chick that you could tell is going to want to be with a guy who has a lot of money. And she had that look to her. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about her. I'm just saying that uh, just looking at his wife, it was really hot. And I just, she didn't seem like the type who would tolerate that situation if he were flat broke. It just, it just, she looked like the type would say, I'm too good to live like this. Like, you don't even have to be a gold digger to think that. Like, a lot of women, I guess it's reasonable for them to say, I didn't sign on to be broke my whole life. So <laughs> this isn't what I want. I'm not a gold digger, but I don't want to be broke. Like a, most women think they just don't want, you know, they don't want to be broke. A lot of them are not gold diggers and don't want huge money or don't need huge money, but a lot of them don't want to be broke. So I, I have to think that a girl like that's not going to stick around if he's just going to be broke. So I, I think he's probably has money somewhere, but whatever. I think he listens to the show too. I don't know if he hears every episode, but he's one of these people who, 
will like my comments on like my tweets on Twitter about this show or even retweet about this show and it's hard to imagine he would do that if he doesn't listen at all. I said the same thing about Anna Kate too. Like she she was doing that as well. So got to think that uh he probably still listens. Like he comes in the chat every so often. So I, I know he listens sometimes. He comes in the chat sometimes during the uh the show. I haven't seen him in a few months, but he comes in. Let's see. Lou Father says, I heard Bart is making strong plays on Erica Schonberg now that she's divorced. I don't know. I'll say this about Erica Schonberg. Uh, I haven't had that much interaction with her, but she didn't come off as, like, arrogant or full of herself. She seemed kind of soft-spoken and down-to-earth in the few times I had interaction with her. Now, this may have been an act, but she seemed like the type of girl who would date you even if you thought maybe you were that she was out of your league. I'm not saying she'll just date anyone, but I'm saying like she's I don't think she's necessarily one of these girls who's only gonna date like the best looking, richest guy. Like um I, I think that she's someone who a guy that manages to impress her in some way could probably get. But of course if you look at the two guys she's been with in recent times, David Benjamin and uh, Eric Lindgren, they both had a lot of money and were both well-known poker players. She, she, she's never been known to have dated just like an average guy, so maybe I was wrong about that. Though she did stick by Benjamin for a long time when he got really, really fat. Like when he first got with her, I believe that he wasn't fat, so at that point like he wasn't bad-looking then, but he got huge and... She didn't leave. She didn't say, hey, like, I'm a hot chick. I'm not going to be with a guy who's like 300-something pounds. She she didn't do that. She stuck by him. And she ditched him once he was completely broke and shot off all the money gambling. So you can understand that. Of course, then she went to Lindgren, who also shot off all the money. <laughs> so she just needs to be with the non-degenerate. That's what she needs. Bart Hansen saying in chat, he's in the chat right now, he says... uh Erica Schoenberg is too white for him. He likes ethnic women. See, if I was single, it would be good for me and Bart Hansen to go out together because we wouldn't be competing for the same women. I'm the opposite. I like the white girls. And I I think I especially have the right to like the white girls because I am white myself. So that's just what I've been attracted to. It's not any kind of racist thing. That's just what I found myself attracted to is white women. So really any kind of ethnic look, I'm just not that into. And in fact, the, I've said this before here, the hot ethnic looking girls that I am attracted to, like I feel guilty dating them because I feel like I don't appreciate them as much as a guy like Bart who who loves that type. So like there was a hot Asian girl that I went to college with who really liked me. And and I just I I dated her a short time, but I couldn't continue. I felt guilty about it. I felt like I wasn't appreciating her like so many other guys would. Like I thought to myself that I would be happier with an average-looking white girl than this hot Asian girl, and it was the truth. So, like I didn't tell her that, but that's how I felt. So, Calwatt <laughs> saying in the chat, white is an ethnic look if you're not white. Try being a white dude in Japan. That's a good point. 
But to me, white is not an ethnic look because I am white and most of the country is white, at least for right now. In Japan, I remember... I've only been in Japan once, and that was in uh, the beginning of 1989, and I uh, I was almost 17. And I was like... Five foot eleven then, so I was shorter than I am now, about three inches shorter than I currently am. But only at five foot eleven, I was towering over huge crowds in Tokyo. I, I was walking around Tokyo, and there would be crowds of thousands of people walking around because it's like that in Tokyo. And I could see over everyone's heads. It was crazy. It was like I was a giant, and I was five foot eleven. So I can imagine now being three inches taller what it would look like over there with me being in Japan. And something else happened in Japan that was kind of funny, kind of related to that. My shoes fell apart there. Like my shoes, they were getting kind of old, but they were, they the condition seemed okay to me, but then they fell apart very abruptly. They just were older than I thought and they just completely fell apart and were unusable. So I had to get new shoes and so I went to a shoe store in Japan and I said, yeah, do you have any size 13 here? And the response was this. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, uh, is there, are there any other stores here in Tokyo where I can get size 13? And they said, <laughs> they treated me like I was crazy. Like, like, how could you think anyone here would carry 13? So I, I just could not buy shoes there. So I, I literally had to tape my shoes back together. It looked so ghetto. I taped my shoes together from after having fallen apart because that was my only option. I could not buy shoes anywhere near my size. Like they didn't even have like 12 or anything. I couldn't even like buy 12 and squeeze into it. This was just uh, – they didn't even have close to 13. So I, I <laughs> couldn't get new shoes till I got back home. So always make sure if you go to Japan and you have a shoe size like 13 that you you make sure you have at least two pairs of shoes with you. Otherwise, you may be in for a world of hurt. Like if I had thrown those shoes away or something, then I don't know what I would have done. I would just have no shoes. I would have to like walk around barefoot. Call her, you on the air. Uh, Tom? Yes. Oh. I thought it was going to be Brandon. Nope. It's Todd. It's, uh, Brandon has... Brandon kind of uh, went to sleep in a depressed state because his old laptop had a lot of technical issues and he felt very bad that the show didn't go as well as he was hoping. So uh, I I think it sounded better than he believes it sounded, but uh, he kind of just left and went to sleep. So it's just me now. So so, uh, who's calling, by the way? Oh, it's Handicap Me. Handicap Me, yeah. So hi, and uh, welcome to what's the end of the show here. I'm just talking about random topics. Oh, okay. Um... Well, hope it was a good show. Uh, and I was probably going to take a long time to the archives since it's going to be in a few pieces. But uh appreciate it that you let them do it. and appreciate that you kept it alive. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye. Handicap me checking in here and uh, been very generous to donate to the free rolls recently, and I appreciate that. Uh, Bart Hansen said, actually, Todd, Google... Blasian will change your life. Blasian. Okay, let's see what Blasian is. Is it like black and Asian? Is that what that? Yeah, that's what it is. It's like black and Asian. 
No, you know, I've seen I've I've seen girls like that before, and I can understand why some guys are into that. It's like I I can understand it, I can see it. It's just really not my type. It just isn't my type. And that's just you know good good for Bart that that he liked that, and uh, yeah, everybody's got their own preferences. Uh, I've said before, you know, I have a preference that's not totally mainstream. I I I don't like girls that are skinny. I'm not a chubby chaser, but I don't like girls that are really skinny. And, uh, you know, I, I like girls with a big ass and I like girls with the curves and, uh, that that's most what I'm into. And that some guys will look at some girls I like and, and call them fat. So, you know, I just, I just like what I do and, uh, everybody's got what they're just naturally attracted to. And so just like there's people who are naturally attracted to the same sex and they're gay, uh, people who are, people have preferences uh, within their own sexual preference. So I'm straight, but I like a certain type of woman. Most people have a certain type they like. Let's see here. Lou Father says, Todd likes big butts and he cannot lie. Yeah. <laughs> The funny thing is that's actually increased over time too as I've gotten older. Like I've gotten to like that more and more as I've gotten older. So there's been like kind of changes, not, not major changes, but kind of slight changes where certain things become more important and certain things become less important as I get older, looks wise. It's almost 3 a.m. Probably be almost done with this show. And I'll work with Brandon, try to get his, in some way, get a working computer set up that's modern so he can just do the show normally. It's it's very frustrating to have a computer that doesn't, it's not really fit for radio anymore because it's too old. It's very frustrating. I, I dealt with that a few months ago with my computer that got too old and went downhill. So it's very frustrating to have equipment problems when you're trying to do these shows. It's It's hard enough to do these shows and just talk and just, Keep it flowing and keep it interesting. To not have to worry about technical issues, and you know, like you get on a roll, and the radio disconnects, or things freeze up, and you can't play sound effects, you can't go to web pages you want to read. It sucks. It's it's really really hard. It's it's really really frustrating. When I've had technical problems and the show's over, I, I go to bed all frustrated. I go to bed all pissed off. So. You don't need those problems because if you think about it, if you think about radio shows on terrestrial radio or even high-profile internet broadcasts, they have a whole staff that works there. Not only do they have good, reliable equipment, but they have a whole staff, uh, an engineer, a board operator, a screener. They, they pretty much hold their hand throughout the whole thing. Some shows even have writers where they have things slipped to them or messaged to them, funny things to say. So they don't have to think about witty things to say during the show. People are thinking of these things for them. Like Guys like Howard Stern have that. Some of the funniest hosts you hear on the air, uh, they're not even thinking of their own things that they're saying. So when you do the whole thing yourself, it, it gets a lot harder. And if you don't believe me, you should, try, you should try. You should just like turn on a show like this and try to do it, and you'll see. Lou Father advised me to hold on to the $40 for, uh, for Marty. Not pay until he asks for it normally. 
I mean, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. If you win free money through this site, I don't care who donated it. If you win free money through this site, you have to approach me for the prize in a business-like fashion at the very least. Meaning no ass-kissing. I mean, you can kiss ass if you want, but you don't have to ass-kiss. You don't have to be polite. You don't have to be grateful or thankful. You just have to not insult me or the site when you do so. That's not a lot to ask, and if you can't bring yourself to do that, then you can just wait to get paid. You can keep waiting. It's not a hard thing to do. Act like a human being, act like a normal adult, and ask for the money you won in a business-like fashion. If you can't bring yourself to do that, then you need to look in the mirror and say, why can't I bring myself to do that? If I hate this site, if I hate the guy who runs it so much, why am I even there? That's what you need to do. You need to ask yourself that. Not get mad at the guy who you're insulting while he's not giving you free money from his site. It's that simple. That's that's why I'm refusing. I'm not going to confiscate the money. I'm not trying to force him to grovel or apologize. I know how crappy that is. Like Nobody likes being told apologize or say something nice when you don't really mean it. No one likes that. Even I didn't like that when I was five years old and my mom would tell me to say sorry to someone when I didn't really mean sorry. I didn't like that. Even as a five-year-old, it pissed me off. So I wouldn't subject anyone else to do that to me. I'm not going to make anyone make false apologies or act falsely nice to me. Just ask in a straightforward and business-like, simple manner like everybody else does, and you'll get your money. That's all. That's all you got to do. If you can't, not my problem. Beer and Poker says, I was surprised so many people were on Denver this is for the Super Bowl to win. I just can't go that way, and I think the Panthers will cover. I think so, too. I think so, too. I don't have really strong feelings either way, so I'm not going to bet on this one, but I think the Panthers are going to win and cover. It's not even that big of a line. I mean, five and a half is not that big of a line. It's less than a touchdown. It's even less than a six-point touchdown. It's even something screwy happens and score ends up 26-20, which it easily could. It's something like that. You know, you like like the six, the fact that even six is going to cover is a big deal. Sandlamar thinks this is going to be an old-school blowout. It could be. Like, I could easily see that. <laughs> see, now I'm getting tempted to bet on it. Well, whatever. I'll see. Well, I think we're done. Get this in the archives. Combine the different portions of the show into one, which you'll just hear as one if you're listening in the archives. So to you, it won't seem like any effort at all. We'll be back next week in some way. I think. So I'll be in a secret location for sure on Wednesday. If I have crappy internet, which I might, I won't be able to do the show, but uh, I'll try to get uh, Brandon or Daredevil or someone to do it. Try to work with Brandon to 
get a better setup so he doesn't have the problems like he had tonight. We'll get some kind of show on next week, presumably. Check the Poker Fraud Alert Twitter at Poker Fraud Alert for information. I, I'm using that Twitter account now a lot. Before it was hardly used, but now I'm reliably updating it every week to give information about the show. You can also check my Twitter at Todd Wittellis. You'll see the same thing. At Todd Wittellis. That's with no spaces, no dashes, just Todd, W-I-T-T-E-L-E-S. Thank you, Bart Hansen, for calling in. Thank you, Brandon, for running the show in my absence. Thank you, China Maniac, for co-hosting in my absence. And let's see. Who else should I thank here? Mumbles badly for calling in and exposing himself a bit. Team MLG, I guess I'll give him some credit for calling in, even though he does all the time and criticizes me, but he's still called in. All you people in the chat room who follow along and put up with all the fail, the tech fail this week with uh, the ancient laptop that's being retired, I'd like to have a moment of silence for Brandon's laptop. Here we go. Is that good enough? Is that good enough to send off his laptop? I don't know. Let's uh, let's do a little bit more than that. I don't think that's enough. We got to do something more for Brandon's laptop. Hey guys! Up, oh, hold on. This is the wrong thing. Here we go. The next part. Oh is... damn it! I don't want a tutorial. I'm trying to do taps. Yeah, the funeral song here. And I guess I'm like 12-year-old telling us how to do it. This is, what a fail. I, I can't even play a good funeral song for the laptop. That's how bad it's been. All right, never mind. Forget it, just R.I.P. Brandon's 15-year-old laptop. It's very old. Laptops, uh, they don't even live in dog years. They live in uh, worse than dog years. If a laptop makes it to 6, it's had a good life. His made it to like 15, so... It will be respectfully buried. And this new laptop that I'm on, a 2015-born laptop, will continue on. See you guys next week in some way. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Wherever you are, good night and shalom. Shalom.